Hello, I'm Eagle, Eagle Gardens, Eagle Gardens 1 on Instagram, and this is Talking Shit with Eagle, episode 392. Hopefully you've got a great, had a great day, got an amazing guest for you. You know him from around our chats for sure. I'm sure you guys have had many conversations with him, Mr. Stoney Rockefeller. How you doing? You want to tell us how you're doing and where we can find you, sir? I'm doing real good, actually, and you can find me on Instagram. I am on Cannabuzz, but actually, I have not been on there in a while. Actually, a real long while. So, but mostly, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Stony Rockefeller. You know, I've tried Cannabuzz a few times. You know, I love me. I love the community. But that one, well, when I first initially tried it, it was on my uh, Samsung. I think it was like a S8 or a Galaxy 8, something like that before they made the monster jump up to the 20s. <laughs> uh, and it just froze up every time I tried to use it. And then the last time they like upgraded and it was pretty good, but I just can't fall into the swing of it for some reason. Yeah, it's like everything else that starts out. Even like remember Instagram first started and I tried it. I think I had it probably on my phone for two years before I could actually got into it, into it. So it's yeah. When I got in Cannabuzz, there was really nobody on there. You know, it's me and like I don't know a couple hundred people, and I was like, okay, well, see what happens. So, but it sounds like it's blowing up a little bit. So I'll check it out. Got to what did you bring to smoke on tonight, Mister Stoney? Uh, tonight I've actually got two, a little bit left in the bottom of my jar here. I got a. Uh, this one is the Triangle Kush crossed with Skywalker OG. And uh, this one here is Slippery Susan, a little exotic genetics. So actually got me on the Dude's Grow show. I got my first Dank Nug feature. Nice. Well, the first one just sounds super bold. And the second one just sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, they're both. I'll tell you what, the triangle push stuff's gonna knock me out. So that's gonna be a little bit later. Slippery Susan keeps me going. And actually, I really love that one. I've been smoking on that one for two months. And I mean, I don't know about you, I get bored pretty quick, but this one, uh, I don't know. I'm liking it. <laughs> it's it's still going, so I'm gonna be growing more of that soon. Not to I keep having fun with that name, but with a name like Slippery, Slippery Susan. You can't even say I would, that. No. I would think, I think it would, it should keep you going. It just kind of, it's in the name. It's just. <laughs> yeah, he's got some unique names for those strains, man. I don't know if you ever take a look at some of his, his lineups, but yeah. <laughs> Pretty good stuff. So you make me not want to, uh. Said, yeah, talking about the Twisted, I've been smoking the Twisted here for the last few days. It's a Twisted TK from uh, Deep Southern Genetics. And it's wow. a TK times a Twisted Manja, which I'm not really sure. It's one of his, you know, uh, strains that he crosses most of the stuff with. And, man, that shit is pretty strong. I smoked a lot of it last night on air. I smoked it all day yesterday and then on air, and I kind of got, like, cloudy. <laughs> cloudy during the wormhole last night so yeah, 
I think I'm going to follow your advice. I think I'm going to set the Twisted TK aside for a little bit later, and I think I'm going to dive in with a little bit of this Primal Punch I've got laying around here. So, Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about that Primal Punch, man. That sounds like some good stuff. It is. It is super tasty, kind of greasy. You got that really good grease to it. Nice buzz. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I, I, my favorite my, is the two. I like the version two better than the version one. It's just my opinion. Yeah, I saw something else. Does he have a uh, silverback gelato or something? I think it's MG1, a med grower. Is that his strain? Mm-hmm. I believe yeah. so. I believe so. Yeah, I'm friends with somebody that's been growing at Silverback out. Let me tell you, those things, amazing plants, massive colas, and I mean just packed with trichomes. Just beautiful, beautiful stuff. So I'm going to be looking for getting some of that real soon. Right on, right on. Uh, I can't help but the Michigan cup shirt there. Are you Michigan? Are you Michigander? Uh, no. I'm not. I'm an Illinoisan. But I did go to this ah, close enough. I did go <laughs> there. Yeah, it's only a couple hours for me, three hours. Well, That's they get bad. to the center of your state, really, Kalamazoo. Awesome, awesome. So I guess we shouldn't just cut to the chase. Let's let's get it rolling, Stone. Let's get it rolling. All right. When was uh when was your first encounter with the plant? My share? Sure. Um, my first encounter is probably different than a lot of people's. Um, you know, most people's first encounter is they go to a party or a friend or an older, whatever they, you know, you smoke and that's your first encounter with them. My first encounter was with a plant, actually. Uh, I had an older cousin. She's about 10 years older than me. I was probably about seven or eight. She's like, hey, want to come see something cool? Sure, why not? Went in her room and she had this plant i now i know it was a sativa and it was the 70s so i know sativas were the hot thing back then but yeah she had this plant just sitting there vegging out on her windowsill and for some reason man i was just uh i liked it i just thought it was cool i'm like you're growing that like you could grow that like you could grow things so i went home planted some watermelon seeds the old man freaked out because they were growing everywhere you know but that was the beginning for me with that you know that was the first time and then uh you know it's quite a bit later, I was probably about 12, actually, when I first smoked. So I went over to a buddy's house and his older brother happened to be there in the backyard with some friends smoking hash on the glass. And yeah, so I just blew right by smoking flour right to hash first time. So yeah, it was a, it was a, not a good experience, I guess, the first time getting real high off a of hash, you know, and it, it set me back a year from wanting to try anything else. But and we fell into it later, you know, a year later, probably start smoking. Right. right. Was it just super strong? What's that? The hash? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's the first, you know, first time you smoke anything. If I even gave you some brick weed, you'd probably get high off of it first time, you know, because you, you've never had it. Now it's 12. So, <laughs> yeah, I remember I was sitting there for a while. I was I was stuck, man. I was glued to the corner. Just kind of didn't know what was going on. Yeah, you know, I've heard it both ways, to be honest with you. Some people say they, they do and they've got they got tore up, and some people say that first time 
Really? Yeah, yeah. I can't help but wonder if there's like, it isn't, uh, you know, there isn't a barrier there that needs to be wore down or broken with that initial uh, time with cannabis there. I, you know, so I can't help but wonder, and this is like right off the cuff as we talk about this, but I mean, were you kind of brought up around cannabis other than, you know, I've heard, no. you know, your first time we ever smoked around, you know, because no. that I was wondering, I just in my head if that, you know, if it could be, you'd be around it and have it wore down. You know what I mean? And have well, that first time actually be a high. Yeah. Right. So I guess, uh, okay. So my same cousin, she's got like, there were six kids in, in that family. So, and uh, her two other brothers, they were older than me also. They had an awesome record collection. So my love was music since I was four years old. I just found the albums and just started playing records. You know, for you kids out there, those are these 12 inch discs. I can actually grab one and show you if you want. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I would hang out in their room. And, you know, the records got me in the room, but it was the scent in the room that kept me there. They had probably a lot of stuff stashed. I mean, now that I, I remember, you know, going back, I can remember seeing rolling trays laying out and bongs and stuff. I mean, back then the bongs were a little bit different than today. They were actually made to kind of look like a vase in a way. So it kind of blended in with the rest of the decor of the house and not, you know, some weird ass thing with, you know, paintings and shit on it. So, yeah, I would hang out down there, man, and I just I would just go through all the albums and learn about all the rock albums and whatnot, different bands, and, um, yeah, I just enjoyed that smell. So I just had this connection with it, you know, I guess you yeah, had early age, but as far as it being openly around me and, you know, like my parents, no. There's no way I come from a Italian background from Chicago, and, um, yeah, there was none of that. They didn't... Uh, they didn't believe in it. You know, reefer madness took hold of those people back then. So, so unfounded too. You know, I've said this a few times. I wish I could find some reefer madness. You know what I mean? I I want to I want to smoke some of that shit. <laughs> I know Put that's some what I used to legend. I guess I don't know. I'd say the same thing, man. I was like. I wish that would happen at some point, you know, like there's sometimes I wish I could just let loose like that, but it don't work like that. <laughs> Makes us nicer and mellower. It doesn't, it doesn't make you crazy. At least not me. I've never, well, I, I get silly sometimes, but never to yeah. the point where you could do that like super fast, crazy 20 seconds <laughs> and shit. <laughs> I've never been that high. I mean, if fucking cannabis could take you there, I'd try it once, twice. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, the guy on that Reefer Madness, too, I, it's always reminding me of like the old school. Uh, the old school dude from uh, what was it, Dracula or whatever, uh, Igor, the, or the, I forgot what it was, but I know there's one scene and the guy's like turning into a vampire or slowly turning into one. He's like eating flies and shit and his eyes are bugged out. I'm like, 
that dude must have been smoking some weed. <laughs> According to Reefer Madness. Yeah, so many, so many misconceptions there with cannabis. They were none of them were true. None of them no. were true. That's the sad thing about it. To this back then, other here. Yeah, that's a whole other subject we could probably go deep on because then I have to question what why. Why are we condemning something that isn't that bad that they probably knew back then? So I don't know. Again, I don't even want to go there. We that'll be a whole nother show. <laughs> so uh yeah, I can't imagine smoking hash the first time. That'd be a good one though. I can't find a whole year. Holy it must have been some good hash. Well, I was, you know, 12, man, I, that knocked me out. I was just a little leery. And it's not like that stuff was readily available either, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, my neighborhood was a uh, kind of an ethnic neighborhood. We moved out of the city. Basically, all these people moved out to the city to this one small working class neighborhood, you know, out in the suburbs. And uh, which really was about 10 or 15 minutes from the edges of the city. Right. But uh there wasn't a whole, you know, everyone, anybody that did it, you know, they kept that shit down. Nobody wanted to be flashing around. There wasn't like a, a loose hippie scene or anything like that in my neighborhood. It was Chicago, fucking go to work, make money, you know, buy a house, make family. It's kind of caveman mentality type shit back in the day. The old American dream, right? Do you ever, do you ever roll any joints on them old albums? For just nostalgia's sake, uh, there was somebody not, on the other day talking about separating seeds on the album cover. Yes, and that just brought back that like. Oh, yes, but it had to be the double live. It had to be the double live album. You know, it opened up, so okay. then you can yeah. get it all in the middle. You could pick it up and just and get rid of the seeds. How many good seeds we must have thrown away, man? Because it was like. You're going to get another set in another bag in another couple of days anyway. So it's like, what do I need these for? They're always by, they're always around, you know, and then all of a sudden it went away. <laughs> Sense Amelia. You know, I've said this a few times too. I honestly think that is the difference right there. That's the difference. That high that we go, well, what was the, what's the difference between now? You know, we used to get high as fuck back then but yet the thc levels are you know higher now yeah we used to smoke seeded pot back then that's the only difference that i can really see the plant does go through a, a different stage you know once it gets impregnated it puts out a few different hormones and so i can't help but wonder if that's got some of that nostalgic high that we're missing is that we were smoking seeded bud back then yeah maybe that might be right. You know, you never know. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, I hear a lot of guys, oh, the weed was, wasn't as strong as it is today. And I'm going to say bullshit. Um, I can remember the first time getting our hands on the real skunk. And I'm talking about the skunk where you could, if it's around within a hundred feet of you in two bags in someone's pocket, you're going to smell it. You open it up man. you got a mile's worth of people are going to be flying through there. I mean, it's, I just remember it, you know, and I remember smoking that stuff for the first time. And believe me, it knocked me out in a lot of other people. I was helping other people get some back in the day. And so 
believe me, when I got that stuff out, I was, I had people driving me crazy, you know, and then it just kind of disappeared once the war on drugs, as I like to call it the war on marijuana, because quite frankly, when marijuana disappeared, I could get cocaine like there was no tomorrow, which didn't make sense to me, but that's what was happening back then, you know. It's it's a silly fight. It really is. I, I've never been under been able to understand it. More so now, knowing what I know about cannabis, I can't figure out why they ever tried to demonize it so bad. Right. That's what I'm talking about. That could, if you really sit down and start thinking, like, well, why would someone want to do that? You just let your mind go. Believe me, you can start coming up with some crazy answers. You know, conspiracy theory, whatever. I hate that word, but. You know, another word made up, I think, to uh, keep you from thinking. I want us thinking. And, you know, honestly, weed makes me think clearer. I mean, I'm one of these ADHD people, whatever you want to call ADD. Um, my mind's like, uh, I got people running around in there, you know. And it, if I don't take care of that, you know, I have a hard time, really. So it's helped me, you know, I, I know they prefer me to take some pills. They'll cost me, you know, 80 bucks a week to get their pills and then not be able to go off of them or cause another problem. Maybe it's take, I have to take another pill to cure that. And then, you know, then that one's going to do something. You have to take another one to combat that. So next thing you know, you got 20 pills you're taking and, yeah, I'm not down for that. I'm not a pill taker. I mean, I won't even take a, a Tylenol. I mean, it's got to be bad for me to take it. I should. I just got yeah. a tooth. I had a tooth pulled a couple months ago, and uh, the nurse is like, "Well, here's a prescription for Norco," and I'm like, "Norco?" I mean, they were giving my ex that when she was having babies. You know, I mean. I was like, I don't understand why. I was like, no, I don't want it. She looked at me like I was fucking crazy. You know, like, you don't want this? Really? No, I don't. I don't. It's shit. You know, I'll deal with it. It's not that bad. This will be a day of pain. Get through it. Good Ed will probably walk you through it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they are so quick to fucking dish out that poison. You know, I honestly can't figure out why they don't assess us kind of like they do or we do our plans. Because most times, you know, when we go, you sleep, anxiety, a ton of other shit is boiled down to vitamin deficiencies, just like in plants. You know what I mean? We actually need just a supplements more or less get some healthy food eat some more of this you know that's that should be step one when we go to the doctor they should fucking pull some blood go okay looks like you're deficient in k you need some iron you know why don't you try here's some you know vitamins and <laughs> try try to eat some of this you know they don't they, they just right off the cuff poison that's, come back that's when that don't work. That's bad for business, man. Because what are they going to do? They'll, you know how it is, right? So, yeah, 
they'll figure it all out and say, okay, so you need to start eating more green and you need to eat more uh, leaner. So lay off the beef and get into the fish or the chicken. And then that's it. And guess what? Now what? You're not coming back to the doctor anymore. So now he's not making the money. So it's easier to just let you go, get sick and tell you, oh, come on, Eagle. You know, you're going to have to change your eating habits. And that's about as far as we go. And they know you ain't going to do it. You know, you might do it for a day or two, right? Because you get a little scared or something. You go in there and something's not right. And everything goes back to normal, right? Unless it's really life-threatening. That's when everybody really starts changing, you know. And usually by then, it's not a, could be too late, right? So these are all decisions you got to make early on and what you want to do. As I sit here smoking a cigarette, <laughs> which I wish yeah. I didn't believe me. I wish I could get off of them. I, uh, I'm a union electrician. We have a pretty good, uh, healthcare plan and they'll give me the Chantex like no tomorrow. And that was probably the last pill. Honestly, I could tell you I took because I go to the pharmacy tomorrow and get as many as I want. I don't pay a dime, zero money. And uh, I took those things a couple of years ago and uh, I was probably not in a good frame of mind. You know, things weren't good. Life was pretty bad. And I was trying to do everything I could to make it better. I thought quit smoking would be the best thing I could do right now. And that was a bad idea. And those pills, again, my fault for not reading all the, stuff but apparently if you're not having a good time mentally in your life and you're taking these pills they could have a really bad effect on you and amplify your problems tenfold and start making you do or think pretty fucked up and yeah yeah bad for me because i was really thinking some crazy shit and uh i was like wow man what the fuck you know i just quit taking that shit and that was the end of it you know I, I don't know. Smoking's worse, but I don't, the pills, I don't know. Eventually I'll quit. I, I've been working. I believe me, I'm slowing down slowly. I'm going to have to do it on a, uh, just on a, uh, you know, wean myself off. Well, they are coming up with the hemp alternatives. That's for sure. Uh, it, that tobacco's tough, man. They do. They put a lot of shit in with that tobacco, man. I chewed. My demon was chewing. I oh. picked up chewing Kodiak. Kod I chewed Kodiak forever. Ever. And then I would smoke on top of that when I was drinking. Sometimes I would even do both. I'd be drinking, chewing, and smoking if I fucked up enough. <laughs> Yeah, oh, and I'll tell you, you gotta have a cigarette with the booze, right? I mean, I went nuts. Yeah, I had a small window where I was not a small window, but I don't know. My life was—I uh, kind of way I look at my life is like I lived all these lives, like you know how you kind of change through life. There's like a period of time where you're this way, and then all of a sudden, everything just kind of changes. Your thought process changes. Your wants and needs completely change. What you used to want, you completely don't want now you're looking for something else it's, it's crazy man yeah it is i think we you know we're meant to go through phases like that to be honest with you i think we like come to a point we like graduate 
almost, if you will. You've learned your lessons. It's time to level up. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you learned your lessons, right? <laughs> well, if you didn't, I don't think you'd be leveling up. Well, sometimes you level down, though. <laughs> you yeah. don't follow the lessons. You can level down. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, you could definitely level down. I've leveled down quite a few times, actually. But, you know, again, everything uh, happens. You know, that's that old saying, everything happens for a reason. And uh, it, it's true. Uh, you know, to get to, to where you need to be, you're going to have to go through shit. And uh, I think that as human beings, you know, we're designed to go or try and make our lives as comfortable as possible and go through as least shit as possible. But I know sometimes you just have to go through it. And it makes sure, you know, once you do go through it a few times and you figure this out, I think as you get older, you figure out that, you know, you're just going to have to do this, you know. Yeah, you don't want to, but it's going to happen and you're going to go to the whatever to get through it. But when you do come out the other side, man, it's it's a good feeling, you know, when you get through things that uh, could have stopped you, man, and even who knows, put you into a critical position, whatever. So uh, what, besides the skunk, uh, what, what other strains do you kind of remember there from the old school days that you were able to acquire? Chicago, I, I would think, is like a hot spot. I would think that, you know, you would they have a little bit of variety coming through there. You know, I think of like, well, when I think of Chicago, I think like Windy City, the old gangster kind of days, shit flowing yeah. through there. <laughs> yeah and i i kind of grew up in that uh well my father actually he was born and raised with uh with that the whole mafia thing so to speak and uh yeah i mean look i i see some of these movies and i you know these guys were around the neighborhood i mean they were just like your neighbor walking down the street you know and these guys are also in the newspapers and they're on TV later on in life and you see them and it's, uh, it's very odd. Right. But, um, yeah, that was, it was something back then, you know, uh, I guess I could talk about some of it. Now my father passed away. He, uh, unfortunately got COVID back in uh, October last year and then passed away in November. So it's been a, Sorry to hear that, bro. yeah, thank you. And, uh, yeah, so he wasn't one to talk about that stuff. And, uh, you know, I look, we're Italian and that's what they did. You know, they all moved into an area of the city and you had your Italian areas and you had Polish areas and Irish and German and whatnot, right? And it was just like, you know, it's a, a little town or an area. You know, we have areas that of Chicago. So there's like Bucktown, Uptown, you know, there's kind of like neighborhoods, you know. And usually these neighborhoods were very concentrated ethnically. So my neighborhood was, they were Italian, 90%. And then, uh, you know, mixture of a few other nationalities in there. But so, yeah, my area breeded the gangsters of, uh, you know, 50s, 60s and 70s and probably 80s. And now it's not like it used to be. I think they're mostly doctors and lawyer or lawyers and mostly lawyers. <laughs> All the kids got to school and they, they 
they put him right to uh, college. You know, you're not going to come in and be a, a guy. You're going to, you're going to go to, you're going to be the lawyer. Right. For some reason, it seems to make sense to be honest with you that lawyers would be next. The ones bailing out, the ones that made all the money, you know, defending all the gangsters when they were all put away, you know, done with, they're like, yeah, it's time to live life, take over the town, tires out. <laughs> right. Like that old mob that uh, saying that he says on the, on the uh, Godfather or whatever, you know, you keep your friends close but you keep your enemies closer you know so i mean if you're a lawyer you're on you know you're right there in the middle you're floating in the middle and you're collecting money too so not a bad dig right and for the most part if you kept your nose clean you you were going to survive <laughs> so i guess when do you know when exactly cannabis has cannabis changed for you? I mean, is it a medical thing? I mean, it, these days, I guess it's safe to say because Rex's going through, through so much. And, you know, you know, is it a med thing or is it a rec thing? All right. So, yeah. Um, thinking about it, you know, now. Uh, so in the beginning, obviously, it was a rec thing, you know, getting high and uh so I, I can honestly tell you, so the first time he used, so uh, I guess I'd have to go back. So like 80, around 86, 87, 88, it was really hard to get stuff, you know, to get good weed around by me. And um, it just seemed, it was such a hassle. At one time I had a guy and where I worked, it was, everything was set up so perfect. We had, a, me and my buddy had a nice operation going. We had this guy, was a Vietnam vet. He was the guy who brought the skunk. He brought us tie stick, like real tie stick. You know, I've, we, we had it, you know, and it had like a very, you know, it was like a little bamboo rod or something like that kind of, and it had like this real fine, like thread tied to it, tied to that stick, you know, and then you'd see later some guys selling uh, these buds tied to it, like a stick they found on the ground with kite string, trying to push that off his tie stick, you know, and it's like, yeah, I, I remember that stuff. But as far as, um, yeah, getting to the medical side of it. So I got into, uh, so around 87, 88, I pretty much just gave up on, on weed. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't go get it. But if it was around, I would I would smoke it. Um, I was drinking by then. I was out of high school. I was going, you know, I was about getting close to 21 years old. So we just go up to Wisconsin. I was still 18 then. So we just go right over the border and go drinking. Um, so I got into, I, I had bought a motorcycle. I got into a, a pretty good accident. Lady cut me off, made a left-hand turn in front of me while I was doing like about 70 miles an hour. I'm lucky I'm even still here right now, to be honest with you. I had no helmet on and I got scars. I have a, I had my whole scalp actually was hanging off. And, uh, so I went into the hospital, you know, I talked to, you know, you get a brain freeze from the Slurpees or whatever from eating ice cream too fast, you know, kind of gives you that, that brain freeze. Well, I could tell you honestly <laughs> that there's no worse brain freeze than having someone lift your scalp up and spray cold water onto your actual skull. That, I mean, I've been through some pain that hurt worse than the motorcycle accident. It was excruciating, man. 
so yeah so i was uh i was all fucked up you know i was in uh i had broken my collarbone in actually two spots here so this shoulder is significantly shorter than the other side and the problem was is i i had to sleep on my back i couldn't sleep on my sides because of my the way it was broken and i couldn't do that so i was like after about a week of that shit, sleeping for an hour here and a half hour there and 20 minutes and then an hour, you know, you can't do that every day, all day, you know, for long periods of time. So my brother's friend, I knew he was smoker. So I called him up, said, hey, man, you got to bring me some weed because I know I could sleep good on that shit. So that would have been probably my first time I used it as like a medicinal thing, you know, help me go to sleep. And it did actually, you know, took my mind off the pain, honestly, to be, you know, I, again, it wasn't back then. It still wasn't looked at as a medicinal thing. I mean, I think people were trying to get that out back then, but it was being suppressed, you know. I actually, partway through that, I was I'm trying to, you know, say hello and chat and listen. And I went to say hello to uh, Barbara and Chad and I, I was listening to you tap and I went at OMG. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for real though, I mean that that'd be a hell of an experience, man. I can't oh it's scary, man. That is scary. I, I even to this day, I I wanted to bite when I was younger, but I, I knew me back then. Alcohol, bad news, bad news. It was just a recipe for disaster. And even nowadays, I kind of think about buying a bike, but I still know a lot of people that's died on bikes, man. And now hearing stories like that, man, you know, you can be sober as hell and have somebody turn in front of you and a bike. And oof, things change quickly. I avoided hitting her too. I don't know how I got around her, man. But by that time, the bike just shot me off like a rocket. And actually, one guy came out and actually helped me out. Everybody else was standing there staring at me. And this one lady was standing there telling people not to touch me because I might have AIDS. And <laughs> I mean, literally was saying that. And I I was saying some choice things back to her at that point. I mean, I couldn't see. There was so much blood come on my face. I couldn't even see. It was just bad. I mean, it's a head wound. Head wounds, you know, you could get a tiny little nick, man, and that thing's going to bleed and look like you got a, you know, a big old cut. It's really nothing, but people are weird like that, I guess, you know. Yeah, it's, you know, I I, I couldn't think like that. When I, I've been around accidents, my first instinct is to help dive in, you know, it ain't nothing like that oh they watch out they might have something uh, that's a risk that's a risk we'll worry about that later <laughs> right you know I mean, actually the guy who helped me out turned out to be my sister's uh best friend's father-in-law so i got to talk with them afterwards you know and i went over and thanked them and i gave them a little gift thing that i had my mom went out and got this little gift thing made up back then you know i brought it over there and Asked him about what he saw, you know, and he told me everything and how it happened. And he was just like, I don't know how the hell you me because I thought you were dead, man. You were you were moving. <laughs> like, well, 
I wasn't screwing around. I was actually on my way to work. It was about six o'clock in the morning. So it was the first nice day. Got the bike out, you know. I've avoided death awesome. quite a few times. <laughs> Must mean you're here for a reason, really. That's that's insane, man. You are terribly lucky. Terribly lucky. Yeah, I would definitely think that, you know, well. Little DMT or something, man. You need to figure out that, figure out that goal, brother. <laughs> That's why I'm here, Eagle. I think this is my goal because uh, I've been wanting to do this. Like I said, you know, since I was a little kid, you know. And then after I smoked it, I do remember too at a point where we didn't have any. We went to a guy's house, you know, and a older guy. We worked with him. He was a roofer, and he worked for my buddy's uncle. So we worked. We used to help out. This guy's like, well, I got some weed. Come on over. So we went to his house and he opens up a door. It was actually like a closet, an old house where he had the closets underneath the stairs. You know, he opened up this little door and we looked in. He's like, here, take a look. You know, he looked in there, the old fluorescent light hanging. This is probably like 83, 84. You know, he had fluorescent light hanging and like two little, three little plants in there growing. And I was like, you could grow in this inside like this. It's like, oh, yeah, man. It's great. You know, I had some little buds on there, you know, and then it was, okay, well, you got some weed for us. Yeah. And he's like, reaches in and snaps off a bud. And he's like, here, I just got to put it in the oven and dry it for you. So <laughs> we learned right away. That was a bad fucking idea. Cause that was a nice headache, you know, for, for a few hours after smoking that tasty chlorophyll bud. <laughs> yeah. So you know, he didn't really know what he was doing, but we knew right away that was definitely not the right way. <laughs> I bet, I bet, man. Oh, man. It's, maybe it's just knowing what we know now, but as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, no, no. Right? It's, oh, man. It seems like they're terrible. terrible I mean, do. I, how old are you, Eagle? I'm just curious. I just turned 53 on Sunday. I'm thinking you got to be close to my age, right? Yes, sir. I'm not far behind. I just turned 49 this last year. Yeah, see? So you remember that stuff back in the day. You're old enough to remember those days. It was different back then, you know? Like, uh, You know, like I hear these kids, you know, coming up with this shit. I heard somebody say, oh, we got we made this gravity bong and this and that. I'm like, dude, we we took the two liter pop or bottle, cut it bottom off of it, screwed the cap back on, drilled a hole, put the bowl piece in there. You know, you'd submerge that first you submerge it and put the bowl piece on, light it and then pull the thing up and it would suck all the smoke in there. And you take the bowl piece off the cap off and you put it on your mouth and push down back in the water and just shove that shit right down your throat, you know, right into your lungs. And you want to talk about getting blasted, man. It's nothing like that. I mean, I put that up against some good, good flour in that situation. I put that up against some dabs. Yes. I have MacGyvered so many pipes so so many pipes i can't even imagine like pcb steamrollers like looking back at that nowadays i mean probably some bad shit but it was done it was done okay. smoked out of everything and anything we get our hands on thick pens you know <laughs> with some tin foil on it 
pull the ink cartridge out and the cap off. And here's your one hitter, man. Ghetto one hitters. That's how we rolled back then. We had no money. Those were some good times, so those were good times, man. They were good, but you know, the other bad thing too is that like you know, the, the younger generation doesn't realize is, you know, especially through the mid eighties there where everything was just, if you had a joint and got caught, man, that was a fucking problem. You were going to go get in a lot of trouble just for a joint, you know, and you had a bag on you, an ounce, two ounces on you. You're in real trouble. And then we amped that up a few more ounces. And now we're looking at probably getting tossed, you know, getting into a federal situation. It was bad. I mean, you were going to jail, you know. That was it. It was uh, still. I actually got thrown out of the house when I was, what, 16 and a half. Holy shit. I've been on my own ever since, bro. Ever since. But uh, it was actually for rolling a joint that wasn't even mine. It wasn't even mine. It was my little brother's. And it was his. Ah, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, he had snagged it from him and brought it to me and was like, I, I, we roll this for me. And I got busted rolling it. it was, yeah, yeah. And you took the hit. Yeah, oh. Cannabis has been crazy for me, man. It's been there. You know, got me in trouble, but I've it's been there since early on, man. No regrets, though. No regrets. Yeah. So, I guess you were the last. So, yeah, I used that stuff um, just for my motorcycle accident, you know. And uh, I don't know. I just, again, it, I wasn't, um, you know, in that particular. So, this was probably like around 99, 2000. So, I didn't really know, you know, the guys my age, most of the people, they were concentrating on their career. And a lot of my friends were starting families and whatnot. So um, being in the union, too, then around that time is where they instilled the uh, the drug testing, random drug testing. So um, I was actually in a position at that point. Then when they instilled that, it was like a year or so after my uh, motorcycle accident. I ended up with this good company and I worked my way up and I was running work now downtown Chicago doing some high rise buildings. So I had guys working for me. I had to be responsible for. So the last thing I wanted to do, you know, was get high one time and then get called in for the random drug test because, you know, it's the Murphy's laws in fact. So, you know what I mean? You do it and you're going to get called. So I kind of stayed away from it, you know, just because I didn't want the problem. But then it was only a few years later down the road, I would say it's around 2000, around 2003. Yeah, so it was like three or four years I didn't smoke. And uh, I don't know what happened. I got a hair up my ass and decided I wanted to get high, you know, I just had the feeling. So I got some weed from some guy at work, some one of the kids that worked for me, he, he was a smoker. I remember he got me OG Kush, so I had never had that before. And he's like very animate about this is the real stuff. This is not the bullshit. And I didn't know any of that stuff. I wasn't involved. I didn't care. You know, you know, back in the day, we called it, you know, is this the dank or not? You know, I want dank. 
Is it dank? Yeah, it's dank. That's all they cared about. You know, we didn't have all the names, you know, when I was growing up through it. I mean, yeah, you had like Acapulco Gold. You know, you had a few things that had names, Maui Wowie. Um, but for the most part, it was dank or is it pot? Pot went into the bowl, you know, or even reefer. If it was, re that was the other one we'd say, is it reefer? It was worth rolling up. You know, if it wasn't reefer, it was pot. Pot went into the bowl. You just shove it in and smoke it, you know, and that was it. So that's how it kind of rolled out by me, you know. And I think I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, you're on mute. Talking how it became medical for us there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, no, I, I just started smoking a little bit. And uh, yeah, I got the hair up my ass. I, I went and got some, smoked it. And uh, sure as shit. I got the call and had to go in for the drug test. Um, I was actually able to beat it. I called up a BA that I knew and I asked him like, man, I lied. I, you know, I was at a party, high school reunion and guys had it. And I did it one time and I, I'm afraid I'm gonna get caught. And he saw you go get this tea and drink. So I had to drink like three gallons of tea the night before. And let me tell you what, that fucking sucks, man. I advise probably not to do that because it's probably not good for you. And I know you could die from water even. So I don't know when we're going to ban water, but <laughs> or at least put the label on it. Warning too much of this will kill you. But uh, yeah, so I was, uh, I, I had to do that. I got through that and then I shied away from it again for a while. And then I, uh, it was probably about a year or so and, uh, longer, probably about five years later, I was no longer in that position. I was back to just being a worker and fuck it, man, I'm going to go smoke. And then I got called in again and I said, fuck it. I went in, I pissed hot. And next thing I know I'm in front of a counselor, you know, explaining why this and that. And I had to go through the whole thing and be treated. I mean, they treat me poorly, but she still got kind of looked at like, you got a problem you know there's if you're smoking marijuana there's a problem we got to figure out what that problem is and i'm just like how are you gonna do that give me pills you know so so it was kind of demonized and then i had to kind of you know being in the union and stuff and and going back and forth and then after that i got my medical card and i said screw it you know because I just wanted to do it. You know, I just enjoyed it. It relaxed me. I felt it was better than drinking. I mean, I, I can't get relaxation out of drinking one or two drinks, you know, and then you start going four or five. I'm the kind of dude that if we're going to do four or five, then why aren't we going to do 10 or 12? You know, I mean, what the hell we're already doing it. And then it's, well, why not do 24, man? It's 2 AM. Shit. I could do it for, I, I could sleep three hours. I'm good. I'm good. You know, and I don't know. But then the whole medicinal thing completely where I used it, honestly, as a complete medicinal thing was um, probably back in 2010, 2012. I, uh, uh, my ex and I started having some problems. We had, uh, we lost our first child back in 09. Um, she passed on at birth. So it was, uh, that was a heavy blow. You know, it's, uh, it was hard to deal with something like that. 
and then dealing kind of with her and she was having, we were just, it was a bad time, man, mentally. And we ended up having successfully two girls, you know, because after losing the one, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was just devastating. So I definitely want, I, I had to have a kid at that point, you know? So we, now we have two beautiful little girls. Um, but yeah, my mind wasn't right. And then she was doing her thing or whatever. And we were, I was, I was out of work. I got laid off. There was, you know, 07 came and that was, that was it for me, man. I was on the bench for four years solid. You know, actually not from that point. Uh, I got laid off 2012. That's where it really started happening. So I got laid off there and it was, I didn't get back to 2016. But yeah, I went through a period of, you know, I didn't have any money, so I wasn't buying anything. I couldn't get anything. I didn't have connections anymore. You know, mostly it was kids and, you know, how it is dealing with younger kids. So I just didn't want to deal with all that. I just want to go someplace, somebody Here's the money. Thanks, man. And that's it. None of this will meet me here. And oh, sorry, man, uh, this happened. Or, you know, there's always something. So I didn't want to deal with that because mentally I was having a bad time. I'm trying to raise my girls. I was a stay at home dad, which was a blessing in disguise. I didn't at the time didn't like it because I wasn't raised to be that way. I was raised old school. I was going to go to work, have the wife. She stayed home, took care of the kids, you know, and here I am stay at home dad. And that wasn't you know, it was honestly an honorable thing back then, or at least when I was raised, it wasn't thought as like a thing to do. You know, the man went to work. So now here I'm in this position, beating myself to death. And then, uh, yeah, it was just, I'm like, I need to get something. I need to get some stuff. And I just started growing some of my own and hooked up with a few people that, that were doing some stuff and I was able to get stuff. And then start figuring out, learning a little bit about different strains then because um, there's computers. So now I'm, I've got access to the information I didn't have when we were younger, how to learn how to grow and how to actually use this as medicine because that information was out there at that time. So yeah, I, I used it for anxiety. I didn't, ha I didn't even know. I thought I was actually having a heart attack. I, I went into the hospital. I felt like I had an elephant laying on my chest and my heart was trying to get out of there, you know? And I didn't know what was going on because I wasn't excited over it. I was just sitting in the garage, just tinkering around, you know, and just all of a sudden start having a panic attack. Yeah. Good times, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's it. You know, I went to the doctor and they're like, oh, it's a panic attack, this and that. And, you know, then out came the, the sheet of, well, we could give you this and we could give you that and it'll do this. It'll no, man, I think I'll do it myself with this stuff called cannabis, you know, and I'll do it my way. And I've been doing it that way ever since. That's awesome, brother. That's awesome. You've cheated the pharmaceutical people a few times. Hats off to you, my friend. Hats off to you. I mean, seriously. I don't like it. Don't like it. Never did. Even as a kid, man. Um. Now, and, and, you know, the, during that one time when I wasn't, uh, you know, my motorcycle accident, they gave me a bunch of the Vicodins, you know. And I did kind of rely on those at that point because I was in pretty bad shit, you know. At that point, you know, you take what you can. I wasn't like, uh, you know, it wasn't like a broken finger or something or pulled tooth. But 
So I, I liked the Vicodins a little bit. And then when I had, uh, I had gotten some wisdom teeth pulled, they gave me the Vicodins again. And I was eating those things kind of like, oh, these are kind of nice because I was pretty high strung. I mean, I had 40 guys working for me at the time. I was doing a 70 story high profile, high rise downtown Chicago worth millions of dollars, you know, so I had a lot of stress on me and I was, uh, I was a pretty excitable guy, <laughs> say the least. And uh, the Vikings kind of helped take that out. And I had a guy that was working for me. It was a ex army guy. He actually got hit rear ended by a drunk driver and uh, was the army suit. It was a, he was actually in the army when it happened, driving a government vehicle and this drunk driver rear ended him. And uh, this guy, Ended up getting, you know, he could get Vicodins, like, and I'm talking like the huge pill bottles, like 300 pills in them. And he like brought one of those to work one day and handed it to me. Here, man, if you want Vicodins, I got a whole bunch of them, you know. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll just keep them here. And I take a couple. The next thing I know, I caught myself popping a few here and there. And then my stomach started causing me problems. And then I was like, what am I doing? You know, one of them moments where it's just, this is stupid. I feel like shit and I'm taking this stuff. Why am I taking this? I don't need it. And again, you know, it's just bad news, you know. Terrible, terrible. I watched a lot of people fucking fall aside for pharmaceutical drugs. And it's, that's one of the, my biggest fire in the cannabis fight is people off the pharmaceutical men. So when I hear people like yourself that, you know, for the most part, you know, he chose the, the wise path. Like said, man, we're, we're not supermen. And at some point, you know, we do need pain medication. And it, that's, it's the, that's where the battle lies, though. I mean, that shit can be so strong. It's, it's, and you don't necessarily coach you coming down it's going to be you know what I mean and that's where the hook is I think they know and almost hide that shit knowing that you know you're going to be coming back just like you said earlier you got to come back they need to come back so with that being said they don't you know really tell you you know hey chances are when you stop this medication you could be physically healed. Your injury could be over. But your body's going to ache like hell with these opiates coming out of your system. You're going to be sick from that. And I think a lot of people, when they're coming off of that, you know, that area where, hey, am I okay? Should I be doing this? That, oh, 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 I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And they cower back and stay in the medicine. They don't realize, you know, hell, I'm physically good. I'm hurting from the fucking shit leaving my system. I, that's where the hook is for most people. They can't, they, they can't cipher the two. You know, they misconstrued the pain for the pain, the wrong pain. And they just keep going and keep going. The next thing they know, man, they're, they're locked in that fucking cycle. You know, and that's another thing, too, is, you know, you see it in athletes, you know, they just, oh, 
medication, you know, it, they followed it. Then it don't stop working. It stops working for them. So they had, you know, up their own doses. They take start doubling up on that shit. And then you're, it gets really bad at that point, you know. And, oh, my God, I've lost my mother. My mother died oh, I'm at sorry. 47. Oh, for, for side. Yeah, she's gone a while. My last coming up on thinking that today, you know, somebody told me it was Sunday was Mother's Day, and I was like, oh, I hadn't celebrated it forever. <laughs> you know, yes, wow. 21 years, 21 years now. Um, uh, and I, I actually had to pull the plug on her. That had, had to be one of the hardest oh. things I ever do. She was, it's, it was sad, brother. It was totally sad. Yeah. I used my girls to try to, you know, coach sobriety, you know, try to get away from it. And then she would fall back after she seen the girls. And then she was, uh, she was, I didn't see her for a while. And, uh, I got a call that she'd been in the hospital or was in the hospital, practically brain dead, uh, on life support. He he had let her sit in, you know, aside, her boy, let her sit aside, puking, toxin, her liver had shut down, fucking five days, five days before he took her to the hospital. So by the time she went to the hospital, she was on life support day and a half where they said yeah, she needs a liver toxins and plugs her kidneys are all fucked up now she snaps out of this she'd be lucky to do anything on her own so it was by far the hardest thing I had to do and, wow. and I watched friends go down that road and to this day man it's I have I struggled taking the vitamins you know, aspirin is Used sparingly. I just, I, I'm, I'm very serious when I say that. I, cannabis, I am here for the fight, man. man. If I can switch one person to the other, you know, yeah. any day, any day, right? Any day. That's you know, honestly, when I've had, I've had friends tell me, you know, come to me with, you know, that, you know, hey, uh, cannabis. At that point, it's free. <laughs> it's happy. It's fucking free. Here, yeah, man, trust my soul. I got all kinds of shit, man. You don't need this shit. Uh, yeah, it's crazy I'm stuff, so, man. I said yeah, pri- I, props to you, brother. I meant props to you because you know, oh, anybody props to that you, can, you had to do some hard shit, man. That that was that's crazy. You know. But yeah, you're right. They they pump you with that stuff and they get you hooked into it, man, and that's it. And then, you know, uh, I can honestly uh, tell you it was probably around, um, you know, so we just got legal here a year ago, a year ago in January. And um, so this is like 2016, you know, and, and I was on Facebook at the time and I started getting hit up by people. And there's this one girl I knew she worked with me. She was a little bit younger than me, but we worked together at this store years ago and she found me and oh, I'm living over here and stuff. And she actually lived right by a friend's house. So I stopped over to see her and stuff. 
and, and it turned out the reason why she actually got a hold of me is because she was hoping I knew somebody that was selling Xanax on the side because she was taking it, was prescribed to her, but then lost her job, then lost her insurance. And then you can't afford Xanax if you don't have insurance. I mean, the prices, are, I guess, are outrageous. So, so she was forced to the streets to find this shit. And while to, I'm sad to say that, I kind of lost contact with her for two years or whatever. And I went to go look, look her up and stuff. I called her number and nothing. I got a, you know, this, this line's been disconnected and I just Googled her name for the hell of it. And it turned out that she passed away and it didn't say how or why, but I'm pretty sure I am. I know what it was, you know, and then I have, uh, you know, a good buddy of mine who actually I play in my band today with uh, his wife, when it, uh, he got married to his wife, they went to some island somewhere and they were on one of these little mopeds cruising around the island and something happened and they got into an accident and got banged up really good. He actually, you know, I don't have to say this correctly or make it nice, but he had his testicles sliced open, you know, and it was fucking bad, man. So, yeah, they were they didn't really have like all kinds of crazy. But what they did have on these islands that they had tons of was Oxycontin. Our government was giving them tons of Oxycontin. That's what you guys use for for pain, you know. So they gave them a whole shit ton of Oxycontin. And uh, yeah, so you can't get any more Oxycontin. Well, what, what can we get? And heroin's the next step. And that's what happened, you know. And I'm glad to say that, you know, they're they're way better and they're doing great and they're they're beating it. I hate to say that they're fixed or they're clean and they're clean. But I think once you take that drug and you get hooked into it, your body wants it. That's it. It's over. It's a fight for the rest of your life. It's not like you beat, you know, cigarettes, you can beat them, you know, and it, I don't think you have to wrestle with. You know, 10 years after quitting, I don't think you still have to really wrestle with wanting a cigarette. Right. But when even I know guys that have been off the, off the junk for, you know, 10, 15 years. And believe me, if you dropped it in front of them, they probably snatch it up and do it right then and there. So that's the problem with that shit. That stuff's highly, highly lethal. I mean, it's bad news, period. Anything that, that makes your body control you. Not good. Not good. That's why I don't even like booze, because you lose all control. Your brain ain't thinking right. I got two little girls, you know, and I'll tell you right now, the last thing I want my girls doing is drinking, because I know what girls, how they get when they're drinking. I mean, <laughs> if I was younger and I was looking to do some business, and there was a weed bar filled with the with the hottest chicks and a, and a drinking bar with the hottest chicks, I'd be going to the drinking bar because my chances of getting lucky are going to be a lot easier over there than they are in the cannabis bar. You know, just the inhibitions seem to go away with the drinking. So I made probably the worst choices of my life while I was drinking. You know, I've made some of the, some life decision or life changing decisions and not good ones because I was drinking. That's a fact, you know. Yeah, alcohol can be a crazy thing, man. I, I couldn't control myself when I drank. That was one of the reasons why I knew I had to get that shit up. 
gave it up mainly to my 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 girl there, my firstborn. I gave up alcohol with my firstborn. And, uh, that's you know, alcohol firstborn. Second was tobacco. I gave up tobacco for Lexi, and then the third one. I was like, oh, I've got left this cannabis. <laughs> We're gonna make this work, goof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- this one, this is gonna be a hard one. We're, we're probably not gonna be able to get rid of this one. <laughs> it's a whole lifestyle, really. It really is. I mean, and it can be incorporated correctly. And it, it's, you know, it's got the stigma from the movies. You know, if you're smoking weed, you're just dudes, oh, hey man, playing video games. And look, not to say that, that there aren't a ton of people like that. There are, but we're not all like that, you know. And I know plenty of people that are running multi-million dollar businesses that like to smoke. So it actually warmed my heart, man. Yeah, my uh, middle daughter, Lexi. Lexi Lex. That's the I chat there. Oh, is uh, that yeah, I was wondering if that was your wife or your daughter. I didn't know who who that was because I saw you say something, I love that, you. Yeah, that's my daughter. That's my daughter there. And uh, actually, she will be 22 already uh, here coming up in a few weeks. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. That was why I've been listening to her talk about alcohol the last few days, last few weeks, actually, about cannabis versus alcohol and how they... Well, one, you know, she went out drinking. She actually went out with some friends and went drinking first time. And I don't know. I think it was the first time that I know of her actually going out to the bar with friends. And she wasn't impressed. She come home, talk about, eh, fuck this shit. I don't like that. You know, power to cannabis. And then uh, yesterday, they, we, watching something i can't remember what it was she was watching something i should specify <laughs> and you know and she it was something the, it was like a teenage show they were drinking or something you know and she's like look at this look at this how they you know portray alcohol they always portraying alcohol as the the thing to do for these kids and then when you know somebody brings out the joint or something they're like oh Oh, you know, like that's the the demon there. Yeah, he was like, every one of them kids would make a terrible mistake on that alcohol. But if they smoked that joint, I bet every one of them would be okay. You know what I mean? And not advocating for yeah. it, not advocating for it. You know, that's you know they should be doing it. Just you know, if in comparison. You know, you never, you never hear of the, the horror stories that you, that you know what I mean? Lifetime movies where, you know, somebody got hurt or something. It's all, you know, they, I had an alcohol break. You know, and it's, she was disgusted about the way they portrayed, you know, pushed the alcohol versus um, demonized, completely demonized cannabis when it comes to the story. Uh, yeah, you know, and... Yeah, right. So, like, even all the movies back in the day, you know, like in the 80s, you know, when I was growing up, if you go back and see all those, and I'm not talking like, you know, the hit movies, but it was all those little B movies that 
you know, like uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, that kind of shit where you had Sean Penn, but nobody knew who he was. Those kind of movies that made these actors become who they are today. But they were always in these like teenage, they were younger, you know, so you're in the movies and it was always the drinking, you know, everything was about getting hammered and doing stupid shit. Yeah, I don't know, man. The drinking thing is just not my thing, man. I did it. Uh, I did it. Uh, I was never, I wasn't an everyday guy. Again, I was running work. I had to be responsible. I was, you know, I was starting work at five o'clock in the morning and I was leaving at five o'clock at night every day, you know. But when Friday came and we were out the door, I had a, you know, in this one particular job, because I was there for like four years, that's where I was really doing this heavy was, uh, I mean, I could walk right out the door of my building, walk literally straight across the street and right, right into the pub. And uh, yeah, man, when Friday night came, I lit it up. They actually had a bottle. My thing was Captain Morgan. So they would, I could, I don't, I could drink a lot. Okay. I buried a lot of guys that, and I'm talking, these guys drink every day, all day long. They brought beer to work. They, they take a pop can, you take a can and they take the top and they would grind off the top and then pop the top off, cut the side, slip the beer can in the pop can and wrap it around. So it looked like they're drinking a Coke all day and they're drinking Budweiser. Right. And then these guys would talk, oh, I could drink you on you can't drink and this that. And I'd take them on Friday night and I'd be putting them off into a cab around, you know, midnight or whatever. See you later. I'll be here for another hour. And then after they kick me out of here, I'll be going down the street to the other place. I'll be rolling out of here around 5 a.m., you know. So, yeah, we closed the bars. They closed around four. Right. So I, I had the one bar there. I would start at three o'clock. And they had a bottle of Captain Morgan, which was mine. Nobody else got served out of that bottle. And usually like about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, that bottle was gone. And that's where they're like, okay, you're done. I'd hang out for a little while. And then I'd, okay, I'd pick up and I'd just go around the corner to the next place. And I'd start in there, you know. And then I wouldn't even remember how I got home. It's a mess, dude. That shit's just... I don't want my daughters doing it. You know what I'm saying? And they are my daughters. And if they're like me, they're going to do it. If I tell them not to do it, or I try to show them in a correct way, not to do it. Or, I mean, everyone's going to try something. Maybe, you know, all I could do is steer them and try and keep them from doing it. And it seems like you're pretty successful with your daughters because they get it. So kudos to you, brother. Smart girls. I don't know. I don't know if it had much to do with my doing, but they did. Every one of them turned out to be awesome. Awesome kids. Awesome girls. Awesome ladies, I should say. They're ladies pretty much now. Shoot. My youngest is 17. will be 18 soon. They're all two years apart, too. 26, 22, and then Courtney is going to be 18. Yeah, so that's <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I got something similar to that. So I gotta tell them before we lost our first daughter, and her birthday is uh July uh 8th, 2009. So she's seven, eight, nine. And uh so my our next daughter was born January 8th, 2011, and our third daughter 
she was born February 8th, 2013. So they're all on the nice. 8th. They all had the 8th as their, as their uh, day. birthday. So. It's a good day. It's also my day. That's also my day. We share we share your birthday, me and you guys. Oh, yeah? When's your birthday? Yeah. Day? Yeah. When's yeah, your birthday February. today? Oh, February, no, February 8th. 8th. Yeah. Oh, oh, so yeah, my youngest, Samantha. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, Good guess day. what? You'll have a new fan. You'll have a new <laughs> fan because once I show her, hey, look, because they know kind of about you. They're all over YouTube, believe me. That's all they do. And uh, they saw me on the show last week with Mr. Westport. And they were like, but now they're going to want to see this one. And once I tell my youngest one that you're February 8th, that's it. You guys are going to be like kindred spirits to her. <laughs> a lot of cool people in February. A lot of cool February people, that's for sure. I don't know. There's a lot of, there is a lot of February birthdays. I think that the last raw summer maybe had something to do with it. I don't know. I'm thinking so, yeah, because that's our kids are my kids are January, February, and I'd say yeah, probably summertime was about when that happened, right? Good party <laughs> and alcohol and alcohol. <laughs> it is a primer, isn't it? <laughs> Can't deny oh, it. Most, most definitely, most definitely. I'm going to take a hit here, Eagle, if you don't mind. Oh, please do. Please do. I've been smoking this whole time. I've been smoking stupid cigarettes. And you see, that's my problem, too, is that I really don't. I'm not a joint person, you know. I just never was. I never really got into it. I don't. I, there's some about the. Um, the papers or the way it just kind of screws up my throat. So I don't know why it's any different smoking from a bowl versus a joint, but for me, it, it kind of is. So, yeah, I never really got into it, but I kind of want to start rolling joints and just have them and instead of reaching for the cigarette, I'll just reach for the joint and just smoke that, you know, because I've heard of people actually quitting doing that, you know, by instead of grabbing the cigarettes, say, fuck it, I'll grab a joint and just smoke that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I can most definitely see that. That's what I know. I've heard a few people uh, switching. There is like a hemp cigarette there. They are pushing. Well, not pushing, but they're coming out with. And I think that'd be a al great alternative because a lot of that is habit. I mean, chew was terrible. Cigarettes is a different, a different beast because it's got hand movement. You know, it becomes. It's a twofer habit, basically. You know, you, you, when you stop, you, you know, you get the, what am I doing with my hands? There is actually that, what am I doing with my hands? That Ricky Bobby, what, I, I don't know what to do with my hands right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, though. It is. It's, it's, it's the whole, it's a, it's a process of things, you know, and, um, 
you know, that's where, you know, you get all the addiction comes from, I guess, you know, because it's one thing that you're doing. And I don't know, sometimes I, you know, you start analyzing. I'm very analytical about things, man. I'll, I'll think about things from different angles. Um, I'm like, I'm a lot curse. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm different than like, I'm not going to say my family's like a bunch of bad people, but you know, for the most part, people have like this little bit of a negative connotation kind of judgmental, like, well, look at this guy's hair. Look at this person, what they're wearing or you know, just shit like that. And I'm just not down with that. You know, I, I, uh, I think losing my first daughter, that really changed everything for me. And I start looking, you know, where you just don't know what people are going through in life, man. you know, and just because they're kind of like going through things, you don't know something like what happened to me. You know, people don't know if I'm having a bad day and I'm thinking about her and it's bothering me for whatever reason. And maybe I'm going back in my mind and thinking about the uh, situation when I was right there, when everything was happening and, you know, things were crazy. Yeah. You know, it's not a good time, you know, to think about that. So you might not be a happy dude or, you know, you might just be a little bit out away and just not, responsive to somebody and then they're kind of like well what's this guy's problem oh he's an asshole you know where nowadays when someone's kind of being an asshole i have to kind of stop before i get lit up and want to jump their ass about it you know i just kind of like well what's maybe there's something going on maybe this guy lost somebody or maybe you know maybe his wife's cheating on him or maybe his kid got hurt maybe he got killed who knows Something bad, right? Give the guy a break. Maybe he hates his job, you know, working at Wendy's, making a little bit of money because that's all he could get right now. And he don't want to be there, but he's doing it for his family, but he's not happy about it. So, you know, I, to me, it's like, I try to, at that point, do something to make them happier. Say something, you know, I think you even say it, you know, and honestly, this is why I watch, start watching your shows because of that ending. When you say, you know, do something nice for somebody, I'm like, this fucking guy gets it. You know, if everybody does that, this place is a way, this whole world is going to be way better. You know, and maybe we won't need to smoke as much weed. Yeah. And it's, it's they, a lot of times, like the, the guy that used to just smoke up, you know what I mean? The hard, having that hard day, fucking, you don't know why, fucking. People get into the rut where they can, they don't see a way out sometimes, or yeah. they just they just don't even see the light. They sometimes need you know a helping hand or you know it's uh, and again sometimes it's just a simple compliment you know a hand grabbing some lumber that can snap somebody change their attitude out of you know somebody does really give a shit you know what I mean it. it a lot of times that can stagger somebody in that state of mind, you know, just that random act out of nowhere. Somebody that I didn't even fucking know just fucking helped me out in a way I didn't even see coming. And it fucking will humble a lot of people, you know, and sets a lot of, it helps. It helps. I've it helps there, all the way I've, seen, I've seen it firsthand. I've been on that side of things, so I know it does. You know yeah. what I mean? That's why I try to turn it around, brother. You know, and you're right. We, you know, if everybody did that, it would be a great place. 
and and we're in a church, especially now. Gosh, we're especially now. We need it more than ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're telling me, man. Believe me. You know, I mean, look, the last couple of years, you know, for me, I have, you know, you could be negative. It's really comes down to your, you as a person, you know, there's, I think there comes a point in every time. And this is funny that we're even now we're talking about this situation, but um, like red pill, you know, I've been watching the last couple of nights and he seems like he's really got some shit going on and he, it seems like he's got some stuff that he's he's battling with, you know. And I kind of get where the, where he's at. He's a younger dude, and I know he's the way he's talking is if he's like older than me, you know, like I'm older now. And it's like, and I get it, man, because dude, I I went through my midlife crisis when I was 25. <laughs> That's when life was over for me. I was like, I'm 25. I'm not married yet, and I haven't got my dream job, and I'm not making, you know, $100,000 a year. Holy shit, my life is over. And let me tell you, that that thinking right there, thinking like that, all the weed in the world's not going to make it better, man. I mean, you'll get by, but you're going to just skate by. You got to really, you really have to stop one day and look yourself in the mirror and say, you know, who am I really? And then you have to deal with it with whatever it is, you know, and for me, you know, honestly, uh, the human ego is the fucking killer. Our egos, you know, you say one little thing, you know, if I said something, you know, like, Oh, what's that? You know, what, what do you mean? What, what's wrong with this? You know, and people are ready to, you know, and that's the ego. Fuck the ego, man. That's what I say. Be humble. We're, we're not this, this, this is a vehicle, man for what's in here it's this is we didn't get to pick this you know i'm sure if we had choices i would be looking more like brad pitt or something i wouldn't be sitting here looking like this <laughs> you know what i'm saying but i noticed too that when you start actually just coming from here and not worrying about the bullshit and, and looking at people and seeing what's in there and you start dealing on that level things are way better, man. And I think it's a vibe thing. And, and if you're doing that and you're raising someone else's vibration that helps raise yours, it's like, a just keeps going, right? Things just keep, you know, it's like a ladder. It's just elevate everybody, get the vibrations up, you know, tell somebody that's having a bad day, you know, don't worry about it, you know, try and help out. I've, I've given away things, and I'm not someone who's rich or could afford anything. I'm giving away stuff. You know, I've got actually a few things that I got. I'm lucky to have some friends who uh, have, are growers. They're actually out in Michigan. And, um, you know, they have extra shit and they give it to me and I might use it. And I hand it off to someone else. I don't know. I've mailed out a whole bunch of stuff. Matter of fact, I have a bubble hash machine that I use twice. I'm just not going to use it really anymore. I love bubble hash. I just don't have, for me, I don't have the time to do it. So that thing's going to just sit. And I seen some dude that I'm friends with on Instagram. I don't know him personally, but he was talking about it. And I'm like, dude, I got one. You want it? You pay the shipping and insurance, you know. You're going to pay the shipping on the new one either way. Right. So that's how I roll, dude. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. 
I'm glad to hear and know that there's somebody like yourself floating around in the chat. Uh, there's a lot of people floating around in the chat. I'm glad to know too. Amazingly wonderful. So let's let's talk cannabis a little bit. Let's talk. About, right. What was that first grow? What was that first grow like, brother? Walk it, walk. All right. So are we getting? Tell us a little story about that first first grow. What was it like? What was pots like? What was the medium? You know what I mean? What paint us which a one with the, that first grow? The legal one or or like the ones where I attempt the attempts, all the attempts we made. I did grow out one successfully. I got on the uh I made an attempt in the chat rooms or the uh the forums back in the day. I couldn't tell you which one it was, but I know Subcool was on there and um, a couple of the other guys, right? And you would read like the stuff that he posted. I wasn't gonna about to ask questions because I was still in that mindset of this is a fucking setup, and they're gonna send someone over to nail me. They're gonna know what I'm up to because you know because you know we didn't have cell phones and all that shit back in the day. So, and we were worried still that they were figuring out how to catch us. Now you got cell phones, computers, and you're putting shit out there that anybody can read at any time and use it against you later on. So yeah, I didn't really participate. So, but I did do some reading and some research and uh, I had a neighbor who uh, he was like a golfer guy, real straight cut, straight laced. I didn't even know he smoked. He came across the street one day and says, hey, man, uh, he's, he's actually from Michigan. He's from Michigan, uh, relocated to Illinois for work. They came over one day. He said he had to get rid of some of his stuff was in his, his uh, golf bag. He didn't want his wife to catch him. So he gave me this bag of weed, and he had a couple of seeds in it. So I was sitting right, and nothing else better to do. So I dropped five, six seeds into a couple of solo cups and did the little window thing and got them popped up and okay now what I'll transplant them and I I just I had like a big giant pot I don't even know if it was like a 50 gallon container or something and I just planted them all in there just around you know and I just let them all come up and I let them start doing their thing and I start flowering them up and I sexed them out and I got rid of the four males that were in there and I kept the two females and the one female only grew a little bit. And the other one was eight feet, eight and a half feet tall, hitting the ceiling of the basement. I had to bend it over. And I was just using 150 watt HPS. I actually went and bought it at a, it was like a brew and grow store, but it was mostly brewing. They, at that time, they didn't really, they had like four lights in there and a few things, but most of it was all about beer. So I picked up one of those lights and being an electrician, I had my access to other lights and shit CFLs. So I had a whole bunch of lights all around this thing, probably about 20 CFLs, 100 waters. Yeah, so I grew that thing up and had a giant cola in that thing like this. It looked like a paper towel. <laughs> so that was my first roll right through. I never even considered that angle, you know. You as an electrician could have probably started pretty early pretty early on just nobody would have even thought twice you know i didn't need a commercial fixture you know what i mean i got a parking lot of work at you know nobody would have even batted an eye back then if you would have purchased the light right well we use all those metal halides for for our big projects right that's what we light up our floors with 
you know. So you go you go by one of these buildings that are going up and you see those those lights glaring, man. For you know, those are some of them are two thousand watt or three, four thousand water. I mean, these are big ones. Now I always thought, like, why are these guys fucking with these one thousands? Let's throw the four thousand in there, man. <laughs> you know, that was my way of thinking. I didn't know better, but you know, it's like, why not? Four thousand, one bulb. <laughs> be a hell of a fixer it'd be a hell of a fixer oh it's a big one <laughs> it's wow. big but yeah i had access to that stuff you know um i did do you know we did side work you know so i got calls a few times hey can you come on over sure what are you doing i need to put a couple of 220 amp outlets upstairs in this bedroom for what <laughs> dude we don't do that I mean, your kitchen, maybe that's it, you know, maybe your laundry room for your dryer, but what are you talking about here, you know? And then obviously they tell you what they're doing. So, yeah, I've done a lot of that kind of work, you know, and that's where I learned, you know, the setups and that's where I learned hydro. And that's where I was really like, you know, like I, you know, I used to look for land, you know, I just go dry. I still do to this day, but I mean, uh, you could catch me actually on Sunday mornings. I go for rides. I go live on Instagram and take you for a ride with me while we go look for land. Because one day I want to do a nursery type situation with like a big greenhouse, almost like a conservatory type situation where you come in. I could have tropical plants in there growing. You come in, hang out, maybe like a little pond or something. And then outside have plants, shrubs, bushes, fruits, vegetables, and cannabis, you know. I want to be in the country. I want to be away from the city. I've been in the city my whole life. I'm done with it, man. I love it out here. I'm kind of in the, in the country now. And it's, uh, yeah. So, yeah, my my first grow here was a year ago. Legal grow, full-fledged tent, lights. I grew uh, an orange bud. So I ordered my first seeds and... Uh, which was weird. And I got uh, from Dutch Passion. I think it was, uh, you know what I had was um, Ed Rosenthal's scroll Bible, right? So in his thing, he's got like different seed uh, breeders. And I saw the orange bud because I remember that getting that strain back in the 80s. And that was another one that had a name. It was Cali Orange or something like that. They're calling it. And some people were calling it orange bud. So I remember getting that and just really enjoying the flavor of it. I don't remember it being like a real stony high or anything, but I just remember it was just a nice, you know what I'm saying? Just a nice high. It didn't knock you out. Didn't make you, you know, want to go do a bunch of stuff. Just kind of even keel, but the taste, it was real smooth, smoke. So I'm like, yeah, you know, let's start with that. You know, So I ordered it up and got it out here and, Planted it, you know, again, I knew a little bit about sativas and indicas, but not a whole lot. I just figured I'd plant and start doing some research as I go. Plus, I have buddies, like I said, growing, so I kind of asked some questions there. But for the most part, they kind of let me go and dangle and, and make make the mistakes because that's how you learn where you make the mistakes. So my mistake was not learning about this plant, not learning how to uh, scrog it out. And uh, we had another six, seven-foot plant in a seven-foot tent with a CMH bulb and a 
HPS bulb in there at the same time and growing into it and bleaching out. It came out. I, I got successful. You know, I went to harvest and stuff. And it was smokable. It was all right. You know, it wasn't my cup of tea, really. And it could have been better. I knew that. And that's what I set out to do. So then I grew, started growing out these Afghan seeds I had. And my second plant was a, almost a pound. Not that I was trying for that. I was just wanted to make a nice, successful grow. Yeah, and you can look it on my IG. I think I have it. It's way back there. But yeah, there's some nice, big, juicy colas. And it was good smoke. You know, it was a little stonier than the orange butt. And I was like, okay, well, there is something to this genetics thing, you know. So that's where I started searching out, you know. And I found, uh, like, uh, you know, I was like subcool. So I started looking him up. And I remember getting Jilly Bean. And then I, it's Miss Jill. And I was like, oh, she's still around doing this stuff. So and then I found her and she's making the stuff again. So I was buying that. But. You know, just researching different breeders, exotic genetics, you know, that his stuff is, seems to be good. I mean, he's commanding a higher price and he's getting it. Irie genetics, you know, these guys, all these guys. Actually, there's a guy that I would like to give a shout out to is Old School Chronic. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's out in San Diego and he's I'm not sure if you ever had or heard of cat piss, the strain cat piss yeah. that smells like cat piss. Well, I guess he's got he's got a strain that's either exactly like it or very, very close to it. And I was like, man, I'd like to get that because I had tried that once or twice back in the day. And I remember that is some dang shit, too. Kind of like the skunk, you know, it's got that cat piss smell to it. So I was on IG. Actually, Sunday was my birthday and I was doing my my drive and I jumped on live and I was just hanging out and this dude jumped on. And I know he had just started releasing the seeds back in um, April, but I didn't have the money. They were two fifty dollars a pack, you know, so they weren't cheap. And uh, so now I have some money and I'm like, he popped on my live and I was like, ask them, hey, man, do you still have any of that cat piss left? Because I know it was flying out the door and I got some cash, extra cash now and I like to grab a pack. And he's like, dude, I got you, man. I'm sending them to you. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. I'm like, I don't even know this guy, you know? And I was like, you know, he just popped onto my live probably by accident. <laughs> and, you know, so it's kind of shit like that where I'm giving stuff away and then, you know, and then I'm getting stuff from other people. And to me, that's kind of how this community seems to work out in certain circles where people are trading stuff back and forth and taking care of each other, you know, and I love that, you know, I'm all for that. And that's all I've ever wanted. Yeah, it definitely is a good golden age for cannabis the last few years. I was talking about that the other night when uh, Captain 420 was on. Wasn't always like that. Wasn't always like that. You kind of touched on that base when uh, you were talking about, you know, let grow in there. But he didn't want you to succeed back then. <laughs> Especially the guy that if you were getting, you got the clothes from. He didn't want you to think it was that easy. He wanted you to come back just like the doctors. <laughs> you know, but it's the last few years. It's like, the I don't know what happened with my, myself. And a lot of other people that decided, you know, 
this is stupid. We need to start sharing genetics, information, all that shit. You know? Yeah. I, I, it was, I, it was like a level up, leveling up, brother. Like I talked about earlier, I didn't. It wasn't just in cannabis. I, I realized that in life, you know, working it, I had worked my whole fucking life. You know, I'm skilled trades. You know, skilled trades that makes you money. You don't. You want to be the guy up. You know what I mean? You didn't share necessarily. You you had apprentices. You had that one lucky fucker that followed you around. You talk shit to, <laughs> you know what I mean? You didn't necessarily right. dish out secrets, and in that it fell in with cannabis too. You know, you didn't share. And at one point, I had that realization: like you dumbass, you share, your life gets easier, their life gets better, they level up. You know what I mean? And you, it's. Open source. It should be open source. We should be able to leapfrog off each other's ideas and not have you know hard feelings about oh you leapfrog off my idea. No, it should be congratulations, man. I missed that. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, good yeah. on you for catching where I fucking something I missed and you know took it to the next level. Well, and, you know, I, I learned it with my kids, cannabis, and I, I I hated myself there for a few months, man. I was like, man, I've really fucked up. I have really fucked up in life. And, you know, again, it was just one of them things. What do you do? What do you do? You fucking right. realize what you did and run with it. You know, start making up for lost time. <laughs> well, it it's funny that you're saying that, you know, so like in the trades, right? So especially in my trade, you know, back in the day, yeah, the guys aren't, they're not sharing shit with you. Matter of fact, guys will tell you the opposite, let you fuck up real bad, you know, and they're, they're not going to share that information with you. Now, <laughs> my, again, my, my, I take a different thinking approach to things. So I have to analyze that thinking and like, okay, yeah. So I got this kid and I've got 20 years of experience and this kid's got none. And what am I going to do? is teach him and then what? So again, now I have to look at it. It's like, well, why wouldn't you want to teach him? Are you afraid now because he might be better than you? Are you already thinking that less of yourself that you're afraid to teach this kid because this kid's going to outshine you? Again, the fucking ego is in play, you know? So now I look at it as this way. And this is why I used to tell some of my older journeymen who I used to give a friend because I ran work, so I would get hook up journeyman with apprentices and here's your apprentice take them and go well these guys they didn't want you know i get these apprentices coming to me like this guy doesn't want to teach me shit i'm not learning anything and so i would grab that guy and say like why aren't you teaching them anything? first of all it's our responsibility as journeymen to teach them that's what we're here for okay fuck that i'm not teaching that guy i go hey dumb dumb let's think of it like this you teach that kid how to do this shit and how to do it right. And guess who's doing all the work and who's doing the easy stuff? You let him do the work. You go get this, take the walk and go get the, the broom. Or you take the walk and go get some wire. Or you take the walk instead of him. And you go have your cigarette or whatever. Instead of being in the trenches, sitting there working. Because this dummy doesn't know how to. And you're going to keep teaching them how to not know how to do things. And you're going to have to keep doing things that you don't. So why not make your life easier? It's a trade-off. The kid's learning. He's learning the skill and trade. 
your passion along and giving yourself a break to go maybe do something else. And that's how I actually kind of moved up the ladder, I think, and got from, you know, being an apprentice to a journeyman right into running work to becoming like the boss, you know, for a time being. So teach them, man. Stupid. <laughs> Don't, you're shooting yourself in the foot and you're making the whole world a shittier place. I mean, dude, it's crazy. I was I walked blind down that road for a long time, man. We all did. I, I wish I would have learned much sooner. So much sooner. Everything happens uh, for a reason. Know, I know, you know what where uh, where it cost me the most was honestly with uh where it counted the most. I look back and you know, with my girls, I could have taught them so much more. You know what I mean? Cars, not be more self-sufficient in a lot of ways. Instead, I just kind of, eh, go, go do that. Dad's got this. You know, mowing lawns, get ready to get hurt. You know what I mean? Yep. And uh, that's where it went hit home at the, the hardest. And then the lesson was <laughs> most hardly learned when, uh, when I realized that's when what I did wrong at home. No, it wasn't just at work. It was at home. Fuck. Yeah. You know I mean, it was a tough learning lesson, to be honest with you. Well, yeah. We at least you, you know, at least you learn a lesson. Sometimes people go through life and never even learn the lesson. You know, and it's sad. It's sad that they can they never kind of figure it out. You know. But yeah, I know you want to talk more about grow because I, I feel like we're doing a life lesson here. <laughs> and dude, I'm terrible too. You get me talking, brother. We're going to go here, there. Chad Westport wanted me to talk about music. He wanted you to grill me on music or something. I was going to I was going to grill you on music. I've been waiting for the opportunity. To be honest. All right, here it is. Grill away. So what you said, you sounded like you did start with music pretty early on. What uh, what drew you into the music side of things? Uh, I just always loved music. I, I was very rhythmic. Um, I just kind of made a correlation very young. And I'm talking like two, three, four years old. I, I mean, I just know that I had made a connection to music and I, I put a correlation between just kind of moving every day, just you're walking. There's a rhythm. Everything you do is a rhythm, you know? So I just kind of got into that. I don't know. It just kind of, I just felt it. It's not something I thought about. It's a vibe thing. I'm a very vibe person, you know, like if I'm around you, you know, like I'm going to pick up a whole lot of different things than just talking to you. You know, I to really know somebody for me, I have to sit down with you in the same room and I could really kind of figure out, you know. But, yeah, so music. Um, actually, how I got started, I, we had just moved from uh, Chicago out to the suburbs. We had a house now because we kind of lived in a garden apartment in the city. And. Um, so now we had a house with a basement, a big 
scary basement that had all kinds of stuff down there that I wasn't allowed to see. So I think I woke up, it was probably about four o'clock in the morning and I snuck down into the basement there and I started going through some boxes and uh, I pulled out these, these, uh, these round things. They actually looked like uh, hat boxes. You remember like, I don't remember, maybe your grandmother or mother had hats, like the, the nice hats, they had the nice box for them. Well, some of them even had like these, a box, but then they actually had like a, a dust case that it would go in with like a zipper. And that's what these looked like. And I opened them up and they were drums. My dad had drums. And I was like, whoa. And just started whacking on the drum at four o'clock in the morning. The old man wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> you know, so he came down and nabbed me and I, I stuck me back in my bedroom and I didn't go to sleep. I waited till they got up, you know, and got down there and, you know, he set them up for me and, uh, Shit, by probably the end of that day, I was playing like a, just a basic beat, man. And then I had music going and the rest was history. And I just, I couldn't wait to get down there every day. And I mean, <clears throat> we're talking, you know, five, six, seven, eight years old. I'd be playing for hours to the point to where my fingers, well, now I know because I was holding the sticks improperly, but just from playing, they just wore right through my fingers, man. I'm bleeding all over. I'd have blood all over my drums, all over the floor, all over the everywhere. Because I just didn't want to stop playing. I'd go get some band-aids, tape them up, and keep going, you know. But yeah, that was about it. I mean, I, I never uh did any musical thing at school. I was never that dude, you know. I mean, those band people didn't smoke weed, and I was like, well, I'm not in, you know. It's not my type of music and you guys ain't partiers. So I'm just, I'll be over here hanging out with my buddies in the garage, beating on the skins and just making noise, you know, weird garage band in and out. I did go to learn how to read music because I wanted to try and get into the music thing when I was 18, 19. I thought that was something I wanted to do. But again, it did, you know, back in that day, you weren't encouraged to do stuff like that. That was a, a job that, you're going to, you need to get lucky or you need to know somebody and you're never going to do it. It's not, you know, you need to get a real job. Stop fucking and wasting your time doing that stuff. So it wasn't really, which was weird. My dad was played drums, but then he did really encourage me to do it, you know? So I just kind of, I go, I went and learned how to read notes. Okay. On a piece of paper, but being kind of dyslexic and having ADD, I have a hard time just reading as it is and trying to read and play and I'm a vibe feel guy. So I really don't need the sheet music. I kind of can learn what you need me to do and do it unless it's gotta be specific. Right. So that puts me out of, out of some of the range. It cuts me off from, from making money. So my, my only chance of making money in the music industry at that point would be to kind of get lucky, get in a band and get on it and do it. And, and by, by 88 or whatever, you know, I quit, you know, I couldn't get weed anymore. And the, the music scene was shit. I didn't like the rock music that was out anymore. Um, Guns and Roses had just popped up and I was kind of like, yeah, that was the way I, I'm like, this is more of the direction we need to go, guys. I like this stuff better. It's still not exactly what I'm looking for, but I like it. And everybody I was around at the time didn't want to do that. They want to do this, you know, I don't know what is poison and all that shit. I'm not into that. Um, 
You weren't so doing said, the duets, the ballads and stuff? Yeah, I, I'm just not into that, man. I get the chicks all love that stuff. To me and my buddies and all of our girlfriends, that's what they did. They went to the Poison concert. They went to Bon Jovi. We were going to Motorhead. We were going to Black Sabbath. You know, that was our stuff. Them, them damn rock ballads almost took rock and roll out. Dude, <laughs> it, it was bad. I mean, hey, listen, I can tell you, this is how much I did not like that music. My uncle... I shouldn't say uncle. He's a friend of the family. Um, but yeah, we call him uncle. He was the manager of the Rainbow Bar and Grill on Sunset Strip from 73 all the way up until I think 2015 or 16. He finally retired, right? He knew all those guys. I mean, we're talking from the 70s, man. He was hanging out with, you know, Mick Jagger in, you know, Jimmy Page, Keith Moon, and he was hanging with all these guys and the stories he's got, you know, and then when I got a little bit older and I knew what was going on and shit like that, you know, all those guys, Poison and, and uh, Motley Crue and all those guys lived at the Rainbow. The minute it opened, those guys were all there. Lemmy from Motorhead lived there. Actually, my uncle's in uh uh, let me tribute uh, video or whatever. They made a, a documentary about him and they've interviewed my uncle. He's actually in there, you know, talking about Lemmy because Lemmy and him hung out and Lemmy would sit at the end of the bar playing this computer game that was his seat. And actually, I think today they actually uh, have like a plaque there and everything. And this is Lemmy's spot and nobody sits there and they put the his Jack and Coke every night they give him his glass or whatever. So, so, but anyways, to get to the story, the, the point was I never went out to California. I could have gone out there. I could have been rubbing elbows and hanging out with Vince Neal and all the boys and shit like that. But I just didn't like that music. So I didn't even go. I had a free pass to get into that world and didn't do it because I didn't want to play that music. So that's how much I didn't want to do it. So yeah, the 80s, late 80s sucked, man, because I quit playing drums. I quit smoking weed and went to straight and narrow, drinking beer and, you know, going to work, trying to, you know, I was actually engaged at the time, so I was going to get married and get the house and the white picket fence and live happily ever after, which I don't think I would have been happy with that, excuse me, that life. So, so yeah, I didn't... Uh, I gave up the music thing and then uh, it was only a few short years later. I hear uh, Nirvana and like, you know, and then all those bands started coming out and I'm just like, that's when I, I just really freaked out and I got pissed and I just stopped listening to rock music completely. I turned it all off and I actually started listening to jazz and all kinds of shit like that for years. I really didn't dig it. I mean, I would hear the rock music when you're in the construction world back nowadays, you can't have radios in the jobs, but back then, you know, you had, you know, you did it. So big boom, someone had the boom box going with, you know, it was I always still got the fucking boom box. I still carry the fucking DeWalt jobs, like fucking 18, one of the like mid range ones, not yeah. like the newer little, yeah. Fucker, the one that like rocks like three yards away, the bass boost on that. I, I still drag mine around. 
Oh yeah. I well, yeah. We're not allowed down there anymore on the union jobs. It's you know, oh, you can't have that. So now everyone's got the earbuds in, which is fucking worse because I could hear you went over the radio. Yeah, with the earbuds in, you can't hear shit. So, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, the whole that whole scene popped up, and I was pissed. And then, yeah, I did did that for a while. And um, fast forward, you know, losing my first daughter. Well, actually, my life was just started going bad. You know, like I said, I was running work. I was like a top dog out downtown. I was making, you know, two hundred plus k a year. I mean, I was putting in time. You know, I work Saturdays, you know, um, every Saturday. Actually, I worked for three years. I worked seven days a week for three years straight. Every day. I didn't miss one day. Okay. Seven days a week, three years straight. So, yeah, I was pulling out some money, you know, but I also had a shit ton of responsibility and I had to, I had to be there to take care of stuff, you know, to make that stuff work. So, uh, you're going to have to direct me back, Eagle. I'm lo- I just uh, completely got the squirrel cage. <laughs> the music. I know we were talking about music. So, yeah, so, anyways, I know what I was talking about. So, well, I, I lost my job. So, I was in between work. I'd work for three months, be off for six months, go back to work for eight months, be off for a year, go back to work until you know 2012 happened um and then losing my daughter in 2009 so it was just snowballing one thing after another and my ex and i were not getting along and i had you know we had our our house we were living in plus i had a condo i couldn't rent and i'm paying the mortgage on this condo every month that i can't even rent you know so i'm paying for something that i can't use and yeah it was just getting worse and worse and worse so after everything blew up and I really started using cannabis to heal myself, I kind of found my way back into the music world. I got hooked up with some friends I haven't talked to in 25 years that, yeah, man, we're still getting together, actually. Just just a couple of guitar guys, you know, remember this guy? Yeah, I remember him. Oh, yeah, we go to my garage and hang out on Saturday night. Good, clean, cheap fun, man. All right, I'm in. What do I got to do? So I went out and I got some drums, went over there, man. And that was like 2014, 2013. And yeah, been doing it ever since, really. I I actually started making goals for myself. That's where I got myself. I was in a depression. I know that now. Um, Little by little, I just decided I'm make a decision. You know, at one point, you're either going to live where you're living right now and the way you are and probably die very soon or get the fuck out, man, and start making the best of it. I started getting the, the kid mentality again. Started thinking like a kid. Stop worrying about time. And that's another one we could go into that whole fucking thing about time because time is, to me, is the is our enemy. And they've it's used against us continually. Right now, you're looking at the clock going, when's this guy going to shut up because I got to get into the wormholes. <laughs> but you know, what, you know what I'm talking about, right? So everything's time, like, I got to go do this and I got to be here and this is happening. So everything's time and you get rushed, but you take time out of the equation when I didn't have to be anywhere, when I had nothing going on and I could just go there at my leisure 
it was like being a kid, you know, you know, you're just hanging out thinking like, what am I going to do today? Well, I'll go over to my buddy John's house. You jumped on your bike and just went over there. You know, you weren't in a hurry to get there. You weren't doing a thousand miles. An hour. I got to get there because I got to see him because I only got an hour and then I got to go do something else. You know, no, he's just, just, just kind of went and did your thing. And I started living life like that. And holy shit, dude, it's like a whole nother, like, I don't know, fifth dimension, you know, people talk about, I wasn't living in this world today. You know, I look at everybody else and everyone's, you know, running around and they're doing shit. And I'm just sitting back and it's like, what you, you know, dude, you guys are killing yourself. This is not what life's about. Life's not about running around and go getting that thing and getting a new car and getting a new iPhone 27, whatever, with 17 lenses on it. I mean, I don't know. You know, I lived in that realm for a minute and it sucks. And it's a lot, it's a waste of time. It's not, it's, it's a momentary uh, adulation, you know. Anytime you get something new, it's, oh, look what I got. And, you know, you got it for a minute or two. And then all of a sudden it's like, can you put it away? And then you forget about it. It's like, that's where you realize you just kind of bought something just for the, just the habit, the adulation, the moment, just the spike of, uh, you know, uh, whatever it is, they, the drug that your brain makes, you know. So, yeah, I got back into the music thing. I started making goals. I started setting goals for myself. And so I set a goal that year. I'm going to be on back on stage by the end of the year. Whether I'm making money doing it or not, I didn't give a shit. I'm going to be playing for a, a live audience on a stage doing it. And things weren't happening. And it was really weird. And then I just I ran into another guy that I hadn't seen in even longer, like 30 plus years. And he was playing. He had a band and they were playing a gig and they needed a drummer because their drummer couldn't make it. You know, it's weird how things just kind of, because I didn't think I was going to make it because we we're closing in on the end of the year. <laughs> and I was like, shit, man, I'm not going to make my goal. You know, I wasn't worried about it. I wasn't pressuring myself, which was nice, but I still, I wanted to make the goal. And then, you know what? It just kind of happened. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird, you know, so then it was just like I started realizing that situation. Like, well, I, I've been real nice to people. I've changed my attitude. I'm not, you know, a maniac anymore. Everything, I'm laid back. I'm doing things for people just because I want to do it. I'm helping people just because I want to help them. And then things that I want start coming to me, you know. So, you know, you start you really got to pay attention to life, man, and, and see and start questioning things. Why did this happen? To me? You know, I could sit there and say, well, my daughter died. Why me? And I went through a little bit of that, you know, and I'm actually trying to help my mom right now because she's, you know, she's dealing with the loss of her husband for, you know, 54 or 55 years. They've been together actually longer because, you know, they didn't get married right away. So they were together for like two, three years before they got married. So, She's kind of going through that whole thing where she's uh, not happy, you know, and she's trying to live with the loss and the grief and stuff like that. So trying to help her through all that. But yeah, I mean, I could find a thousand things to be pissed off about and I have a thousand reasons to be a miserable person. You know, I have the right to actually, I guess, the right to walk around with a, with a chip on my shoulder, but. It's never going to do me no good. And I'm definitely going to help anybody else by carrying that shit around. So 
do a 180 on it. You know, help people out. Like you said, do just do something nice for somebody. Hold the door open. You know, I have a I have an old lady next door that she's got a walker and stuff like that. The mailbox is out by the street. So you know what? I'm home now. I'm off of work. I've been laid off for a couple months. I go up. My dad, he's not here anymore, but he used to go get her mail for her every day, give it to her, you know, shovel her snow. Even though she's got a guy that comes and she pays to do it, I still take care of stuff like that for her. You know, take I take her garbage cans out every week, bring the cans back in. Just you know, and then she's wanting to give me things, you know, like, do you want that lazy boy I have sitting in my garage? You know, I'm like, no, nah, that's right. I don't need a lazy boy. I'm not sitting around long enough to use it. It's awesome. It's, it, it does bring in a good feeling, though, knowing that you're helping others. It's very infectious. Very infectious. I enjoy it. I do too, my friend. So, are you are you playing still today? I mean, yeah. Are you, are you, oh are you yeah, on you on the drums? Are you playing live? You know? Oh yeah, I go. We go live on Instagram all the time. I I actually just turn it on. Guys, sometimes they know they don't really know about. At least they didn't know about the few the few first times we did. They had no idea because you've got to where my drums are. It's not even it's his drum set, but. His drums are set up. It's like a, it's an old basement, and you know, it's like a stu- music studio slash hole in the wall basement. <laughs> but he's got a partial thing. I just stick a drop ceiling. I just wedge my phone up there. I get a straight down shot over the drum kit. So and it actually surprisingly, you know, through a phone, and with how fucking loud it is in that little basement, it records fairly well. It sounds pretty good. So yeah, you could catch me on. Um, Usually on Wednesdays, but tomorrow, yeah, I'll be, we'll be going live tomorrow. I just, you know, do it for like an hour or whatever. I just let the thing roll. And so we're just doing practice. It's nothing serious right now. We're just, uh, we just got back together after not seeing each other for about four or five years or three years now, about three years we haven't played. So I haven't really played, you know, life has been, uh, it's been, I, I got back to work. So going back to work, I'm, where I'm living, I have to travel. It's about 98 miles one way. So I'm out in Rockford and I have to travel to downtown, basically right on the lakefront. I'm doing a big, I was doing this, the third largest building in the city right now. It's a 101 story condo building that I was on. So yeah, I'm, I'm spending a, an hour and a half on the way to work. And on the way home, I get to do about two and a half, three hours, you know. And uh, so, yeah, time was, I didn't have a whole lot of time then to, to do it. So, but since I've been home again and I'm sitting around, yeah, we got together. A lot of guys were off because of COVID and stuff, you know. And here we are back in the basement and we're starting to, to do it again. We're actually trying, my guys were wanting to to talk to people that are doing these shows. It's like, Hey man, we could do like a live opening thing for these shows or something. You know, let's do a song. I'm like, so yeah, I'm throwing it out there. Anybody want to, you don't have to pay a shit. We'll come on, do one song for you and see you later. All right. We'll get with you later. Contact my people. We'll get back to you. <laughs> right here. Right. right here. All right. Anytime. We'll talk to you talk after the show we'll we'll be around tomorrow man for sure
I don't know if you got a show tomorrow going on or not, but. Oh, you're on mute. I think you're muted. <laughs> I couldn't see you talking sometimes either. I think, sometimes I think it gets a little sticky, I think. That <laughs> uh, yeah, Jimmy Dugan, a few people the next few nights, but Monday, Monday night, Monday night is a designated wormhole. We could uh, definitely rock out Monday night. Uh, okay, what time do you would it be? You can give me your time. Usually, around, usually two o'clock my time. Oh, but two a.m. to do some. You want to do something? We could do. We could go earlier. If you want to do so? Yeah, it would probably be earlier. These guys, we're usually there like around nine, ten o'clock. We're out of there, you know. So, but even if you want us to record some, we could record you a song. We'll make you a song, you know. We do a rip yeah, off. They were the asking old... me. They, yeah, deeper two, anything, anything. We could use a damn song. I've been begging my my daughter's boyfriend is in a heavy metal fucking rock band. I've been begging him for a heavy metal deeper two damn song <laughs> that I could play. But he refuses, refuses to fucking give me a version of it. That'd be amazing. Okay, we're, we're going to make you the dab song then. I definitely need some, especially a rock and roll version would be awesome. But yeah, that I, I right now I I was playing the shit out of the dab song, but if I play it too many times, I get copyright. So I kind of like, uh, I, we'll make up, we're, we're we'll asking, make up a song. They were asking me uh, earlier if I could play some of your stuff, but I don't have my Instagram. Uh, I'm my I'm my computer here, so I could play it. But I would if I could. You could share Actually, if yeah, you got mean, some video. My Instagram is screen share. Do I have the? If you want, I don't know you how can. to do all that. I can. Uh, yeah. Okay. What do I got to do? On your Zoom, there, click share. Let me see. Uh, tap your screen, and then yeah. it might say more. Share more, yeah, more. Click share. So I have Click chat, more. meeting settings, raising hands. I don't have anything. What the hell? How come I don't have share on here? There should be a share on there somewhere. It says chat, meeting settings, minimize meeting, background filters, disconnect audio, raise your hand, and then I have some emojis. And that's mm -hmm. it. Let me see what else here. Part participants. Oh, share content. There you go. <laughs> click on that, and then you just click on whatever you want to share, and it pops it up for everybody. Oh, to see. yeah, no. So I if don't you had, to... so if you had been see playing stuff, you could share and play it. Most definitely. Um, let me see. It's looking for my photos. Access. Let me see here. thing is is i just got this phone and um i don't have it do i have anything i don't think i have any recordings on here no 
Oh, wait. Okay, here we go. Now, is this thing sharing? Yep, they're seeing what, we, what we're looking at. Okay. Well, this is not playing, though. So this was a uh, Instagram live thing. All right, I'll stop sharing that. Yeah, so I don't have anything, unfortunately, right now. But if you want, you could listen to stuff. We do have old, old stuff from the 90s or 80s on, uh, in, or on uh, Apple Music. So if you look up really? Charlie's, it's called Charlie's Pipe Dream. Unfortunately, I wasn't in that band, but most of all my friends are in that band. And we still actually play some of those songs today. So it's called Charlie's Pipe Dreams, the name of the band. They have one album on there. I think it's called Bike Right Around the Lake. It's like a little Lego figure. That's pretty good music, man. It's I don't know how these guys never made it big. Well, other than just not having the right connections, you know. So you want to give a shout out to some of the guys you're playing with now? Uh, it wouldn't matter. They they really don't watch any of this stuff. They're not growers. They just like me bringing over the stuff and giving it to them. They're smokers. <laughs> they're they're the they're the smokers, and I'm the grower. I mean, I try to get them into it, and I'm getting my one buddy closer, man. I'm getting them closer because uh, I unfortunately had a nanner couple nanners pop up on my orange bud which was a massive plan i don't know if you've seen it on my instagram but i think she was on her way to being a two pounder you know and i've been i was on that plant it was like monday night or tuesday night i was listening to you because i always got i'm always in the garden when you're on so i usually that's why i'm not in chat constant you'll see me pop in every once in a while that's when i'm having my smoke break but then i'm back at it in the garden and listen so i'm listening to you and i'm like ready to go get done and you know before i go to bed or whatever and i'm done in the garden i'll go through the plants just a little bit and kind of look at them and just check and make sure because i anytime you know the lights come on i like to check them right away you know especially when they're budding out just make sure there's nothing weird going on and at the end of the night when i'm done with them i check them again you know just a brief so I was looking at that orange bud the one night, the other night, and man, I could have swore this one little thing looked like a nanner, but it was really light colored. So it just kind of looked like a pistol that was two pistols that were like stuck inside the calyx when it was blowing up, you know, and just hadn't popped out yet. So I'm like, I don't know, though, kind of looks like a nanner, though. It's weird looking. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll wait till tomorrow. So. Man, the next day those lights came on and I went in there and looked. Holy shit, it was a nanner. It was dark yellow by that time sticking out. And then I started looking through the plant and I found like two or three more. And I just stopped looking at that point and I didn't even fucking hesitate. Went in there and whoosh, gone. And it's sad because she was about three weeks out from finish, right? So I don't know what to do with it. I said, fuck it. I bagged it up and I don't have room or nothing for it so i called my one buddy and i says hey man you want this i'll give it to you you just i'll show you what to do with it bag it up and freeze this stuff and then we'll just you know we'll do like a dry ice sift with it you know i'll get those trichomes off of it 
and see how it is, you know, maybe just mix it in with something else and make my own hybrid. Right. So he was like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. So I brought it over to him the other day and I went over there the other night then for band practice and stuff. He's like all proud. She's like, Hey, come here, look at this. And he opens up his freezer and he had all this bud trimmed up real nice. It's like, yeah, man, I was, that's really awesome. So yeah, he's kind of getting there and he's a medical, all my friends are medical patients as well. You know, uh, I really want him to do it because, you know, he's, uh, he's an ex heroin. He's a guy actually I was talking about got in an accident started with the Oxycontins, you know, and then got into heroin. So we got him smoking and he's stabbing and he's doing all of it. So if I could just get it to the point, get him interested where I could get him set up with a tent. I know he's going to, he would be an amazing grower. You know, he's, he's got that. He's, but you gotta, you know, there's some people that just can't grow this plant for whatever reason. I don't know why. I think, I think you really have to have some sort of a connection to them. These things are living things, man. They're not an inanimate object that just grows like a, a thing magical. These things listen, they have feelings. (laughs) I mean, I really believe that. I'll tell you. Oh, that's for sure. That's for sure. I, uh, was I sent a thing from uh to Smiley yesterday and it was from Gaia. But they were doing uh some experiments on plants. They were asking the question, are they conscious? They were basically had a couple of plants. The one that had the best representation was the uh Venus flytrap. Implied some uh anesthesia to the plant, to one of the traps, to just one of the traps, kind of made it numb. From, uh, and it showed every chance of being numb or unconscious to its surroundings. So not just just in the same fact when like when we go unconscious from anesthesia, so did the plant. I mean, they just like we, the one area, the one trap, knocked it right out. They, uh, even yes. though the traps looked healthy and awake and wide open when the sensors were touched they just stayed wide open the plant seemed to be totally unconscious and when that when it wore off everything seemed vibrant again the traps kind of started popping again but that plant was seriously unconscious from the anesthesia that they had put on to just the one trap so they were begging you know even though it didn't have a brain or nervous system you know we we know they communicate with each other you know what i mean and uh, they are intelligent obviously yeah but they were begging the question obviously is the plant conscious i think so i I think you do too yeah (laughs) Oh, no, I agree. And I never heard that before. And that's awesome. And that, again, that's just one more. That's a proof positive there. Right. I mean, I don't know about you or anybody else, but, you know, I find myself, you know, going out into nature. Like I took my girls out. We have this place called Starved Rock out by us. And uh, it's kind of cool for us. It's, uh, you know, they got like caves and all this you know rock formations from river flowing through there at one point and all these cool trails it's very hilly you know for us it's pretty flat here i mean you're in michigan you guys are pretty flat too right so 
it's a cool place. But so I took my girls there, you know, and it's just that was the first time in a while that we actually spent quite a few hours out in nature. And it's like, you know, you just feel better no matter what. When by the time you're walking, you walk in there pretty, you know, down the time you're walking out, though, you I you're feeling a little bit lifted, you know. And it's just from these plants, I think. It's just from being in, in, the, in those surroundings with these living things, you know, and there's animals too, and there's vibrations given off by everything, you know, positive and negative. But I think there's more positive, you know, if these plants are growing, they're healthy and happy. Obviously, it's going to be a more of a positive surrounding. And, you know, you look around and you see there's tons of green, right? So you got a lot of positive happening and you're around that and you just, you feel better. There's something to it. And I believe even like the terpenes, because for whatever reason, I noticed up in Wisconsin, right? Um, I spent a lot of time up there in the pine, like the pine groves and that, that pine terpenes, there's something to that pining terpene that just you're in it and you're smelling it constantly all day, you know, hunting or whatever you're doing out there. And uh, yeah. It's got a it's got a relaxing effect to it, you know. So again, I, I get the whole THC thing, but I think there's a huge factor with with uh, everything being involved and not just sucking THC out of the plant and using that to get just high. Or I don't think breaking the plant up or just drawing a certain particular thing out unless it's for a exact specific reason. But for an overall thing, I think you really just need the smoke flower, you know, and get the complete medicinal effect. But yeah, I think like you said, the plants are are alive, man. They're talking. I think it should be a whole medicine too, you know, as far as that. I, I was listening to this thing earlier today, today or yesterday, about the endocannabinoid system. They blend anymore. And uh, they were talking about how we use, uh, how the endocannabinoid system, the secondary endocannabinoid system, uses flat fats and lipids, you know, as, you know, carriers and whatnot. I'm thinking, well, why in the fuck are we taking them out of our extracts? You know what I mean? If it's part of the system, why why the fuck are we taking them out? You right. know, that's uh what is it called there? Uh the crumble. That's what crumble is. It's all the fats and lipids. That's one of my favorite extracts. And it's pretty much it was a waste like kind of thing. Not all the extractors likes like the crumble. I like the crumble, but you know, I when I learned that's what it was, I was like, you know. Again, why are we taking these out? Why this is some of the best parts here? Then I heard that yesterday is like they're needed. You fucking telling me they're needed? We're taking them out. <laughs> it just seems retarded at that point. I mean, I yeah, no, I get it. I, I'll be honest with you. My favorite out of all of it is uh, got to be um, scissor hash. I don't know what it is about it. But man, I hate trimming. But let me tell you, that's the one thing though. 
I know what I'm getting when I get into the trim. So it's like, I don't want to do this, but man, I want some of that scissor hash. So I go at it, you know, and I'm rolling up my little balls and then I start smoking that during while I'm doing it, man, it just really hits me hard. It's, it's weird because like edibles, I, it, you're wasting it on me. You give me, you know, people, want, oh, I'm here, try these gummies. And I'm like, dude, I'll eat that whole bag sitting here right in front of you and nothing's going to happen to me. I'll, I'll sweat. That's about it. I just start sweating. And I actually had a buddy, my buddy actually, who, who's growing out in Michigan. He made, makes tons of them because his wife loves them, you know. So he's always got like this monster bag of them. And they're pretty high dose, you know. And he's like, come on, man, you, you're going to get, he goes, I'm especially if you eat like 10 of those things, those things are like a hundred milligrams a piece. You eat 10 of those, man, you're going to be passed out. I took 15 of them, shoved them in my mouth. I ate them all. And I sat there like this. And within 10 minutes, sweat was just pouring down my face and I just didn't feel anything. I'm just like, I'm not high, man. And I just picked up my ball and started smoking that. And I'm like, okay, now I'm high and sweating but and he couldn't believe it you know he's like man that is fucking weird he's like yeah okay i'm never giving you that stuff again it's a waste <laughs> but yeah hash though i love i love scissor hash and i love i love the dry sift man i'm a hash guy dude i don't know it's because it's everything's still in there you know you're still getting some plant matter in it you know I, I'm almost actually, so, you know, I make my, my dry sift, my first run, obviously that's almost, that's full melt, you know, so I could take that and dab it. Right. But <clears throat> after that, you know, it's more of like your top dressing shit. That's where, that's kind of my favorite is the top dressing. I really enjoy, I think again, because it's got some plant matter in there and I'm getting, more of the entourage effect. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but it, it's, that's what works for me. And that's what I do. You know, we all, we're all a little bit different and some things work for some people and other things don't. You might like sativa. I like indica, you know, I'm actually more of a 50, 50 guy. I like the 50, 50 split. Well, yeah, it kind of, it can make sense for me because, uh, you say you kind of like that uppity high, or and that's what I get from dry sip. Dry sip for me is a super it's tasty terpy. Yes. And it's a high high. Same thing with the scissor hash. You must be a wet trimmer because you don't get very good hash from <laughs> dry trimming. Uh, the good stuff, in my opinion, is from a wet trim. That stuff you scrape off the wet. And that, that's a live trim, you know, that's a live, a live charas, you know, that's a live trichome. And it's a, and that's, that's a heady, heady buzz too. So they're yeah. kind of real similar with each other. Uh, well, for me, the bubble hash, when you take it the other way, the bubble hash, now, it's a little less turnful, but it's more of a full body high. Now that's, you're not... You know, it's just a bubble. You're not up and running around. You know, it's more. Uh, ooh, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. You know, it's, it's more high for sure. Yeah, I, I I enjoy it all. The hash, I enjoy it all. 
really. Um, but yeah, it's the, the bubble hash isn't as terpy and I really like the terpy stuff. The other thing is, um, you know, being where I'm at, I'm still, I'm like an hour away from my kids. So, you know, I'm again, traveling back and forth and right now being off of work. So I'm kind of running out that way and picking them up after school. And matter of fact, I'm probably not even going to go to bed tonight because my oldest daughter has got some sort of electronics day where they can bring, they're allowed to bring an iPad or something like that. And unfortunately the way the ex and I are, you know, I, I don't want to be airing out dirty laundry, but just for the story's sake, you know, I, I kind of have to keep any electronics here. Um, I have, she's got like the Kindle fire, which is through Amazon, but it's my account, you know, so she could get in there and get on my account. It's just, I don't want any fucking problems. So I keep my stuff here and she keeps her stuff there. Well, my, my daughter wants to bring this iPad to school. So I didn't want her to have it at her house. Cause she, I had let her bring it there, but her mother had a problem with it again. She had it and she was on it and she didn't want her on it when she was on it. And you're causing, you know, she was actually using it as an excuse because I, I was creating a problem for her now by letting our daughter use this iPad and bring it to her house, you know? So that's where it's like, okay, then it stays here forever. And that's it. It doesn't go home. So anyway, she wants this thing to use at school. She doesn't want to be the probably only kid that comes to school without an iPad. So I got to leave here in another five hours and shoot out there and, uh, meet her at her bus stop and I'll give her her iPad. So she goes to school with it. But listen, man, I lost a daughter. So, you know, you know how it is. You have a daughter. So or daughters, you'll do anything for her. And, you know, if you lose a kid, man, let me tell you, you really do anything for her, you know, cause I, I had it happen. That. So, yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, it's, pain. I'm look, man, you know, it could be, looked at as a negative and i you know some people look at me and they're like oh my god you lost a daughter like you know and uh, people look at you like you don't know what to think because it's an awkward you know it's like well how are you supposed to feel for this guy you know like you don't know especially if it didn't happen to you but look man i don't want anybody ever feel sorry for me i've got something a lot of people don't have i've got a real guardian angel i know i made her you know so I got that going for me, which is nice. <laughs> if I can quote Caddyshack. <laughs> Let's see you say positive about it. You got a choice, to... Eagle. You got a choice, Eagle. It's, uh, you know, you could be positive or you're going to be negative, man. I tried negative for a minute. It's not a good thing. Don't look good at me. So, seriously, I I feel for you, brother. I really, really do. I can't. I can't even. Yeah, we don't even think about that shit as parents. Try not to think about that shit. No. I I almost lost one point. Uh, What? Almost two years. No, maybe pushing three but about maybe two years ago now out of fucking uh uh car accident 
and it was oh man one of the longest days of my life i was so glad at the end of it it, it was the way it was but man i had just kind of fell out and, uh, maybe two hours sleep got a call phone rings your daughter alexis has just been in an accident and she's across the state she's been thrown from a vehicle that overturned at 100 miles an hour she was ejected her and her friend wow yeah and so we get up and man it was like disbelief they wouldn't tell us anything the the lady actually had found her phone and it was the lady that pulled over and she was with her at the time and it was oh we didn't know what to expect and we had to drive it was an hour and a half from where we were from home she was that far and the whole time we were driving we are it's the worst we don't know what's going on we know she's been ejected we don't know they so we're almost to her and as we get off the exit to where she was they tell us they're too bad we can't treat them here we had to fly them over to emmett university of michigan Michigan Hospital, which was another hour away so i had yeah the time i had made it there uh yeah, we were completely expecting a whole lot worse. Both girls were terribly beat up. Both had both survived. But, and we were lucky. And scared. I can't imagine. You know, what went through my head that day, that morning, I through the travel. Man, oh, I, I thought it was like, man, I thought that was the end. As badly beat up and bruised as she was, I was thankful, so thankful that I could still hold her. Oh. So I, I know I, I can't imagine. I can't. I seriously can't imagine. So Honestly, I'll be know that feeling. I'll be honest with you, man. I can't. I, you know, I, I, I get where you're coming from too. But what you just said is, uh, this is another one of those fears that I have. You know, it's, you know, I got two of them still and they haven't got to that point, you know, and that, that is the one thing is the, the car thing, you know, like you just said. And to me, it's like, I don't want to go through that fucking hour of not knowing. So, I mean, when we lost our daughter, it wasn't like we didn't know this wasn't like the baby came out and there was something happened. You know, she didn't pass like that. She had a situation called trisomy 18 and there's different levels to it. Basically the level she was at, she was probably, she was never going to make it. No kids make it anyways. I believe there's only one case of one child having only one symptom out of the 18 symptoms. And it was the mildest thing. And he only lived to be five. He is the only known case. So you don't make it through this. It's actually a, it's a gene, uh, a chromosomal error. So trisomy, uh, what is it? Trisomy 13 is uh, Down syndrome is trisomy 13. So it's basically Down syndrome is a trisomy, okay? Um, 
but what we had, she was never going to make it. So we kind of knew, you know, but you, still, you know, it's going to happen. Went to term and, and yeah. So, but now with my kids, you know, the two girls and like you said, man, I don't want that phone call. Cause I was actually, you know, talking to my daughters cause I have you know, the ones she's 10 and a half now and the other one's eight and a half. And, uh, you know, 10 and a half, man, we're closing in on teenage years. And then, you know, it's only a few short years later and they got the driver's license. Right. Or even before then, because they're going to have some friends that are a year older. Right. And they got the license. So now they're in the car. You know, I don't want that phone call, dude, because that one hour. I couldn't imagine that, you know, just like you can't imagine my I can't even imagine that. I don't want it because. Yeah. <laughs> I hope if I, if everything should happen like that, I hope I got some of the dankest fucking weed with me because I'm going to probably need a whole lot of it. It, it, it was nothing short of a miracle that they survived. The, the, when I made it to that hospital, finally, the state trooper that was there told me the story in tears. He said, I see this all the time, but I've never seen it. People live through this. Yeah. He said, I want you to understand what, what transpired today was a miracle. He said, any other time, occupants would have been dead. He said that, well, he said both girls were launched into the tree line on the highway. They fell asleep. Both of them fell asleep. The driver woke up and overcorrected. Rolled the car. Lexi wasn't wearing a seatbelt and was ejected. Both girls were actually ejected and thrown into the tree line and landed close to each other, just missing a tree. Just missing a tree. Laying side yeah. by side next to a tree. The car rolled at them, hit the tree, and they were laying at, like on this side of the tree, so the car was rolling at them. The car right. bounced up, hit the tree, and instead of coming down and crushing them, like he said, 90% of what would have happened, the car was flung back just enough to miss them and was just south of where they were laying. Shit. No yeah. shit. Dude, oh, man. Yeah, that's... Fuck. Yeah, you had... Uh... It, this, never play, this never plays out like so there you go. Lexi's got to start searching. Like I have to start searching for what reason are we here? I've escaped a few of those in motorcycle accidents. I can tell you snowmobile accidents where, yeah, I should have been dead a few times, man. Um, fuck, I got knocked off the uh, scaffold. I was 18 years old. I was working for bricklayers. And we had these scaffolds that would jack up. And they were like these big towers and they'd have all the planks going across. So once we got all the way up to the top, 30 feet up or whatever, we'd pull the planks and separate them and then break it down and it'd be two by two. And then you'd have a guy on one side and the other side and you crank it and the thing would come down. So, but when you separate those boards, those boards are hanging off this far, you know? So if you step on it, the board's coming up, you're going down. So I was on my hands and knees and I was, 
just sep- I just separated them. I just pushed the other plank off the other one so we could drop the thing down. And when I did that, the guy came around the forklift and hit the entire structure, which made it sway like that. And when it swayed, I put my weight on that board and, I, and that rest of the board went up. I went down 30 feet and I landed into a pile of bricks and got up and walked mm. away from that. You know, and I had a little cut on my shoulder and that's that's some luck. Right? You know, is it luck though, or is it is there you know, that's where again, like you said, it's like ah, you're gotta be here for a reason. That's why I look at it it's like maybe I'm here for a reason. So, you know. But man, that that is an amazing story that she and her friends and they're all okay though, like no one got killed or anything. No, they both had some chip bones, some very a lot of traumas. Lexi suffered more damage in the long run than the initial. She actually, uh, she had a lot of injuries. The the PTSD will form up was crazy, crazy. I never even knew it could be that bad. Yeah, she had giant hematomas that were had to be removed because I, I mean she literally had blood clots in her stomach that were fucking almost the size of a watermelon and she had one behind her her leg that swelled up to about the size of a watermelon and wouldn't it got so bad they had to go in there and actually vacuum out all the clots and oh my god how old was she yeah. when this happened? 20? Well, no, oh. 19. 19. Oh, man. Yeah, that would that would definitely fuck with your head, man. Shit. I'm sorry. It's the that well, it's that's I've I've told the story a few times on that show, but they cannabis, it's another reason why I owe cannabis a lot, you know. And it will. Hey, that story, you know, to be continued, kind of, if she had troubles with that PTSD and uh, they gave her an irresponsible 19-year-old liquid, liquid, because she, she can't take pills, was like liquid value and this and that, and it was, we almost nearly lost her to that kind of mess, and again, and, uh, wasn't if it wouldn't have been for like reaching out and she didn't want that message anymore and again like we were talking about the odds and offs I don't you you can't tell uh, you know a, a 19 year old that's struggling with a lot of problems and then you know this medicine fucking with their heads I ain't taking it anymore well you can't quit the cold turkey you know what I mean and uh, it was brutal. It was the ups and downs were brutal, and she didn't want it. We didn't want her on it, but there was it ultimately it led us led her to CBD was was the savior. To be honest with you, that's the honest God truth, man. And she was, I ended up calling a friend downstate, my friend JC in Green Culture. Thank you, JC. Uh, told him the story, and he immediately, you know, hey, 
hooked me up with CBD, all kinds of stuff. That's awesome. Edibles. And uh, yeah, they, they were the turning point. They were the turning point in that story. And that's awesome. See, that's what I'm talking about. Transport. I mean, in cars, you know, that's one just mold, getting her morale after that was tough. And, you know, that's just having that CBD pen that she could, you know, puff on. You know, she, there was a lot of rides she toughed out. You could see she was very uncomfortable, no radio. No one couldn't listen on radio, just talking with rides and puffing on that pen. But day by day, she got stronger. You know, and I, I don't think we'd be where we are at now if, you know, if we would have psychotropic drugs would still be in the in the menu today. I owe a lot to cannabis, so much to cannabis. I really do. I'll, so. I'll tell you what, man. That's a that's a that's a great story. That story needs to be heard, man. Really. She should put that story out there. You put it out there somewhere. Get it out there and get it, get it out, shoved out into the mainstream, man. It's got to because that's these are the stories that need to be. You know, look, I could sit here and tell you, um, you know, I'm I'm smoking and I'm telling the truth. But I mean, I could be lying to you, too. I could. Oh, yeah, I got this and that. But really, I just love getting stoned because I like laying around doing shit all day. Or I'm just the typical dude that wants to get messed up just to be messed up. Right it's it's not it's we're using this but the people who don't get it and who are old school i mean look i'm staying with my mom right now i'm in, you know so i'm growing out of tents otherwise i'd be in a house and i'd be growing out of a room maybe i don't know but i'm set up temporarily she's allowing me to do it here but she's not for this stuff really she's she's not like crazy against it but we have uh, her best friend from shit. She's, I'm not going to tell her how old she's older than me, obviously. So. But her best friend's daughter, uh, she's an OR nurse, registered nurse against cigarettes. She didn't believe in marijuana, you know, all the CBD and stuff like that. She's a, she's a, a nurse at a hospital with using medicines. And uh, she got diagnosed with cancer last year. So her husband came over and saw what I was doing and I showed him kind of what I was doing. He didn't want her to know because he didn't, he doesn't, wasn't using at all at this time last year. He wasn't a user. Um, he was a pro bodybuilder at one point. So he's all about eating healthy, no smoking, anything. You know, you're putting anything in your lungs is bad, right? So he, but he came over because he wanted to learn how to, how to do this because he was thinking that maybe getting her to do it because he heard about so many people having success using, right? And he knows also with the bills that they're getting, you know, that they're not going to be able to sustain buying, you know, because the cannabis isn't going to be, you know, through your insurance. You're going to pay for that out of your pocket, right? So in the prices here, I don't know what they are in Michigan, but if you're just a rec user, for an eighth, you're talking almost a hundred bucks. You're just shy by a few dollars, you know? So, and it's, you know, stuff's dry. It's crap. But, uh, so yeah, he came over, he learned how to do it. 
And uh, yeah, now they're growing and she started using and her mom uh, is, she feels better. You know, she's, uh, she has to do the chemo, you know, she has to do some of these things because, you know, of, of how bad it is. And she's young, you know, she's only uh, shit 38, I think. Uh, you know, little kids, she's got a seven, eight year old. Her youngest is eight. So, yeah, she's using it as helping. And uh, so my mom is kind of, I'm trying to get her there, believe me, because right now she, I know she could use it, man, because what she's going through, I hear her at night walking around upstairs. I mean, I'm in the garden through the night now because since I'm not working, I'm like on a night shift, you know. I'm waking up at noon. I'm going to work at 4 p.m. in there. Or I'm always got something to do, you know. And uh, I Tell hear her. her. Hey, Ma, I hear you up there. You could be tending to the plants. Get in the garden. Water them or something. <laughs> hey, Please help me out here. <laughs> hey, Eagle, I had her trimming, bro. I actually had her trimming because when my dad was in the hospital, it was a rough time. And I, I had just harvested uh, three plants. Cause you know, we only got five things going. So I was doing three and two. And so I had three plants to harvest. I'm like, man, this sucks. I need help, you know? And, uh, I'm like, nah, you ain't doing nothing. I go, come on, help me. Just let me show you how to do this. I go, cause my mom's look, my mom worked at a nursery. She's always had plants. I got my green thumb from her. She could grow anything with just water. I don't know how she could just water things. And it just stays green. It's like she's got the nutrients in her and it just goes into the water. I don't know, but it's weird like that. And uh, so I'm like, you, you could do this. I mean, she's cloned her own flowers, you know, back in the day. She's like, we just used aloe. That's all, you know, just you cut it, you put it in the aloe, you put it in here and then it grows. Put it right in the dirt, you know. So, Yeah. I, I got her trimming, man. Actually got a picture of her from the back doing it. I said, we got we to gotta get a picture of this guy. Because I was telling her, I said, well, when dad comes out, I got to show him this because he's going to freak out that you're doing this. Because he wasn't for it either, but they saw that it was saving me money, a lot of money, which I needed because I got child support payments. And believe me, in Illinois, yeah, they like to nail you to the wall. <laughs> I don't mind doing it. I love my kids. You know, that's what I have to do. That's what I have to do. Um, but yeah, so he saw that. Look, he's happier. He's saving money. To me, saving money is making money. So give us the 25, 30 bucks a month or whatever it costs to run your equipment, and we're all good. Keep the smell down. You know, so I got big jugs of Ona. I've got filter. Matter of fact, I got to get a scrubber, a big can, I think, and just scrub that air because it's I got some. I got some dang shit going on now. This this isn't the bag seed stuff. This isn't the cheaper, you know, like, you know, those those seed banks where there are no breeders, but they have every strain available, you know, that kind of shit. It's not quite the dankest of stuff. It doesn't stink as bad. But now I'm growing that. Dude, that Slippery Susan, my mom was dying. She was like, 
you got to do something about this. The lady at the store smelled me and she thinks that I did marijuana because she asked me if I was a medical user. <laughs> I'm like, my mom smells like the dank, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I ran out and got some Ona, man. I'm spreading this shit all around the house and I'm running around like a priest in the thing, you know, fucking swinging the incense around and yeah, so <laughs> so odor control the problem. Making friends already. That's what I would have said. Cannabis oh, my... making your friends already. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got the one neighbor, like I said, she's 80 something. I don't think she would know or even cares. And my other neighbor, he's a young dude, and uh he's a he's a partaker, not constant. He likes his booze more so, but he does puff every once in a while. So we talk, I go over here whenever I get a harvest and I hook them up and everybody's happy, 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 you know? So that's how we roll. That's awesome. Man. I, I do think everybody should grow. I mean, everybody should grow. I think I, I said it earlier too. I really think that's the, that's the benefit of growing right there. I mean, there's education in uh, growing, you know. I think it, it honestly, as it remediates shit out of the soil, I I believe it remediates the shitty shit out of us. As you grow it, I I believe it it cleans it, you know. So levels up, you level up a little bit as you grow right. the plant. You know, you really do. You know, it, it, it there's certain cycles, but just when you start, I mean, the whole from the time you start your enthusiasm talking with other people about it if nowadays couldn't back then but you know talking to other people about it like we are now man i i can feel the oxytocin flowing through me the love for the plant just now you know popping just talking about it so you know you got that good feeling of clearing your anxiety every day when you go into the garden you know and then there's that especially if you're in a bad way or, you know, sick or just in a bad way, just that can do of, you know, I did this, you know, at the end of the day, I created my own medicine, my own medicine. And that statement right there is very powerful. You know, that can do, I mean, it does. That's a, that's, that's a level up again. That's another level up. What else can I do? You know, I'm capable of this. I got to grow going. What else can I do? And it just tends to steamroll after that, you know. And I really believe the medical aspect is greater with can cultivating than the plant or at least equal to consumption, oh, yeah. to be honest with you. <laughs> and I agree. Very I, therapeutical all the way around. It's a miracle plant. It really is. Right. And I'll be honest with you, just growing it yourself. Now, you know what's in it, because I, I was about five or six years ago. Um, I wasn't growing, you know, so we had a guy that we were getting our stuff through and it was always pretty good. But at this time, this was when I was in the band situation. Right. So we are all getting the same stuff. And. Uh, so one particular night after band practice, our one guy he got sick, like really sick, you know? And uh, 
it, it was like the guy was like turning colors and we unfortunately he was a user so we thought well did he use something now we don't know what he did you know was, don't want to be judgmental but you know it happens right so that was it that was the end of it so then the following week later another band practice i got sick to the point to where i was on his bathroom floor doubled up like cold sweat i didn't know what i thought i was dying i didn't know what it was i ended up sitting there for a couple hours and finally got enough strength to, to get home like to get in my car and get home and still felt shitty like the next day and then the next day uh this girl that i was dating she got really sick and then it was two days later another guy got sick and then i'm like like look man we're all smoking that there's got to be something in it. Something happened. It's either mold or who knows what. But there's something in there. Something happened. And it, it's a bad situation, you know. And at that point, that's when I was really like, man, I got to do something. This is, I'm not going to die because someone else didn't do something the correct way or decided that, you know, well, that that's okay. That or cut some mold out or whatever, and say, ah, that's enough. That's good enough, you know. And the, I mean, me, I see the mold. Fuck it, the whole plant's gone, dude. I'm not washing it. I don't even give a shit. I don't want anything to do with spores. All right, working in the trades, knowing what I know about mold, bad news, man. I don't fuck with that stuff. That stuff, man, is like fucking with a loaded forty-five, you know with no trigger guard. So yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm all for everyone's got it. And, and the, the worst thing that happens to you is you got to start growing vegetables, man. Cause you can only do so much with the plant. You know, I, I know beginners when you start out, man, you want to get in there and start stretch. You know, I see these guys where they got the little plant and they're nailing the the whole thing down and flattening it all out and doing all this crazy shit. And that's cool. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, dude. Experiment, man. That's the spice of life. You may like doing it that way. It's just, you know, some people like to tinker, man. I know guys that buy a brand new car and the first thing they're doing is taking the fucking engine apart. Like, what, what are you doing? Oh, you know, I got to fix something here. It's like, oh man, you know, but that's how it is. And that's cool. I'm not judging anything. I'm, you know, it's not my way, but my way ain't everybody's way. Your way is different. And dude, I like vanilla. You like chocolate. And you happy? That's what counts to me. If you're happy, I'm happy. We're all going to be happy. So yeah, do it up. But yeah, this plant though, right? I love it. <laughs> Sorry. I go off on my tangent sometimes. Oh, no, you're exactly right, man. The plant the culture. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm, uh, I I made that statement years ago, and uh, I haven't looked back. Yeah, with it. I want to get in. I definitely would like to get in my, involved in this somehow. If I can make a living doing this, like I said, um, my ultimate goal is to to get some sort of piece of property, a couple of acres where I can have some sort of a little nursery and sell it. I've always liked the nurseries. Like I said, my mom was a green thumb. My mom worked at a nursery out here for four or five years. When the economy kind of went to dumps, my dad, he has his own business and stuff like that, but he's getting older and the economy took a turn and 
business slowed down too. And, you know, it wasn't humping like it was and they needed a little extra stuff. So my mom wanted to get out of the house too. She was sick of sitting around. And I think because my dad was somewhat retired and he was always there, you know, they were kind of at each other all the time then. So they weren't used to being around each other, you know, 24 seven. So she's like, I'm going to get a job at a nursery. So <clears throat> that was like about 10 years ago or whatever. She worked there for about five or six years. So I, I would go out there all the time just to hang out in the nursery. I still do that today. I'll just pull over. If I see a cool nursery or something, I'll just pull over and just go in there, man. And go hang out with the plants for a minute, you know, not necessarily to buy anything, but just just to be in that environment where you got all these brand new baby plants all growing. And it's like being in a baby nursery, you know, you ever go into, you know, into the brand new baby ward where all the brand new babies are and everybody's just dude, that vibe up there in that room is fucking amazing. Right. You know, it's just full of life and happiness and joy and. So it's the whole vibe I mean, thing. I may tread through there these days, maybe visit a friend's baby or something like that. But no, no, that shit's contagious. <laughs> <laughs> that baby shit rubbed right off on you, dude. I yeah. <laughs> you have way too many you hang out over there, man. <laughs> No, I'll, 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 yeah, but I mean, I hang out there and I'll go to the nurseries, man. I was hanging out by my mom. Oh, I, I'm actually it. serious about that shit, man. You pass that shit around just like a cold. Think about it. I, when somebody you know gets pregnant, how long is it before you're like, oh, they're pregnant too? Oh, it's over there? Wow, it popped over there. <laughs> it's, I, yeah, it's actually, catchy. yeah. So when we had our, our first child, there were two other couples that were, I guess we didn't know, you know, they were trying to have a kid, but you know, it's not something you advertise. So you blow up the sign up front. Hey, we're, ever, we're over here trying to make a kid. Check it out. You know, but yeah, we had, we had ours and um, we come to find out that these other two couples, you know, we start talking and then they start saying, yeah, well, we've been trying and we've been unsuccessful and they're on these medications to try and get them pregnant and all this stuff and doing all these tests and crazy shit. But as soon as we had ours and they were telling us about it, it was like a six, eight months later, this one was pregnant. Three, four months later, the other one's pregnant, you know. So now everyone was having kids all at the same time, you know. So, yeah, it is contagious like that, man. Once one pops up, they all of a sudden start popping up everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we get the home grows going like that. That'd be awesome. It needs to happen. We need everybody to fucking actually stick some seeds in the dirt. Before, I, I think before Brett goes across the board, too. Because I think more regards we get going at that point, it's going to be harder to take away. They can't put, put the cat back in the bag these days. But the first thing that's going to happen when Brett goes is they're going to try to take away the grow. And unless, yeah. you know, just and just like it went across the numbers, it's gonna take numbers of growers to be like, hey, we supply our own shit. We can put up with it. You know what I mean? And that takes everybody growing. You know, I, I again, it's they, a rewarding experience. Why not? 
are, are they trying to do that to you guys out in Michigan? Because I, I seen over there, cause I follow some guy who's over here in, in Clio where they hold the cup. And I saw buddy. that they're trying. What's that? Buddy. Right. Cloud I, cultivation I, I, is who you're talking yes, about. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I signed some petition. I mean, I don't live in Michigan, but I signed it anyways. You know, well, what the hell? Why not? Right. But yeah, it's terrible. Right. So I see them doing that ball here in Illinois. I can tell you what they're doing. Um, the big canna, they're lobbying uh, for us to reduce our uh, the, the number of plants we can have from five to I don't know what they're they're looking at trying to get us down to. To me, five is still not even enough. I can't even do, how am I going to do some sort of special breeding project? And I'm not breeding to sell seeds. I'm not looking to get into that business. I'm doing it for me. I want to make stuff for me. And if it's awesome and it works, I'm pass it out. I pass out stuff now that I pay for, you know, but if I'm making my own stuff, how awesome is that? You know, that's my gig. I like to just make my own stuff and it look, if it works for someone else, you know, and if I can make a few dollars on it, someone's willing to pay or wants it, and I could just live a, a just a comfortable life. I don't need to be driving a Lamborghini. I don't need to be going, you know, on two month vacations to Saudi Arabia. I don't need that shit. But yeah, I see what they're doing. They're, they're I think I posted on my page on IG about it that they uh, give an explanation of why they are trying to reduce the limit and it's, it's to help keep um, untested marijuana from entering the commercial market. Oh, it well, doesn't how, the testing in itself do that? How is my weed going to hit the dispensaries? First off, you know, I, I mean, they got to account for that. That stuff's got to be tagged. They have to have paperwork. They're not going to sell my weed. So how does it enter the commercial market? It never does. You know, this is just them being scared that they're not going to be able to get the money back to their investors, the billions of dollars that they're dropping, right? So they got to figure out a way to cut us off because look, they know they're watching this show right fucking now going, see, look at these two guys talking right here about you know, they're giving fucking weed away. They're, uh, this guy's giving his neighbor who should be going to the dispensary, you know, okay, if the guy's not a big smoker, we're nailing him once a month for the hundred bucks, right? hundred bucks a month, that's 1,200 a year, 1,200 times. Look, man, and you get a thousand guys like that, that adds up, right? So everything adds up. They're looking to, to make as much money as they possibly can and keep us from growing they want us all at that dispensary man oh that, that would honestly just be a life achievement right there if i actually knew there was like some a couple cats in a boardroom doing that honestly like you said it's you see these two cats right here they just gotta throw on a fucking monkey wrench in our system that if those words ever pass through you know somebody like that i'd be like yes they are. Trust me. I'm telling you, my man, I, I've been around some big business. My dad, like I said, owned his own company. I've been around a lot of people who, who own 
I mean, if I was to start rattling off these companies, you would know exactly who I'm talking about. And I know for a fact you're using some of their products today. And I know the owners of these companies. I'm not talking the presidents. I'm not talking CEOs. I'm talking about the guy who owns the companies. These are billionaires, you know, that my dad got, you know, through his business was, was involved with these guys, you know. So, um, yeah, they are, uh, <coughs> they like their money, man. And if they're involved, they're going to do whatever they can to make sure that they get their money and they don't want you. And so what they watch everything, everything matters. That's how they got to where they are, you know, and it's everything's getting tighter and tighter. You know, you can't make the money the way you used to. Everything's becoming specialized. I don't know if you know, if you look around and pay attention, but you know, before you have a mechanic and he did everything, he had a bad muffler or whatever you went to the mechanic you need an oil change you went to the mechanic today you need an oil change you go to the oil change place you need a muffler you go to the muffler place now they got tired of the brake place now you go to this place with tires and brakes where your mechanic did that so now everything is getting specialized they're breaking everything down to create more jobs because obviously our population is rising so now you have to create more you got more things, more things need to be fixed. Now we specialize, we break it up because not everybody could be a mechanic. This way we could, we could train someone who can't do all these things, who isn't totally mechanically inclined. We could teach them how to do one specific thing, change oil. It's just this, this movement and that. After repetition, no matter how fumbly you are with your hands, eventually over repetition, you're going to get good at it and be able to do it. So that's all we need you to do is that one thing, boom. And now we got a job for more people. So is it a bad thing or a good thing? I don't know. You know, right now, I guess it's a good thing because we need to create jobs for people, right? We got more people, we need more jobs. But I think we could also do it this it way. It must be an Illinois thing. Because everywhere I go here in Michigan, seriously, there's stores waiting to be open here that fucking can't find people to work. Oh, no, Everywhere no. Everywhere I go, I can't find people to work. Can't find people to work. I mean, there is definitely jobs out there for people. Who oh, I'm not saying now. Oh, yeah, God. no, I'm not saying now. And But then again, if you look at a lot of those jobs, because, oh, yeah, we have lots of jobs, but the jobs I'm, I'm seeing that are around are like, the waitressing and bartending jobs, restaurant jobs, all those places. I see they all have, you know, help wanted signs out there, but a lot of those people don't want those jobs now because they're afraid. Like, you know, they're, they're like looking at like, well, at one time, look, I mean, I know waiters downtown Chicago that these guys are bringing down, you know, two to three grand a week in tips, man, working at some of these high end steakhouses, right? Well, let me tell you, you're working that job and got COVID-19 came along and wiped you out. Those restaurants today are still, some of them aren't open, you know? So now you went from making three to, let's say two grand a week, right? Now you're making zero. And, you know, the way our, our unemployment was is that they were having a hard time even getting unemployment because, you know, they're claiming they're, they're, you're almost like your own entity. You're your own business. And they weren't just given, you know, they didn't want to give them that money. 
the unemployment money. So yeah, it was, it's hard. So those people now are, you know, I have a friend who did that and now he's in the trades, you know, cause he's like, screw it, man. I'm not going to do this job anymore. If COVID comes again, what I'm going to sit home for another, I can't sit home for years at a time. So, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It, I think, and moreover, though, I think I've noticed a, a better workforce, to be honest with you. Oh, all yeah. Oh, I agree. More things get done. People that are there are happier to be there. The quality of work being done is, I think, a lot better, especially in uh, like stores. I think, you know, our customer service has went up. You know, just the way people, you know, deal with you at the stores are a lot better these days. You know, yeah, I, a year and a half ago, there'd be too many people. The one standing at the end of every uh, end cap, you know, snotty, you know, you know, they had to be there. Oh, I'm overworked. Now the people are like, can I help you? Yeah, it's right over there. Somewhat, some compassion in the, the job. These days. Little empathy. Why not? Yeah. Well, empathy goes a long way too, you know, um, just being empathetic for people and their situations. But yeah, I think this COVID thing woke up a lot of people. I mean, I understand, you know, for me, this didn't affect me one bit other than the fact that my father, that affected me, obviously. But I mean, as far as affecting my life, I didn't, uh, I worked through this. Like they didn't shut my job down. I think maybe one day. It was shut down, but actually, no, no, it wasn't shut down for COVID. That was the, the riots or whatever they had down there. Um, so, yeah, my life wasn't really affected in, in a way, I think, because, you know, I lost, I didn't have, I went through all that not working, working, not working, working. And then, then I was off for four years straight. So that kind of, I got through all that and I learned how to, to make moves and, you know, hustle. I learned how to hustle. Okay. Plain and simple, good old hustling. And I guess by going through all that with this happening now, I've been hustling ever since. So I learned how to do it. These people are this is the first time this happened to them. So I'm totally empathetic with these people, you know, getting hammered, you know, by, uh, this COVID thing and not working. And, you know, look, like they said, uh, I don't know what the percentage is. It's fairly high that we're stretched economic or uh, financially in our households. You know, a lot of us are living on credit, right? Overextended. You got enough in the bank. Maybe you're living, you know, paycheck to paycheck. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, and let's say you're making, you know, 80, 90 grand a year, and you get knocked out of work for even two, three, four or five months, you're decimated at that point. You know, you're in chapter 13, whatever, and you're possibly going to lose everything. And then what, you know? So now they're in this state of, you know, panic and depression sets in and you just kind of, it's hard to move when you're depressed, man. You get that, well, what, why bother attitude, you know? 
everything sucks. It's never going to change. I'll just sit here and rot. I guess you could do that, but, you know. But like you said, you know, with the opportunity opened up, these people got an opportunity to get back to work. Maybe they get a, a job at a different place that they'd like better too, you know, at the same point. Sometimes I think some of these people sitting at home, they might have done a little soul searching. You had time now. You figure it out, right? Maybe they went to the dispensary and hopefully they picked up a bag and said, fuck it, man, I'm going to relive my youth a little bit. I'll go try this shit. It's, it's legal. Went home, smoked it, and had fucking epiphany like I did at one point in my life. Go, yeah, this is that life. It has been a golden, golden age for cannabis last year. I mean, here in Michigan, they told us, you know, they told us at one point, you know, stay home and smoke pot. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's essential. It's good for you. I was like, what? At that point, I was like, man, there is definitely a few good things coming out of COVID. I'll tell you, I, I may be moving out there. I've, I've been uh, looking looking that way, too. I know it'd be farther away from my kids, but quite frankly, I've made the trip many times out to my buddies. He's out near Kalamazoo. And I could make it from Kalamazoo over to uh, Chicago. I could get there and I don't want to tell you exactly, but <laughs> It'd be just a little bit over an hour. Let's put it that way, you know. So that that puts me right at my kid's house around the same amount of time, which is funny. But I used to leave. I used to leave work sometimes on Fridays and shoot out there, and it's a Some longer distance. Huh? Some good people in Kalamazoo. Oh yeah, I like it out there, yeah, man. Kazoo and Kazoo. You got kazoo, yeah. Kelly. Oh, kazoo. Is that where he's at? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. So I, man, I love it. And uh, yeah, I, I've made that trip quite a few times, but it's funny because I could make it there. And I believe it's, I don't know how exactly how many more miles it is than it is for, to me to get to Rockford. But I know it's a lot less to go to Rockford miles wise. It's only 98 miles from uh, my job site to my doorstep. And I believe it's like a hundred and something miles to Cal by Kalamazoo there. And I make it after work going, I get in Kalamazoo the same time I get to Rockford just because of the traffic. So weird. Well, I but, know what uh, you're talking about. I mean, like where I was at downstate before I moved up here, I lived uh, by Clyde, not far from Clyde. Which are just west, a little south, but not far. I'm I'm from that area originally. <laughs> you know, born and raised out through it. I know that area quite well. But it was the same thing for me. If I went south down 75, total headache, hour and a half ain't getting me far going south. And that's a headache of a drive. You could go. Like west to the west side of the state, take 69 west. Man, what a beautiful, you know, peaceful drive. People all courteous. I love going west, man. But yeah, that same mile, miles the other way. What a headache. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, I'm actually that's why I, I'm 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 done with cities, suburbs. I don't want neighbors. Not that I have a problem with it. I just don't want to have any problems. 
You know, I'm just want to eliminate all problems. Plus to actually do what I want to do with my life at the end here, because I'm looking at it as I'm in the fourth quarter. You know, I, I kind of look at life as I've, I, I read something one day. It's guys like, well, how many here? Let's put life in perspective. How many more summers do you think you have left? You start counting, you know, I'm 53. And if I live to be 70, something, it's like, oh, man, that's not a lot of summers. You know, it's like we're whittling down here. 10, 20 summers. I don't know. 20 years. I'm 73. Let's say I go 30 years. So I got 30 summers. I mean, it's a lot. But when you're really thinking about it, it's like, well, it's really not a lot, man. Because as you get older, you know, let's you know, five years Eagle. Right. I mean, that's like, that's not that long ago, but when you're a kid, five years, like, fuck this five years is forever, man. You know? Yeah. It, it's sobering. It's sobering. You ever listen to Jim Rohn? Ever, no. ever curious. No. Jim Rohn. Uh, great speaker. Great mentor. One, <laughs> one of my mentors. Yeah. I actually told myself this morning because uh, we were talking last night uh, about Smiley. Smiley, get old Smiley. I got much respect for Smiley. I like Smiley. He's awesome. I like his garden, too. We were talking about uh, news and stuff, and he kind of looked at me when I said, I don't want to watch it. I tried to avoid it. He was like, well, ignorance is bliss. He was kind of being a smart ass about it, but it is what it is. You know, I get it. I get what he's saying. I get what he's saying. But in the same aspect, uh, I was going to send him a little video bit from Jim Rome. Like, really, uh, again, he, well, he, he says, you know, you got to defend, uh, what it, how does he say it? The metal for your metal fortress. You've always got to stand guard at the metal fortress and what you choose to let into your head, into your space, into your valuable, you know, that's that's you. That's your, you know, comfortable space. You don't want anybody to invade your space with some bullshit and set your 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 one area that you can call yours and on fire or something. You gotta get it stand guard all at all times on what you choose to let in. But he sells it very eloquently. And I wanted to send send that clip to Smiley, you know, when he says, you know, ignorance is bliss. Well, it's not you know, ignorance is I'm choosing to what I let in to my mind. You know, I know it's out there. I know it's out there, but do I want it in and festering in my head all fucking day? No. Right. So I wanted to send that to him, but Jim Rohn also talks about, just like you're talking about, looking at, you know, the realization of how much time we have left. And if you go, like you're saying, if you go fishing every year, once a year with a buddy, you know what I mean? If you put the realization in that, you know, I'm 49, most people only lived at eight. That's 30, 30 trips left you have with your buddy, you know, that could be every day and you don't look at it like nothing. That's 30 days. But if it's once a year and that's, that's something different. You look at that number can fucking add silvering. <laughs> you start to cherish those 30. 
You know right. what I mean? It's all make them count. Luck. Make yeah, them count. Yeah. That's why I'd, I'd love to talk to Red Pill, man, and get this dude straightened out because I get where he's coming from, man. I totally get it. I was in that space too, many times, especially at his age. You know, I, I made a lot of stupid decisions based on, uh, you know, just, um, you know, look, I try not to put a lot of faith in people just because. I've been failed by people just time and time again. You know, I have a lot of people, Oh, I'll do this for you. I'll do that. And, you know, I'll take care of you. And let me tell you, man, when you're look, this, the whole thing, when I had to move out of my house, I ended up having to give up my condo at one point. I had to file for bankruptcy. That was one more thing added to the whole misery of uh, my uh, getting into the depression thing. But um, yeah, it's just uh I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> shit. Sorry, Eagle. I told you, man, I got a lot of shit going on in my brain. And all of a sudden I look at something. I'm like, squirrel. Where? You know? <laughs> well, fair enough. Everyone is, in chat's you know, got to be o'clock in the morning. Themselves. We're smoking a lot of weed. It's fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but life is very precious. You know, it is good it's, to slow down. Smell the coffee. Spend some time with your kids. You know, yeah, that's another thing, Stoney. When I had that real realization of, you know, hoarding knowledge and genetics and shit like that, I look back at my life at all those, like we're, like we're talking about right now. I did the same thing, Stoney. I would fucking work 12 hours a day. Never thought about it. If I had worked two hours on the road, I'd work two hours on the road, you know, back and forth each way. It's what had to be done. You want that shit? Bill's got to be paid. It's got to be done. But now I look back at that, honestly, I wish I would have fucking never did it. I wish I would have kind of hung by and stayed back with the bare minimum. Not necessarily the bare minimum, you know. You know, don't cheat yourself. Don't cheat anybody. But you know what? Again, lessons learned. I I not only wasn't there to pass on the knowledge that I acquired to my girls, but I gave them shit that they in the end didn't appreciate. You know, I thought I bought, you know, I this, that here, you know, this is what you wanted. But in the end, you know. It, it builds that whole, you know, you owe me this. It, and self-entitlement, kind of. I'm not saying my, that's my kids, my great kids, you know. But in general, you know, you don't appreciate those things. You know, I guarantee they would have appreciated the more time with me, the lessons, them life lessons. This is how you do that, you know, would have been more valuable now. Or, you know, I would. You know, I wish you can't. I can't. You looking back now, as we know that those thirty, you know what I mean, the thirty times we have left, you can't put. Now we look back, we can't. How much was that? How much is that that worth? That we can't right. go back and do that. You know what I mean? Was it worth that time and a half, that extra fucking hour? Not my mind. Not nope. my mind. I'd give nope. anything to go back and fucking, you know, not change things, but slow down, slow down a lot, you know, 
don't know. No, no, I, yeah, no, I totally get it. You know, you're right. And I'll tell you something too, man. What else kind of helped me in, in, again, my situation's way different than most people is that I was a stay-at-home dad. I raised my kids when they came home from the hospital. She went back to work. You know, she had a job. She's actually, she's an electrician like me, but because she's, and I'm not going to say she's a bad electrician. She's good. I'm better. I know way more than her. You know what I'm saying? I've been in it longer. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I can produce more for a company than she can, but because we live in this world where we need to have the minorities and, and stuff like that going on, which that's fine is what it is. She had a job. I didn't during the downtime, she got to work. And I, again, too, I was a residential guy. I worked mostly on homes, you know, about the whole market, obviously in 2008 or whatever, everything went down. I was on a job site that was slated to go for four years. It just started. They were selling homes like crazy. 2008 came closed. I was working. At noon, guy came in. That's it. I'm like, that's it. We're going home for the day. I'm like, oh yeah, half day. Cool, you know. No, nope. job site's closing. And that was it, right? So things get bad, and then you, you start looking at, you know, I'm sitting at home now with these kids, and I start thinking about, you know, all that stuff, you know, life, and looking at them, and just hanging out with them, and start thinking back about my childhood because so you do that you know you look at your kid and you're in a situation or something that triggers something that brings back your childhood memories you know I was just getting all these flashbacks when I was a kid of them you know they're doing things and I'm like oh I remember when I was a kid and I fell down and did this or whatever you know so you start thinking like a kid again and honestly I got to do something that most men don't get to do and it sucks because I think every man should at least raise one kid, stay home with them during their infantile years till they get to be like three or four at that point. Then they're kind of going to doing the school preschool thing, you know, so you're not, they're becoming more, you know, they're growing. So it's, you don't need to be like on them 24 seven taking care of them. But when you are there sitting at home with these babies and, they can't do anything and they can't move. It's, I don't know. It's, I was on the phone a lot with my mom because she had four of us. We, I only had two and I'm going, I don't know how the hell you did it with all of us, man, because shit, you're superwoman. Cause I'll be honest with you doing that stay at home mom thing. I, I work construction dude. And I mean, I know when I say electrician, people think just like wires. No man, I'm putting in big, heavy pipes, drilling holes through concrete, big holes with big machines, you know, we're working hard, bro, busting ass. And, uh, fuck, I couldn't wait to get back to doing that. Actually, when I got back in 2016 and, and I wasn't watching them anymore, I missed the shit out of them. I went through and I'll tell you what, I got some, uh, that PSTD from that because I started getting, uh, with a separation anxiety. I didn't know that was a thing. And I was just, freaking out man like the minute work was over man i was in my car i was doing a thousand miles an hour to get home to get some, you know pick them up and see them you know i'd stop on my way and i was I, I had to get to see them but yeah you know 
I couldn't wait though to get back to work and not be with them all day because fuck, I needed the break to go kick myself in the ass physically. So it's a weird thing, you know, you're sitting around a house with these kids, but it's, it's a tougher job. I'll say so kudos to all you women out there who, who rock that job because I know, and I've always gotten along better with women. You know, even when I first got into this, whole growing thing i found myself uh you know talking to the women i don't know what it is i get more um i don't know you know guys could be dude you know you get like the in a, if i'm not sitting in a room with you and i'm not picking up your vibe i don't know if i i don't know who you are online so you could be sweet talking my ear off and giving me some bullshit information because you don't want me to grow some nice dank right but women seem to be more willing to give you the stuff. And I just see some of the shit that some of these women are producing. And, and quite frankly, like loving in her eyes, man. I don't know if you ever see her stuff, but she posts every once in a while on Instagram. And I got, you know, I heard about her through the DGC with Scotty and them. Holy shit, man. All of her stuff looks like you just take it and throw it at a wall and it's going to stick and not come off, you know? <laughs> So, yeah, I look at stuff like that. So I ask questions to a lot of ladies. But then again, that's another. I hate doing it because I don't want anybody thinking like I'm going after women or something like that, because I am definitely in no position to be involved with a woman right now. I just don't have the time for that. I got my two little women right now that I'm taking care of. So I got time to do all that stuff. I did all that stuff while I was younger. You know, I'm not opposed to dating or anything like that, but. I mean, in no hurry to, to jump in on relationships. I've done the whole girlfriend thing again after I got out of my relationship. And it was more of the same old, same old, you know, So, not to have a negative thing against it, but I'm just doing my thing here. I got priorities. And right now, cannabis is my priority. And that's where I'm putting my attention, you know, and I'm trying to make it happen. And so apparently it is a little bit because you're talking to me and if you're talking to me, I must be doing something right. So, well, I, you are doing something right. It sounds like as a person and in the garden, my friend. So, I'm glad that I got to see the other side of the garden tonight. You know what I mean? It's been a yeah, good, good conversation. Man. I'm stoked. You know, I, that's to me. That's one of the been one of the great. Holy fuck, what was that? Did you see that shit? Yeah, what what happened? (laughs) This fucking clip come popping off the fucking table and fucking popped me in the fucking eye. Holy (gasps) shit. I saw you do that. I was like, what's this guy doing? Holy shit, you all right? Yeah. (laughs) All right, so now I'm going to laugh because we like to laugh at other people's injuries. As long as you... Wait, it's, are you all right? Oh, yeah, I'm all right. Ah, you know, it worked. That's how it always is. <laughs> all good. You didn't lose an eye. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, this it's would not be a good man. show. <laughs> depending. Depending. Who we are. So you want yeah, it? Some people are like. <laughs> Should we talk weed now? Because I know we haven't talked much weed. We've been talking about life and stuff, but I honestly, my, you know, my, 
life isn't just weed and everything is, you know, it's, um, it's just part of my everyday life. You know, it's incorporated into my everyday life. And, uh, but yeah, I like to talk growing and shit, especially with you, because I'm looking back there and in your garden every night. And I'm looking at that and I'm like trying to achieve the same stuff you do. You know, I think I started watching you a little bit last year. I, you know, last, I didn't really start watching these shows, honestly, until, uh, shit, probably around midsummer last year, just because I'm working, you know, I was getting up at two in the morning. Uh, I go to the gym, I come back, the lights were on. I get in the tents, I check all the girls and if I had to do some, I do some stuff or whatever. And, uh, I go to work and I'd come home, you know, depending some nights I pick up my kids, I wouldn't be getting home till 10 o'clock at night, you know, and, uh, lights are on again. And then I do my feedings. If I, I was running DWC, which made it a little easier. I didn't have to mix up nutrients every night. You know, I just mixed up my nudes, dropped them in the bucket and let them go, you know, and I just added to it as I needed throughout the week. So it was a little less maintenance that wise, that way wise. Um, but yeah, I've just, uh, it's a time thing, you know, and now I got the time. So I started listening and then I started well, what else is on YouTube? I didn't even know that you could do this stuff, you know? And so that led me to, you know, seeing like, uh, what was the other show I saw first? I think Embracing Organics. Then I seen your show. Actually, I saw your show. Um, the first time I think I saw it was the subcool thing. Because right at that particular time, I saw some stuff about him pop up on, on Instagram, you know, about the anniversary of his passing. And I was like, fuck, I remember that dude from, you know, from the forums and shit. So I, I started doing a little research on him and then you popped up, you know, and you had this uh, thing. I think you were talking with Miss Jill and somebody else on, a, on, on the show. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I watched the show, you know, I'm like, oh, this is cool because, you know, being a new grower, so I'm watching Embracing Organics. I'm like, I don't understand a fucking word that's going on here. So I kind of just stopped watching that, you know. And so I kind of stuck to the stuff that was more simpler and given to the beginners. You know, I seen like Mr. Grow It and Mr. Canuck Bros and all those guys too. Shout out to those guys. Hybro High, uh, Hydro Hybrid, I think was the other guy growing the big he's giant a, plants. He's an ass kicker, man. That dude, I don't. I don't grow DWC, but I watched him a lot back in the day when he was first on YouTube and when he was kicked off and then he did the pay channel and shit. That motherfucker, man, if I, I've always told myself, if I was ever going to like step up and go to the big, that's the way to go, man. I'd go one plant, DWC under a light, even if it was LED today, man, I'd fucking just kill it. You know, on a bigger scale, that's the race car. And I still hold that cat right there. It's like, I've tried to get him on the show. I've, uh, he's, like, still very hard to get a hold of. And I've talked to a few people he's, in the last year that's like, yeah, I'm still talking to him, low-key. I'm like, hook me up, man. Come on, man. I want to talk to that, too. <laughs> that would Tons be awesome, man. That, oh, that would man, be but- 
Because honestly, well, if you go back and look at my Afghan plant, it's kind of like that. I didn't veg that plant out very long. You know, that was my second plant. And my idea was I didn't want another fucking light growing in the plant. I didn't know how this thing was going to grow. So I only vegged it for a short period of time and I let it go. She only got to be about a three and a half, four footer. But yeah, she gave me, I was only like two or three ounces shy of a pound, you know, my second plant. And uh, so I, I know, I know that if I wanted to, I could grow those monsters. And do, I mean, I, if you go over my Instagram, you know, right now, I still have the orange bud photos up there, which if you look at his shit, it's the same thing. What I did is what he did. And I just copied him. Everything I did, I learned from him, quite frankly. You know, um, if you go through his videos, you know, he switches up nutrients. So the first time you see his nutrient thing, he's using three part GH and this and that. And that's, of course, that's what I ran out and got GH three part and start doing that. And then the next grow, he's just using like Flora Nova, some CalMag. And, you know, he's only using three things, you know, completely different. And I'm like, oh, fuck. So you change it up. So I run out and do that. So. I started tinkering with that and now I'm, I'm doing, um, cocoa and simultaneously starting to run in just water only soil. I wanted to get some of that Michigan M3 stuff, but it's not available up here. I ended up with some purple cow stuff. And then I just got this stuff from, I just found a new hydro store that opened up by me. Great people. I'm going to give them a shout out. It's next level gardening supplies or indoor gardening supplies. They're in Rockford, they're off of State Street. Great young couple just uh, opened up the store on 420. And they're not jam-packed with stuff yet. But the cool thing is, is that you go in there asking for something. They're writing it down like, we're going to look into getting that then, you know, and try and get it in there. You know, so they want to stock the store with our stuff. It's kind of like almost having your own store in a way, you know, so. And they're just really cool and very personable and they know your name. Now I've been going to one store and they kind of know me by now. And then I found this other guy I was going to. Now the other guy, I actually bought two lights for, you know, I spent like 1500 bucks, but not in the same day. Right. So I went there, talked to him for a while, explained to him, man, I'm looking for a place because I don't want to buy shit on Amazon. Yeah. I could get it cheaper. I can get the same fucking nutrients on Amazon have them in two days and pay 10 bucks less than what you're paying. Now, if I'm going to pay you to 10 bucks more, which I don't have a problem, then I want to come in and, and shoot the shit with you a little bit and hang and just kind of feel like, you know, and he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, great. I found my new place. And then I went back and it was like, he just seemed like he didn't know who the hell I was. And I'm like, man, I talked to you for like an hour about a week ago. You know, he's like, hi, can I help you? I was like, all right, that's weird. I'm like, well, maybe he's just a total stoner, you know? So I bought the light and shit and talked for an hour again, figuring, oh, he's got to remember me. I went back three days later to get another light because I'm like, didn't want to do, I was doing that wrestling thing. I had the money. I was going to do two. And I said, no, nah, I'm just doing one. And I'm like, no, I need to. So I went back again. He walked in. And he's like, hi, can I help you? Like, dude, I, I spent like 890 bucks. I bought some other shit. These people, I went there one time and, you know, and, and 
the girl there, she's like, what's your name? My name's Tony. I think it's her husband. I'm not sure if they're married or not, but she's like, oh, this is Tony. And so we're both Tonys, right? That's how I'm stony. But um, <laughs> I go in there the other day and I hadn't been there in like a week and a half. And she's like, and I had my mask on, you know, and she's like, hey, Tony, you know, she remembered who I was and we start talking and they gave me some uh, nutrient packs to try out. Cause I told them I'm looking for some, doing some, I want to get out of liquids. And I, I want to go to the dry. Um, I think there's more value in it. And uh, yeah, they're just handing me stuff here. Try this soil too. And tell us what you think, you know, so they kind of let me test out stuff for them and give them feedback on what, how it works, you know, instead of just taking your, the salesman's uh, pitch on it. But yeah, there's really good people. So that's yeah, a shout out there. That's a little long, <laughs> but they're good people, man. And they, you know what? I will promote the shit out of good people, you know? And that's why I do like Miss Jill's. She's always been really cool. She went through some, you know, I heard her story about the fires they went through and, you know, and all that. And then they had their, their divorce and then, then he did pass and, you know, she went through some crazy shit. And she's still hanging on and she's doing her thing. She's trying to rebuild, right, and get her stuff going. So, yeah, I'll shout out people that I feel are pretty decent. I don't expect shit. And I'm not looking for handouts. I'm not looking. You know, if I wanted that, I'd have all over my Instagram looking for sponsorships, want, want to be a tester. I did want to be a tester at one point. I had it on there because I thought that'd be cool. But and I still would, you know, but quite frankly, I like what I want to grow, you know, and if, if, if you had something you wanted me to test, I'd have to see what it was first. And if it fit what I was looking for, then yeah, I would do it, you know, but I'd probably be selective. And that would then put me in the presumptuous category as being a kind of a beginner grower as being some snooty fuck <laughs> that just cause he grew, grew a few nice fucking plants that, you know, I mean, because my plants are fairly big. I don't really don't grow anything under three foot. Usually they're about three feet when I get done with them. So I don't know any other way. I didn't know you can grow little ones. <laughs> I guess I why why I want to do that. I guess if you're growing 30 or 40 of them, but, you know, just to get one dank little nug off each one. But I don't know how that translates. Is it is it more dank than I have one little plant I flowered out. so. And I didn't chop it or top it or anything. I'm doing the one cola thing. And I want to see, is this going to be more dank than this sister that I topped 20 times, you know, do my own little experiment. But yeah, I'm with you. I don't think it, there's any difference. You're mute. You're on mute. <laughs> Let me know. Let me know. Cause I'm right there with you. I don't think so. I don't think so. Let me know how that turns out. Yeah, I don't think it's going to – either way, I'm going to smoke it, right? So why not have a little fun while you're doing it? Throw a little game in there, right? Not necessarily you could do any. As, as far ahead. as, like, the tester thing goes, yeah, that's – careful what you wish for there. I'm sure there's, you know, tons of light companies that would be willing to throw you a light. I oh, yeah. The, I, I actually know – I actually know – Three of them watch this show. Three of them I know watch this show because they leave comments and they fucking say shit all the time. And I see them give other people likes. And I'm, yeah, 
that's what's fine. Hey, that's cool. But you want me to break down? I didn't... Go ahead. Oh, what's that? Go no, ahead. no, finish up your finish up your thought. I got it. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say the only bummer about that is, at least for me, is um, I didn't like the the. You talk about like not wanting to, you know, dictate what's in your garden. Well, I didn't like dictating when I was doing things. I, I'm tough like that. I don't, I don't like, you know, well, you must, you must post three times a week on every account and this and that. If not, you're getting like emails, you know what I mean? Hey, don't you think you should be posting? It's been a while since you posted on this. I didn't like that. It wasn't worth it for me. Actually, the one sponsor, well, I've worked with a few sponsors, but one of them, I it actually got so bad. I was like, how about we just do this? How about you tell me what you want for that fucking light and you leave me alone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll tell you what, let me break it down real quick for you people. Okay. I'm an electrician. Okay. And I know a little bit about lights. Okay. And lighting and bulbs and fucking diodes. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not going to go out there and say, I know exactly how many diode companies there are manufacturing diodes, but I could tell you the two and everyone who's, into lighting the LEDs at least, right? Um, there's two. There's Osram and there's Panasonic. Those are the ones that are used the most, the top bins, right? Now these these blades and that they got now, because that's what I have is a blade fixture, right? Um, there's like only three or four different like boards they're all manufactured, you know, unless there, there are companies like GrowTech, the, the chilled LED, I believe they, they make their own proprietary uh, board. They get this, they're still using the same diodes that everybody else is using. If you're the top bin, top bin is, is the key. Okay. Those are the top, top of the line diodes, but if they're all using the same diodes, what it comes down to people is your power supply. So just like with your um, HID, right? Your ballast, that light will perform better the better your ballast is. That's where it all comes down to, okay? So same thing with the LEDs, your driver that's driving those, that, if as long as that's of top quality, okay? That's where, that's where the money's at. That's where you're going to get your performance because I could give you the same, the same light strips and put them on two different power supplies. You're going to get two different types of lighting from the same, from the same exact light strip. It's going to be different power wise. You know, you're not going to get the same, the same effect. So that's it. So basically a lot of it comes down to, you know, the quality of, of you just, you got to do your research, you know, I'm not going to throw out the companies. I did throw out chill tech because being an electrician and I did buy one of their lights. I bought the do, they do sell a DIY one, which knocks like a hundred bucks off the price off the pre-made. Um, 
I put that light together. That's a pretty high quality light, man. And this actual, their board, their inspection, the way it's laid out is really nice. So I, I did want to give them a shout out, but I do use HLG. They're a solid company. I use Growers Choice. They're a solid company. So I like all those companies, you know, even Spider Farmer, like Johnny, I saw him, he picked up that Spider Farmer. And that's what uh, High Grow Hybrid's been using those, man, and fucking crushing it. You know, four by four space, dude, that light is fucking king. It works. You know, sure, you could go spend, you know, more money on something else. I don't know what driver they use in that, in that uh, particular thing. It's probably a higher quality driver. Is this high quality HLG? I don't know. I know a lot of companies use HLG's drivers. Uh, they're Meanwhile. They're made by Meanwhile. So if they're using Meanwhile drivers, yeah, it's, it's going to be a decent uh, decent uh, fixture there. It's going to be compatible or, com you know, with uh, be in competition with all the other ones, I think, equally. I never really considered the power source as being a... Uh... Wall as the as part of its quality of the light, to be honest with you. I always thought it'd be more of like longevity longevity of the diode and uh like a coolness factor, you know, uh how hot they ran, you know, being able to turn fixture up and down. I never really realized that the oh they had a difference in overall quality coming out of a diode side by side, you know, two boards running the same different drivers and different quality of light. I never really realized that could be a factor. It, it is. I mean, first, it, look, it's the quality, you know, the quality of the, I don't know about the quality changing, the quantity, but again, it's maybe the quality could be changing because of the fact that if you're not driving those diodes at the point to where they should be driven at, you're losing something. You're giving up something. Plus everything is working. This is working on an AC current, right? So you're, you're the way that the current travels, those lights are doing this. They're doing it so much. You, we don't see it, but it's, it's pulsing, right? So it's, I know from the led lighting systems that we hook up on these jobs, you know, they got all these fancy uh, cove lighting and, lighting underneath desks and underneath toe kicks and, you know, kind of giving that effect. That's all LED stuff. And a lot of it's powered from remote rooms. They build special rooms to house these big drivers driving like in a hotel, for instance, and I just got done doing a hotel part of that condo. They have a hotel there and they have all that ambient lighting all over the place. You know, it's not like you could put these drivers, you know, you have to hide them. They got to be hidden. So now you can have them laying out. So they build rooms for them. And when you get, you know, we went through a, a, a part, a time where the drivers, they originally had specs for the job that we got. The way they were driving those lights, they, it was just giving it like it wasn't strong enough power. And just the, the lighting was kind of more orange than it. they were looking for a yellow soft light, not orange red and then they got this other driver in there and it changed the spectrum of that diode i don't know maybe i was smoking a lot of weed that day and <laughs> i have no idea you, you made me think of another point though i mean how just 
technology has changed <clears throat> things in uh, the trades as well. Back when I framed a lot, was framing a whole shitload of houses, man, electricians were pulling, you know, three wires, electrical wire, phone wire. You need a CAD wire, maybe <laughs> cable wire. You know what I mean? Now you got fucking fiber optics. You're running fucking rooms, rooms, you know, fucking. Oh, man. Like you said, all the fucking LEDs, the weird lighting these days, man. Electricians are busy these days, man. That's for sure, man. Things have gotten high tech. High oh, yeah. Tech. Yeah, I mean, I remember back in 2000, I, uh, yeah, it was like 99, I was started doing that condo. And these were, you know, these were, um, I, I'm not going to say a, a whole lot of names. I mean, there are a couple people that don't care, you know, like Tom Selleck and, uh, I think he was one of them. He had a place there, you know, so I was meeting a lot of celebrities that were living in this condo and stuff, you know, and just really, really cool people, man. I lost my train of thought again. Shit. I started thinking about something else on that job. I want to say, what were we talking about? Eagle straighten me out, buddy. Get me on track. We are talking about like, uh, like oh, houses and shit are crazy wired these days. Hmm. So yeah, these people had, you know, internet was still fairly new, you know, I mean, 95 was like the boom, right? And people really didn't start getting home computers till like 97, 98, 99. People were pretty much everyone now had a computer at home. And the, the speeds of the networks were faster. Uh, everybody had cell phones by then. So things were progressing rapidly at that point. But to, to be able to sit on your cell phone while you're in Cancun and turn on an app and look at cameras in your house was a very unthinkable thing, right? At that moment, these people had that. I was hooking this shit up for them. Smart homes were there. The first smart home I did that had a computer before I even seen a computer was 1992. We did a smart home. Now, everything's wireless today we had so much pipe i mean you didn't even see the rafters we pipe everything in our area we don't do romex we don't just pull wire through we have to pipe it then we pull our wire through the pipe you know so his entire basement was just the ceiling of the basement was just fucking pipes man because everything had to be three quarter inch pipe not half inch pipe and it was just the amount of wire we had to run it was a seven thousand square foot house and yeah, it was, it was amazing. But this guy could get on his cell phone on his way home from work and from his cell phone, punch in a code that was programmed in his computer. So when he got home, it would pick up where his car was. The garage door would be open. So he wouldn't have to press the button. He'd pull in, the garage door automatically closed. And as he walked in the house, it would pick up his signal and start turning lights on. And we had his jacuzzi tub upstairs in his bathroom hooked up to these solenoid valves that would switch on and fill the fucking tub. So when he got home, he'd just start taking clothes off. And by the time he got up to his room, he could jump right into that hot tub and was already filled and bubbling and waiting for him. And he didn't have to touch a thing. That's what he wanted. He had the money for it, you know. And it was a, it was a, I think it was like $1.2 million just for the electrical system, 1992.
but he was the first one, man. Man, that's you. That's what I'm saying though about today, man. It seems like a lot of that shit for smart houses, man. Electrician today, man. I'm sure has. Can't even believe like when you're talking to a homeowner, a new homeowner. Do you want this? Do you want this? Are we wiring that? Speakers? Well, are you going to have this? I, I can see how that would add up fucking quick on a smart house today, man. Or the possibilities. Holy shit. Man. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um. The thing is, though, too, honestly, is that today with the smart stuff, you really don't even need an electrician. Everything runs off of Wi-Fi. You just you buy an outlet. You can put the outlet in. It's really not hard. It's just two wires. You turn off the power to that outlet at your panel, everybody. <laughs> turn it off. Make sure it's dead. Take the two, three wires off and put them on the other outlet. You buy those smart outlets. You hook them right up, man. You tie it right into your Wi-Fi system. Plug whatever you want in there, and you can program that thing to do whatever you want. You know, it's really it's. They make the light bulbs. You, know, you just put the light bulb in and it does, you know, it's programmed right through your Wi-Fi. Man. You buy the smart switches. Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi. I heard you say uh, you hated the conspiracy thing. I actually like conspiracies. I don't know. No, I, I, I hate I, the, I, I can die that you don't like the term. I don't like that term because that, that term, you know, people don't realize, but that fucking term was made up in 1962 when JFK got killed. That's where it was born, man, because after he got assassinated, man, that's where people start coming up with, you know, possible theories. And those theories turned into someone coined it as conspiracy theory. And let's face it, that word conspiracy theory sounds fucking evil. Instead of just a theory, it became a conspiracy theory. So now when you're spouting out this and that and someone says it's a conspiracy theory, you don't want to be part of that. You know, you don't want to be part of the fucking conspiracy. So you shut your mouth. Right. And you don't talk about it. You know, you're before you go to open your mouth about what you think might have happened. You think twice, right, Eagle? I mean, I bet you've done I know I've done it, where you just don't want the confrontation. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we all know, whether we know consciously or subconsciously, that those fucking arguments never fucking go anyway. No one ever wins. Because everything's based on all, your own personal uh, perspectives and opinions, you know, on, based on your life. And your life... We are in the cannabis thing. We kind of float around doing the same shit, but our lives are probably way different. They're way similar in a lot of ways, but then a lot of ways they're way fucking different. So, yeah, I don't like the term, but yes, I do like the theories that are being thrown around about everything. And I love to investigate. I don't want to put anything off and say, I may be leaning one way more than the other, but I don't give less attention to the other way that I'm not agreeing with or don't see, I actually will give that more attention than my, my belief and being just a fucking cheerleader on that side, you know, defending it now as if it's a thing, you know, because that's the other problem. We associate ourselves with a thing and that thing becomes part of us, you know, like a, a 
girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever, right? An animal, a pet. And all of a sudden that's becomes ours. And if you are against that, it's a fuck you then, you know, you're against me and your ego again. And here we go. The, the whole vicious thing comes around, man. And here we are. We're sitting, arguing, argue. But the bottom line is, let's face it, we all want the same thing. Most everybody. I'm sure there's a small percentage of people that want something different. But I think at the end of the day, we all just want to be happy, peaceful, content, you know, and just just walk through life without fearing, you know, being attacked about anything or being made fun of about anything or just, you know what I'm saying? Just look, I worked in construction. We bust balls, man. But, you know, after time, sometimes that shit is bothersome. And I've seen plenty of fights because that shit gets out of hand. You know? So there's that fine line of breaking balls. But as long as it's done in a very loving manner, you know, like the good old days of the uh, Dean Martin roasts where they would break each other's balls. But I mean, they, they were, they loved each other though, you know, and you could feel that, that they would sit up there and take it from that guy just as well as they're giving it back and, and laugh their asses off at, it, you know? And that's the other thing. We don't laugh at ourselves anymore. We're all awkward. We're all human beings. Like I said, this is a vehicle we're in. We didn't get to choose it. Right. So what your car's blue and mine's red. You got a 350, I got a 289. I don't know. Is that any better? Who gives a shit? You know, it's it's the guy inside, man. It's that thing inside you. And we all, like you said, we all want to see all the time. Maybe not publicly, but I laugh at myself throughout the day all the time. <laughs> I do. I do. That's how that's 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 life, man. I I'm, I love to laugh, man. I love to make people laugh. I'm nutty, believe me. We haven't even gone there yet. If I had my way, <laughs> if I had what I really wanted to do, I was gonna wear one of my really fucking wacky hats here, you know, and have that on when you pop this on. People are like, "Holy, what's this guy's a nut?" You know, but I figured I'd save the shot value for. I'll do it another time. Don't worry, man. We got plenty of time because now I know I'm invited into your Eagles nest at any time. So, oh, yeah, we'll have some good times now. <laughs> I want to talk to Red Pill, though. I want to help that dude out, man. I really hope he finds, you know, he gets his direction going. I, I still don't know the whole story. Like I said, I'm, I'm in the garden. I sometimes got the vacuum going, sucking up some water and I got fans turning on and off, so it's hard to hear. So I'm catching bits and pieces and stuff. But I could tell the dude's having a hard time or whatever. He's got decisions to make. And I think sometimes you get, you know, you get put in the spots where you know you have to make a decision. And you almost kind of know the decision you got to make. But, again, you just don't want to go through that shit. But, you know, especially when you're younger, you know. And, and again, it's that time thing, you know. You get a little bit. He's, I think he's at the age where he just realized that five years isn't that long, you know, you know, when you get to that age where, and that's like I said, my midlife crisis at 25, that's where I was like, fuck man. A lot of my friends were married, had kids that were four, three, four years old, you know, and I actually got engaged right out of high school. I was 18, 19. I got engaged, man. I was getting married to this girl. 
And now here I'm 25, I'm going this way. I'm don't have now her and I broke up. I'm single. I'm out there partying. All my friends are sitting at home raising kids now, you know, working on their career. And I'm like going backwards. So I'm like, I had, I was like, holy fuck, what am I doing? I'm reckless. I'm out of control. I'm wasting time. I'm 25. I'm, I'm going to be dead soon. Fuck, man. I'll be 50 soon. Man, I won't be able to walk or talk. <laughs> you're, believe me, you know, that's you're a, young. And, that's a crazy moment in life right there. That is a crazy moment you know. in life. That's, th- let me tell you, this is what, yeah, this is how that moment usually plays out. It's usually like, Within a week or two, you, you know, it's all fun and great. You're you know, right out partying. God damn it, I'm free, guys. Hell yeah. And then you like you start calling around all the buddies. They're like, yeah, we fucking, yeah, I don't do shit anymore. Yeah, party's over, dude. Fucking, and you, you fucking trying to find a hookup. You try to hook up and you go, holy shit. Dating sucks. <laughs> Dating sucks in the pool's shitty. <laughs> I'm going back home. Go fucking back home. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> and I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know what? It's I. I was really worried there for a minute too, especially when uh, my ex and I broke it off and stuff. I was like. Man, that's it. I'm done. I'm 47. I don't have a job. I'm fucked. Oh, man, I had more girlfriends. I had chicks jumping on. It was weird as shit. I was like, what's going on, man? You know, I I was single for like two years or whatever, a year, and I'm just meeting women, and I'm getting hit on, and I was like, this is so weird, you know, and I didn't expect that there would be any, but you know what? It's that that's the new thing today and everybody's fucking divorced man and so there was actually more women available to me now to date that are single than there were you know 10 20 years ago in 30 years when you're 30 30 to 40 range man and you're single fuck it's hard to find a woman in that age range you're either going way low or you're going way way high you know 10 5 6 years higher or 10 6 years lower right and you're never finding that age range because they're all busy, man. They're doing their thing and you're out there and flopping around. And the ones you do find in your age range, you fucking find out real quick why they ain't got nobody. <laughs> you know? I dated some really hot ones and like, you know, in the back of my mind, I, go, I don't understand why she wants to fuck with me. This chick is, seems like I hate doing that too. Like no one's above anybody's level, but you know, you set those parameters in your brain, like, you know, this chick could have like this Hollywood dude, you know, she doing with me. And then you find out real quick why she don't have nobody. You know, those are fucking some nutty ass broads there, man. Put you right in a <laughs> right in a nutty house. You need tons of this shit, believe me, to deal with that. And money. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, you know. But I just find it's easier to everyone's uh People went through shit, you know, got through the other side. And by going through that shit, it forges your character and it creates a, I think, a better person than someone, as long as they can process what happened and why it happened and be truthful with it and come to grips and realize that even bad things end up becoming good things in the end. 
everything leads you to where you're going to be, right? So. Be careful on journey. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what's that. in the garden currently? Stoney, what's in the garden currently? Well, after I, I chopped out the uh, the orange bud, we got, uh, I have a purple shaw. She's probably got another week to two weeks left. I should be harvesting her. I don't know if you're familiar with that. That's uh, Miss Jill Genetics. It's the uh, OG Kush crossed with uh, purple, purple Afghan. So... <coughs> I got that going. Then I have uh, a plant called Gold Leaf, which is from uh, ILGM. That was, uh, you know, that's that I love growing marijuana site. They basically have Gorilla Glue and Cindy 99 and basically all those strains. But they're definitely not the original. You know, it's probably. However, he brought them. I mean, the stuff's legit and it's solid. I mean, I have some other stuff, you know, that I've grown out. That actually the Afghan that I got from him is pretty legit, you know. And uh, but yeah, this gold leaf is pretty much like the Afghani. She it's more sativa-like and she'll get a little taller and the buds aren't as beefy, but I grew it out uh my last run and I had a problem with that. I was using auto pots and I guess I didn't exactly have that one down yet, you know, how to use that system. So, yeah, I stressed her out, took her out. I can't fed her to uh, harvest. And it's a good smoke. It's a little mellow. It's not a it's not a uh, crazy high or nothing like that. So I'm giving her another run this time. So so I got that going on. I got a Massachusetts super skunk in there. And then I've got some babies going right now. I've got a chem. Chem D cross, it's called Chem TK. It's a Chem D cross with T, uh, Triangle Kush. I have a Mosca Seeds uh, Sugar Fire, which is Indiana Bubble Gum crossed with Legend OG. Uh, what else do I got? This is a, oh, I got another Slippery Susan going from Exotic Genetics Babies. These are all little babies now. Uh, I have a uh, strawberry cough. And that's about it for now, man. Oh, I got a, uh, I know what it is, candy store, Ethos Genetics. I totally forgot about that one. Actually, if you watch the, uh, <laughs> I was on that home grow show last week, Saturday, you know, with uh, Painted Lady. I, you know her from uh, Michigan Bro Show? Yeah. She's been so, on this uh, show. Oh, Yeah. Actually, oh, if you ask her, being on this show helped start all of that. Actually, <laughs> I was the oh. first one to have painted later. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah she's, she's pretty cool. She helped, jammed. actually helped start that show, to be honest with you, if you didn't know that. <laughs> no, I had no idea. Again, like, you know, I yeah. just fell into these shows. And then, you know, because I didn't understand a lot of shit going on and you know soils and microbes and i'm just like oh yeah i don't I, I need to stick to the basics right now and get simple but then as i learned and i was like 
all right, I think it's time to move on to some of these other shows. I can only watch so many episodes of the Dude Grow show, you know, because now I'm going backwards and they're talking about irrelevant shit at this point, you know. And uh, so, yeah, that's how I got, you know, following all these shows. And yeah, the Michigan Bro show is kind of cool. I like, you know, the rhetoric and shit that goes I popped on. popped off at 42. What's that? <laughs> I said I popped off at 42. Popped off at one, three, four. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was there from one to forty-two. Oh, oh, on episodes. Oh, yeah, okay. I started this at forty-two. Okay, okay. So you left there and started this one. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I like everybody there. Matter of fact, I was doing my live Sunday. I was telling you that old school chronic guy was in there. I just want to say, give him a shout out again because he's sending me these captive seeds for free. And I've actually watched him take care of the people that actually prepaid for this stuff because he threw them like extra packs and then he throws extra seeds in the packs too. So yeah, he's pretty cool dude, man. And I know his shit's pretty fire because I've seen it growing out and I've seen a lot of people like just touting it saying the shit's legit. So yeah. So yeah, I watched them and, uh, yeah, I kind of ask some of these people for information. I think I've asked Painted Lady. I Again, I try not to be weird and come off like, you know, because I think, you know what, actually what happened too, and there's a funny thing is, that's kind of ironic, actually. So I remember driving home from a, a jam session one night. And uh, when I turned on my phone, I was watching YouTube. I actually, I think I was showing somebody uh, something and I was going through YouTube and it popped up that they're live and I clicked on it. And I was listening to it as I was driving and they were talking and stuff. And uh, she was talking quite a bit. I forgot what she's talking about, but it kind of interested me. I'm like, man, listen to this chick. So I'm like, I wonder if she's single. I said, this is the first thing I ever typed in the chat ever. I've never participated in a live thing ever. I just kind of always watched. And actually most of the shows, when I did watch them, I had watched the recorded ones because when they were on, I was in bed. You know, when I'm working, I'm getting up at 2 a.m. I'm going to bed at 7 p.m., 8 p.m., you know, unless I'm just getting home, you know, after watching my kids or I had my kids for the night, you know, and I'm getting home at 10 o'clock and I'm going straight to bed. So I wasn't watching anything live. So now I was live and I was like, I just typed in there. I was like, hey, are you sing is Painted Lady single, you know? And I think someone jumped in and said, oh, yeah, Painted Lady. She's like, well, yeah, I am. And but. And then I was laughing. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't even believe this, that someone I didn't even think anybody would respond. I was kind of doing for shits and giggles. I think. <laughs> so now I, became, I didn't want to be like some weirdo stalker or nothing. So I think I messaged her or whatever and said, hey, you know, whatever. But I was more interested, though, and I saw her. It, feels a, it makes you feel any better. Go back and watch that episode and read through the chat and see how much fun they make fun of me during that episode oh yeah yeah they say i like was red <laughs> beat red you can see how starry our diesel is oh man i took a lot of shit that episode so if it makes you feel any better go back and watch that one there yeah so so yeah i started looking at her stuff and i saw how she grows some dang shit too and then i found out that she is dgc so you know, that that's a whole little community right there. And 
I met a lot of cool people through there. And that's another thing I, I want to start participating in their website more because uh, uh, it's just, there's really good people in there. Chad Westport's in there. What an awesome guy that guy is, you know. I would love, I got to get out there. One of these days, once this whole COVID thing, I'm going to visit that dude because he's in Seattle. And like I said, back in, you know, when Nirvana came out, you know, I was forced to listen to Soundgarden just by default of being in the areas that people were playing this music. But I did not go out and search this shit out, right? So now that I've come over that, I've been really getting into that whole Seattle thing. And I was talking to him about it a little bit. So, yeah, that's my thing right now. I'm really into, you know. But I'm not talking like Soundgarden. This is like bands that the Melvins and the Minutemen and the Fastbacks. And these are all bands that never really made it, made it, you know. But we're really fucking good. So Mud Honey, Tad. So, yeah. If Westport's in, is Mr. Westport in chat? Because I can't see chat. Al, you're on mute? Yeah. Yeah, he absolutely is. He absolutely is. Is he hammering me? <laughs> I told him this. I don't know. Are we going over the time limit here? You go just let me know. Because otherwise, dude, you might not go to bed. I'll keep you on until I have to leave to go drop off my kid's computer. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're cool so far, brother. We're cool so far. Actually, no, I would have to oh. go in, in about an hour from now i have an hour left and then the lights go off and be quite honest with you i haven't even fed anybody yet but lights go off soon <laughs> in an hour <laughs> so man i have uh, uh -oh. well actually four phones going dead 420 420 is the the mark that we try to hit that's that's 27 minutes but, man, I have, uh, the way things work in my fucking head, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. You talk about how you got a million things going on. There is a comedy spit fucking skit that runs constantly in my head. Constantly. You may watch the show and sometimes you see me fucking laugh about something. Yeah, I just see a bust out laughing like. Yeah. Like, what's he laughing yeah, at? Well, I got to share. I got to share. Everybody else. Everybody else. Jabs. Once in a while. But this is all in love. This is all in love. I have tons. Tons of respect for Mr. Westport. And that's why I've got to share this picture I just found of him in. Going out. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> I believe it's college Ben Diesel. <laughs> Chad Westport could be Garth from Wayne's World. Yeah, we put the beard. Hey, Eagle, can you draw a beard real quick? You got that ability? Can we scratch a beard in there? I wish. I wish. We gotta be able to we gotta find somebody that can morph his face on there, man. That would be awesome. And I love, I love Garth because, dude, he's a drummer. I mean, how? What's not the love? 
Big up to Mr. Westport. Mr. Westport. Great guy. I, I hope love you're him. smiling, Fred. He is I, a great guy. Dude, that seen that now here again. When I'm telling you about vibes, dude, I could read that guy through the computer. Like I've never met this guy before. And I could feel the vibes. I mean, that dude is just generating that shit. And that's it's just it's I love it, man. Those are the people I want to be around. That's the infectious shit. I mean, there's two types of people. And I mean, look, you're in construction, dude. You know, and I know you can find a whole lot of misery and there's a lot of bad vibe going on, you know? And then I'm not even saying generally that these people are out saying shit or doing shit. It's just, they could be saying nothing. Just their very presence is fucking draining, you know? And it's, but yeah, Westport dude, total opposite, man. Yeah. I dig that guy. I, I could hang with him and just shoot the shit. Definitely would love to sit there and talk music because I know that's what he's he's into it. So and I want to pick his brain because he was in Seattle during those right then and there, man. And fuck, had I not quit Eagle, had I not quit playing the drums four years before that, I would guarantee you, you would have known me not as Stony, but well, maybe, because honestly, I'll be honest with you. I probably would have used that name. That name was given to me. That's not a name I made up. That was given to me in 1982 as a reference from uh, the uh, Flintstones cartoons. Because when we were kids, you didn't have cable. You had cartoons on Saturday mornings. And then you had cartoons on for like an hour or two after school. We had Flintstones when we were kids. And the one dude at school, he saw it and came in the next day and Said, dude, they had Tony Curtis on the Flintstones. His name was Stony Curtis. And then they had the other one was Brock Rockefeller, who was some Rockefeller guy. He goes, I just got a name for you. You're Stony Rockefeller, man. That's what we're calling you. Because I used to have this dude in graphics class and I'd go out and get really high before graphics class. Because let's face it, doing artwork and being high is way better, right? So I was always high in that class and they all knew it because I smelled. <laughs> so yeah I, I was stony rockefeller since 1983 so yeah i should put that on my thing right. since 1983 you should that's funny i would i would yeah that's what it's funny so yeah uh damn it i squirreled i squirreled that time stony you squirrel we're talking about mr westport and what a awesome duty is and you gave me an opportunity to get on that show and stuff and yeah it's really i'm very thankful for that so thank you mr westport i can't thank you in chat so he is a good dude he's been saying good things all night long chat in general has been saying great things all night long oh, i love you guys thank you you know i try to be uh you know, sometimes people ask me questions and stuff and I'll, I'll answer whatever I can. And everybody that likes or does gives me even a thumbs up and I'm commenting back to you because that's how I roll. You know, I do lives. I turn on my shit and go live in my garden while I'm in there and you can watch me. I'll shoot the shit with you. I go live on Sunday mornings. If you want to take a ride with me, I go looking around. Like I said, I just like driving out in that country, man just getting that air, getting away from everything. You're in, in nature, kind of. I go find dirt roads, man. 
where I could drive at whatever speed I want because there's nobody out there, you know, and I'm kind of checking out things. You know, I may, who knows, I may find some farmer that's got some little section of land that he just doesn't want to deal with because it's an awkward spot or whatever, right? Nothing grows good there. He, he wants to sell it for something cheap and I could put my situation there. But I'll get on there and I'll that's just drive good. around and shoot the shit, you know, so... Get you like, fucking get out in the woods like that, fucking touch up a little pavilion. That this why I fucking drum set under that pavilion and just fucking. I know there's there's times out here where I live out in fucking nowhere, man. You can barely say anything and fucking that shit will carry for fucking it seems like miles. Fucking rock out a whole forest, fucking up here under a pavilion under that drum set. <laughs> right. You know what, though? that's what Michigan is. Well, you know, like Western Michigan's like Western Illinois, you know, it's just town and then farms, you know, and a town and then farms and just a highway coming through it, right? So it's, it's kind of cool for me because I come in through the West side, you know, so what I get to see is what I want. So I'm always looking through there when I'm coming through too and looking for, for places there because it's where I want to be, man. Actually, you guys have way better, uh, you know, opportunities and uh, situations, like I said, to grow. And I could actually do some breeding where I'm legal and not worry about getting in trouble because, you know, I'm not over here setting up shop, man. You know, if I was doing that, I would have done that a long time ago. And I sure fuck wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. I'd be busy. <laughs> you know. I grow my medicine. I grow enough of it where I have a surplus. I have enough. I could give it to my friends. I have, uh, like I said, I have my one buddy who he is growing at, at the moment. He still hasn't harvested his, his first yet, but I give him to supply his wife. I have another friend who's got, um, what the hell is it? He's got cancer. Uh, oh, he had testicular cancer, but it went right to the lymph nodes. So he's currently, you know, going through treatment. He's uh, 54 years old. He has no money. The guy's been down and out too. He was construction, you know, same situation. And unfortunately he got pulled into the heroin situation too and started using a little bit. He got himself clean, but it's hard. He doesn't have a job. Now he's got all these medical bills he's trying to pay for. And now he's trying to get good can uh quality cannabis affordable you know and he's actually a friend through a friend i don't really i know him but i don't know him know him and so my buddy is asking me like how much can i give you to get this amount i'm like well how much do you need you, you know, i'll just give you what you need you don't need you know it's like well no you know and he explained to me i'm like well he's got cancer i'm like here then give him that you know I could grow more, dude. Matter of fact, I'll grow the plants bigger now, right? Because now I'll take care of fucked medicine. If I could fuck medicine, that's how we fuck the medicine people. Start giving it away, dudes. You know what, guys? I know we all want to make money. Look, I'm all for this. If you're a rec user and you're coming to me, you don't want to pay $100 for a fucking eighth and you're a good dude. And you're going to be older, too, if I ever dealt with you. But I'll take care of you, you know, and you're going to pay a good price, right, for clean meds. 
I don't care. Maybe I'm putting myself in the fucking bullseye now. I don't know. But I don't fucking care because I'm sick of these people ruining lives, killing people, addicting people, bankrupting people. And then their crony insurance company, because they're in it together. You can't have that business doesn't fight. You know what I'm saying? It's the money's just going from one pocket to the other. And again, we're going to go way off on topic here. But yeah, so my idea is this, guys. We all grow and we all hand a little bit out to our neighbors, all of us. And we could change everything because not everybody wants to grow. Not everybody can do it. And the ones who are blessed that can and want to and are passionate about it should be the ones doing it, right? Not to make the fucking money. So we do it for the right reasons. We crush big pharmas and get rid of them. And there's only one way to do it. You got to give the meds out, man. You're just going to have to give them out. Because if I'm Don't charging you. My second addiction, addiction besides cannabis, if you can see yeah. that. They were they were ragging at me before they seen before they oh that could be I broke down and tried the cold coffee today. It was surprisingly good. I, don't I know, know it if is. I would it was good. I hate yeah, you, good. I give you I give you a month, you'll be hooked. I got off of coffee <laughs> though. I, I honestly the only reason I have that is because Honestly, around nine o'clock here tonight, so ten o'clock your time. <laughs> Man, you you know me, huh? You already you did a little reading. <laughs> this guy'll talk your fucking ear off, buddy. I'm just glad this show is about me and that you're allowing me to just because I'm bad, dude. I, I get going, man, sometimes and I won't shut the fuck up. You get and I, I'm aware of it. So if I ever get going, man, especially later on, someone down the road and I jump in your wormhole with you, you know, I got to let everybody know in the panel, just tell me, shut the fuck up for a minute. <laughs> I, I, I'm a rambler. Dude, I sat at home for four years and my only adult contact, because the ex and I really didn't talk. I'll be honest. I mean, that, that relationship was dead. Um, we had kids because we were just lying to kids now and maybe hoping that would repair everything, but it was so, but yeah, my whole time spent was with babies. I wasn't really conversing with adults. So once I got out of the depression and out of my seclusion and got back in the world and like, wow, there's people out here. I'll talk your fucking ear off. <laughs> I'm a happy dude too. So when you're not happy, you're not, at least I'm not a very talkative person. I'll just kind of sit there and, just, you know, do one of those, but now, and I have been for quite a few years now, I'm going to talk your fucking ear off Eagle about everything and anything. I can't wait to tell you. <laughs> Every story is more important than the next man. And that's where that squirrel Jeff, thing. Justin Bean in chat says, keep it going. Stony loving it. <laughs> Shit, Eagle. I may have to have my own little sideshow or something. Channel's open. You want to have a sideshow? You can have a sideshow. Uh, I'm going to have to have both you and West, Mr. Westport on at the same time. 
I might have to change mine up though. I'm going to figure out how to fly you guys out here. Get you, I'll build a studio in the basement here. <laughs> kind of like the Dick Cabot show. I'll put chairs, a little desk. So Eagle, tell me. <laughs> How's the wife and kids? Oh, uh, no. Crazy. That's crazy. Crazy talk right I don't have the time to do that. I, I'm thankful for you, dude, and, and all you guys that do these shows, man. Caribou Heart Organics, man. I'll give those guys a shout-out, too. Those guys, uh, actually, I'm going to see one of their guys tomorrow or today. Uh, uh, I don't know his handle now. Deep, if he's 7-1-DPO. So, uh, yeah, big shout-out to those guys, man. And that's another show that, quite honestly, it's one of my uh, favorite shows. I, I'm going to go out on the limb and say, not that the, I think it's better than any show, but they start off talking about cannabis, you know, and serious. Like, these guys are, you know, these guys are into it probably more than anybody, right? And, uh, and they know shit. Their one guy, Uncle Rick, I mean, that dude's been growing since the 70s, man. Like, this guy's been through the fucking, you know. And, uh, but boy, the chat, they, they, they start reading all the chat and they start feed, and it's, and then it just, it just turns into a, like, kind of like what we're doing here. We're just talking about all kinds of shit and it goes off, it gets weird and it's, very fucking entertaining. I find myself, I'm pissing myself, man. I can't hit the smiley faces fast enough or the laughy faces fast enough. I suck at typing too. So anybody, if I'm, you guys, man, if you're like, hey, Stoney, how many times that shit flies by? I don't see it. I can't type, man. I'm, I'm trying to do this. And so I've kind of figured it out where I got my computer and now I got my phone because I can't do the, I'm finding the app thing in the chat where I can hit at and start typing in like the first two letters and it automatically shoots up the name. I could click that instead of finishing it out. But then I can't type smiley faces in and send them off because I'm I'm one of them fucking idiots. My kids got me on that. So now I cannot send something without some sort of an emoji. That's how it is. We have That's that comment. We have that in common as well, I guess. Because I am a terrible texter. Not for several reasons, to be honest with you. A, I don't fucking look back, man. I'll, I'll fuck shit up. Misspell some shit. Or the spell check will fucking get me and twist some words. And I won't even look back. Send. <laughs> oh, shit. I just look like an idiot. I look. I actually seen the PP I send you after the fucking eleven thirty or something. You're probably like, "What the fuck is that?" I seen that and I was like, "Yeah." And I did say that. And I did say that. And I was like, "I go." I thought to myself for a minute. Honestly, I thought about it. Then I was like, "Is that some sort of code?" Should I Google meaning of PP? And I thought. I thought, is he mean? Is he taking a PP or is it? I'm like, and I thought about for saying, I go, no, he's probably like me, probably typed okay and hit the wrong letter and it sent PP instead of okay. So I'm like, yeah, it probably means nothing. So yeah, I'm on board with you, bro. 
No, that's my I had fat that fingers left. trying to hit the back key on my phone there. It ended up being PP <laughs> and it, it said, and I was like, yeah. You had already seen it. I was like, yeah, fuck it. It'll, it, it'll be funny conversation. Yeah. I do I, all the time, man. In chat, in this chat, I fucking, I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'll figure it out. <laughs> There's no going back now. It's out there. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I said something last this is this is the way I look at it too. Acknowledging it just makes it worse. Yes. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. Sometimes like, you know what? If they want to know, they'll t- he'll say, What the fuck does that mean? And then I'll tell them. But otherwise, I'm not gonna do this and type out this because I know that explanations are way longer than what you just sent, you know. So it's like, man, I don't want to type all that shit out. I'm not a typer, I'd rather talk. It's faster to call me. Tell me what you got to say. I tell, give you the answer, or whatever. You give me the answer, and away we go. You know, I, I'm not good for that. You know, but yeah, I'll talk. I'll sit and bullshit your ear off. Yeah, that happened in chat though with Chad Westport. Something. Oh, it was he changed his logo right midstream. So then I see this Chad Westport thing. I'm like, what the fuck is this? You know, I thought it was some troll dude or somebody. You know scamming in there i think you typed something like who are you mr westport or something westport, like that yeah and i'm like what the f-? and then i was like then i saw some of the shit he was typing and i was like oh that's got to be him he must have changed his logo and he did and i couldn't see it and i'm like hey i typed him I'm like hey man i can't see that and i asked him a question and i th- think the, i forgot how i phrased it but it came out almost as if i was saying you need to go to instagram and change it so i could see it and i was saying like hey are you going to change it on instagram so i could see it because it's really small i couldn't see what what it was and uh he texts back like oh man next thing you know you're gonna be telling me to do stuff or something like that i'm like oh no and i went back and read what I, i'm like oh no the spelling thing changed something and made it fucking weird and i'm like no 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 dude i'm like ah fuck it He'll get over it. <laughs> He'll understand. If he's got the, a problem. It's back He'll, to the original one or similar. I can't say for sure. Yeah, it's I, the same, but it's similar. I saw that. I saw that on Instagram. And I was like, he didn't change it back because I was actually looking forward to seeing his new design. You know, I was just curious. But I do like the red one because when he does anything, I'm so used to seeing that. I mean, the first time I've ever seen him was actually in the it DGC. It used to be like a watermark. You know yeah. what I mean? It's unfortunate, but that's your logo, dude. Maybe make a side thing and make make that logo your side gig. But we like the red yeah, one better. Yeah. I don't... <laughs> yeah, you can, like, right now, without even reading, you can scan through. Oh, Chad Westbrook from Chad. I noticed that I know the icon. I that's, haven't changed my that little tricone thing. That's that is my watermark. Yeah, I went through the thing of fake accounts and all that bullshit. I'm like, does it have the fucking tricone shot with the skull in the back? No, ain't me. <laughs> it ain't me because that's my so that's pretty much my signature as far as you know the icons go. I use that for fucking everything. Yeah, you know, that's that's something that's actually been on my mind lately, Eagle. I should say that is uh 
you know, my, my picture there, that's actually uh Stony Curtis from the Flintstones. And if anybody who's here watching, probably going to sue me now for using that image without their permission. Right. But I just put it up, you know, and I didn't expect uh, things to turn into where I'm going to be doing stuff like this. So I'm kind of looking for an artist to maybe do some. I'm not actually, I don't even want to have a cartoon face because I don't want to project. I don't want kids to look at it and, and want to look at it more and see what it is like younger kids. So I'm looking more to do an emblem, like kind of how the Rolls Royce emblem is with the RR kind of stacked inside of itself. I want to do like an SR kind of similar, not exactly with that rectangle thing, maybe a circle, maybe with Stony Rockefeller around it and the SR, I don't know. But yeah, I, I got to figure it out. And I, I really am, I mean, I could draw and I am capable of, of doing pretty good work, but I'm just, I'm stretched thin and I'm kind of a, weird perfectionist when it comes to if this is what it's going to be forever then guess what it's going to have to be the way i exactly like it i don't want to have any thoughts about it and if i'm doing it i'm going to drive myself fucking crazy because i'm going to do it a million times it's going to take me a so i'd rather you know sub it out to some artist that could whip something together in probably about four or five minutes and you know, they want to trade something for work. I'm more willing to do that. Give me a DM shout. I'd like to just get it done so I can get rid of that, that thing. Because again, it, like you said, it becomes my trademark. And then I'm going to get in the chat and people are like, wait a minute. Who's this dude now? I'm looking for that, that cartoon, you know, profile face, right? Who doesn't look anything like me. <laughs> You're on mute. <laughs> no, no, this time I'm not. This oh, time oh. I'm not. I thought you were talking. Ah, you got me. I was getting ready to say something. I was getting ready to say something. Shoot it out, oh. brother. Squirreled it, though. Squirreled it, though, a little bit there. Oh. Oh. Damn, I'm still awesome. Hold on. Give me a second. Wait, wait. Oh. I believe it was something about to... Oh, changing your icon, just maybe changing the, swapping it around a little bit, colors somehow, maybe the background. Legally, it's only going to be 3 to 10%, somewhere in that area for the dip. But then again, you know, I was, what I was going to say is too, I think it's kind of bullshit, man. Fucking uh, Skittles. Skittles. It's suing Ziddles, you know, now. You know what I mean? That's, you know, for, that's, how close? I mean, really. well, you know, That's, dude, come on. That you're, they're, you're, they were pushing the boundaries there. First off, and secondly, I think because they would, they were allowed to get away with as long as they have. They thought that, oh, this is awesome. They're not gonna, they're not doing it. I guess we could get away with this, you know, because no one's coming after us. It's been a few years now, so the smart move was Skittles waited, man. They're like, what are we going to do? We're going to pay all these attorneys, these high-priced attorneys to go sue these people who have shit right now? Now, let's let them build it up. Let's see where this goes. Now they got 
millions. Let's get it. All right, now we can afford to pay the attorneys and it's worth it. It's worth their while. So they let them build up. They waited it out, let them make all that money. They're going to get it anyways. They just did all the work for them, right? <laughs> Smart move. Smart move. Sucky Kinda. move. It's a shit move, but business-wise, it's that's smart. That's big business. Yeah, that's big business right there. That is definitely big business. I'm not big business, but I kind of have the mindset. I, I understand it. I know how it goes. I know what they're looking to do. I mean, if you go into anything... See, I don't do any business myself. I've never went and did any business with ever an intention of screwing anybody over or doing anything shady or lying to somebody and telling them it is that this is fucked up and that's, and I'll re- have to replace it. And then everything's fine. And I don't do that shit, you know? So I never done that, but yeah, it's, uh, well, I, go ahead. I agree. I, I, I've, I've never anything or made them buy anything. That, but I'm right there with you. I, I definitely, no aggressive business. <laughs> you know what I mean? I I know how to make a buck without a doubt. And sometimes business can be pretty cutthroat and cold-hearted on a large scale. I I don't te- I don't I I don't approve of none of the tactics, but I definitely understand, you know, cost cuttings, methods and shit like that. It's brutal. brutal. Well, yeah, I mean, I think what escapes a lot of people today, you know, is um, these young, especially the younger guys. And and even guys my age that don't have, you know, somebody, my father was in business, you know. And so, you know, back in the 60s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, you and I, if we did business together, you know, if I if I was able to do something and get one over on you and make some money off of you, I would do it. And it was known. This is a game, you know, business back then was more or less like a game. Like you and I would go play one-on-one racquetball or tennis or whatever. If we were doing a one-on-one thing against each other, we went out golfing, we're competing. You know, I'm not your buddy anymore. I'm not, I'm not going God, please help Eagle get that Eagle on number five today. Fuck that. I'm not going to pray against you. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in you putting bad luck on people. I, I believe that you're throwing shit at a rubber wall, man. It's going to come back at you. So I don't even bother with that. But I, I, I believe in praying for people. But right, I wouldn't be doing that for you in that situation, right? And if I could beat you, I'm going to beat you, right? So... You know, that was business, though, and that, that's how business was done. And it's just a game. Like, you might get mad at me or whatever. I may, you know, I may fuck with you a little bit while you're up there on that tee box. Like, Eagle, why is your shoe squeaking when you backswing on your practice? You know, now your brain's not thinking about hitting the ball. I'm mind-fucking you, you know. That was the tactics of, of competing, right? Or even playing, if you played hockey or football with your buddies, you shit-talked, you know. You're going down. I'm going to kick your ass this time, right? But afterwards, everybody's buddy, buddy. So that's how business was done. I'm sorry, Eagle. I got you on that one. 
it's only business. You know, you could get a little sore with me and I'm going to be like, hey, man, it's only business, right? And then you have to accept it and start planning your attack on my ass, you know? So, but that's how big businesses, I believe, is still done in that manner. And this whole generation and today on our level of operation doesn't, it's not cool, you know, and it isn't cool. The reality is the fact of the matter is this isn't a game. This is life. These are people's livelihoods. You could be destroying and, and just ruining it. So, all right, I'm done. <laughs> I preached enough. Again, similar, similar, I think, you know. Again, I, uh, sports, a lot of that, I, 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 there's, there's reasons why I don't talk money <laughs> and competition. You know, I actually, I had cut, I, I love sports. I love sports. I love competition, but it brings out the, a horrible side of me. I don't like anymore. To be honest with you. That competitive nature that, you know, it's there. You know, I like to win, but, you know, it brings out that super, uh, I don't know, very competitive, very competitive. Oh, no, I get it. You know, yeah, no, man, I totally get what you're saying because, like, doing what I'm doing now, you know, I could easily, you know, be posting my stuff because I do see some people there are people who post things and kind of like want to like shove it in your face like look what i'm doing and i'm my shit's better or whatever and, ah, no. that's fine there's people that are doing that shit honestly I, I i like uh if i'm doing something good and you like it man then i want to share with you what i'm doing and how i got that way right i want you to do what i'm doing actually i want to give you what I'm doing and maybe you're going to add something you're part of your way to my way and maybe take that same plant and do something fucking even crazier. Right. So now by me sharing my info with you, help you do something that's even more dramatic or made some, whatever it is, something better. Right. And then you give me that information and I could pass that to someone else. And we're all, you know, again, this is a medicine though, at the end of the day, we're not talking about entertainment only here. You know, I mean, yes, I use it for entertainment. Of course, I get high for just because I want to get high because, hey, man, I feel like, you know, playing something on my drums and I feel like, you know, laying back and smoking a little bit's going to get me, you know, where I want to be. So I go do that. But a lot of times, too, I'm in panic mode or something's going on in my life and I'm like, <sighs> <sighs> Okay. Some people reach for the bottle, dude. I mean, uh, I don't agree with it. It's fucking depressant, first of all. So you're having a bad time. The last thing you want to do is take a fucking downer, right? Makes you feel good in a minute. Only just dulls your mind to what's going on. Problems still exist when you wake up. The only problem is now you're dealing with a headache with a headache. Not to mention, you probably made some bad decisions in between. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, Eagle, we don't, we're going to have to make about 15 episodes just to get through the first half of my life of bad decisions on alcohol. And then probably another 35 to do the back half because that's when things really got fun. When I had some money, actually, was single making, you know, 200 grand a year almost. I was spending it though. Believe me, I was in the fucking, I'm going to get the, you know, I'm going to have the best surround sound system and the best LCD screen. I'm going to have the bed and, you know, being an electrician too. I was, I had access connections to these situations, you know, pro audio. I had these connections, you know, so I can get shit better than yours, Johnny, you know, and it's all bullshit. Cause at the end of the day, I'm sitting in that fucking room along with, you know, potentially forty, fifty thousand dollars worth of equipment. I got a sound system that'll blow away any fucking IMAX, right? I can blast you through the walls with my system. And yet nobody's here. Nobody gives a shit. At the end of the day, I teach my girls, I'm trying to really pound that in their heads. And I'm trying to make it so they understand that when I say I don't, that nobody gives a shit, I don't mean in a literal sense that they don't care about you at all. It's just that at the end of the day, when everybody lays their head down to rest, the last thing they're going to be thinking about is probably you and your problems. They're thinking about what they're doing. So at the end of the day, all you have is you. And if you can't deal with you, if you don't know yourself or, you know, look, we're, we're all afraid of ourselves. We're afraid of the truth. You know, we all know the truth about our, each one of us. We know our flaws. We know what, what we're, makes us nervous. We know, you know what I'm saying? We know all these things, the things that we try to hide. We don't want it. We're men. Fucking last thing you're going to do on a construction job site is tell everybody that you're a scared of the dark or some shit, right? <laughs> if that's your thing, maybe you are. Whatever the reason, maybe something happened to you traumatic in the dark was part of it and you still don't fucking like it. man. Or maybe you're in the dark one day and all of a sudden this has happened to me, man. You just get some weird feeling and the hair in the fucking back of your neck stands up. I'm like, holy shit, that was weird. Where's the light? You know, you get that. Again, these are things that we don't want to project out there because they're looked at as negatives or people are going to come at you and make funny, and you know, so. If you come down to it, make truth with yourself and make peace with yourself and accept yourself for who you are and know that you're just beautiful person and we're all beautiful people. And I'm not talking this shit. I'm talking, you know, from there. That's the true person. And when you find that, dude, it's the fucking greatest feeling in the world. And then you can then you really can understand what other people are doing and what they're going through. Even if they're negative people and they're assholes and you don't want to be around them. Like you said, that fucking negative, you don't, you're just kind of like, okay, I'll deal with them. And I'm not going to say, talk shit about them, but I will make sure that whatever time I spend with them, I have to spend with them will be minimal at best, you know, and I'll pray and hope for the best for them. And if I could, drop a little knowledge and hope help them get in a, in a better direction, then I'll do that. But, you know, again, I like you, I'll, okay. 
I need to go find a Chad Westport to come hang out with, you know, and get some vibes. You know, I had my old neighbor, man. She, when I was a stay at home dad, and actually 2015 was like my greatest, that was my greatest year ever I had. And it was just a turnaround for me. Everything was happening. And my <clears throat> next door neighbor, she had two kids that were the same age. We had a, so her, her son's a year older than my oldest one. He was five. My daughter was four or his, he was four. I was three. And we had two little babies and we're all stuck at home, you know? And so we just hung out that summer and she's just one of these people that her and her husband were, well, her husband, they were having financial problems, you know? And, uh, so things were a little rough and they, they were living a real good life at one time. And then, you know, the economy changed and stuff. He was in stock markets or whatever. And then he ended up having to take a lower paying job. So now they're kind of like, you know, in limbo or whatever, but she always seemed like she was just fucking happy, man. She always had, whenever I got around her, she would just be like, Hey, how you doing? Plus she was an adult I could talk to and just hang out with and have a conversation and we both had the commonality of having kids. I mean, there were no other dudes around the neighborhood to hang out with. So I was hanging out with the moms, you know, and have my fill of estrogen. I could tell you that. <laughs> I mean, look, believe me, pool time wasn't a bad time. I mean, I, I looked like uh, Hugh Hefner. <laughs> Probably made some husbands mad, but I don't do that shit. So, but yeah, she was a great. They moved, they ended up moving out. Uh, they're doing better, I guess, financially. I talk to her every once in a while and things are going good for them now. So it, it got, you know, again, you go through bad and stuff, but she kept her head up and I bet things could have been way worse, but it's turned out, you know, it's getting better as time goes on, even through these bad times. So it's just, to me, more proof positive that when you are just, keeping that happy vibe and shit and just keeping it going and realizing, yeah, it's shit's bad, but you know, look, you're going to have, everyone has to down it. I'm going to sit there and tell you, I'm got sunshine shooting out of my ass all day long. You know, that ain't the truth it happens, man. I mean, the other day I had to chop that plant down. Once I chopped that one down, I went to my seedling tent and I'm looking at my seedlings and I, <clears throat> excuse me, just started doing this no water or no uh, new thing, just water only. And, these things are starting to yellow out. And I'm like, whoa, man, what's this? I had to chop that down. Now I'm looking at these babies are dying on me. I'm like, this is a bad day. And then it's like, no, it's a learning day. We're going to school. And we just got hammered with a whole bunch of homework. So buck up, buttercup. Get cracking. That's what we did. So. You know, I could have been miserable about it. So I turned you guys on and, you know, listen to you guys while I'm in the, in the garden. Because, yeah, right now I'm in there listening to the wormholes, but there ain't no wormhole yet. <laughs> Let's let the other guys in, Eagle. I don't know, unless you got more stuff you want to ask me if you're interested. I don't know. Brother, you... there's no wormhole tonight. We done walked it. We actually, it, we, went, we went the whole route, brother. We went, I knew this was going to happen. I told everybody. Hours. We did five hours tonight. I love it when we go the gauntlet. I Dude, go. I love it when we go the whole shit. How, yeah, how many people are left in? How many left in chat? Uh, Two. <laughs> Seventy. Wow. Seventy still watching. 
nice. Thank you, guys. I we kind of peaked out that. around about a, a buck five, about a buck five for a while. We hung out around 90-ish for most of the show, down to it's, 70 right now. You know, you That's, could start your own Nielsen rating company. <laughs> Eagle they, rating. They've been, Ted's been loved. Ted's had nothing but great things to say about you tonight, your message. You know, you as person, it's all been positive, positive, positive tonight in chat. It has to but, be, bro. Look around. I listen honestly, and I'll tell you what, it's not easy to do it. And I'll be honest with you. One of the ways I had to do this was uh, I was on Facebook. Um, actually, I was on Facebook before Facebook was a thing. I was actually involved. I was on it when it was just uh, relegated to the school to when he put it out and it was just for the students at Stanford or uh, uh, was it Stanford? I can't remember the school, not Stanford, but whatever school it was, he made that, that platform for that school. And I was involved with this drum forum that was about making drums and stuff. They were all custom builders. So I was involved in that. And I guess the forum started blowing up so big that he didn't have the space for it. He was going to that school at the time. So he put the entire forum on the Facebook platform. And I was like, well, what the hell is Facebook? And he kind of, oh, it's this thing at school this guy made. It's the thing for sharing homework and stuff. But I'm able to share this forum on there. This way I don't have to pay money out of my pocket. So. Yeah, I was on Facebook before it was, that was like 2003 or four, I think, when I was on there. And uh, so I, I had a Facebook page since then. And I got on there, dude. And then it was just, it was kind of cool reuniting with uh, people because by that, fuck, 2008 was when I really got on there and started using it as it's used today. And it was just contacting all these old friends, you know, from high school that I haven't seen in 20 odd years. And, uh, and then, you know, as time goes by, I realize why I wasn't in contact with a lot of these people over 20 odd years, you know, and then I started watching the whole fucking political thing, getting, you know, the left right thing that they've created here and in the separation and then watching friends, battling each other and family members battling each other and fucking friendships breaking up that were 40 years strong because this guy's a Democrat and this guy's a Republican. I'm just like, fuck this. First of all, I'm not that. I know it's a bunch of bullshit. I know there's no Democrat. At the end of the day, when the doors close and we're not privy to see anything, they got their arm around each other. Hey, man, what time should the wife and I come over for the barbecue tomorrow? You know, they're all hanging out and this is a good cop, bad cop, pick a side and then let's battle and let's, let's jack your ego up and, and let's make it so you get fucking angry at this guy because of his beliefs, because of his perspectives, you need to hate that guy. So anyways, oh, here we go. We're going off the other way, dude. I'm squirreled. <laughs> I don't even want to talk. Oh, so Facebook, all that shit. Yeah. That was, I had enough, man. Three, four years ago, Facebook gone, done. Instagram only looking at pictures. 
um, of cannabis, you know. Um, other than that, I don't do Twitter. I don't do any of that other shit. Um, Cannabuzz, I jumped on there for a minute, signed up, made an account again, like we talked about. I, I don't do that. But TV, regular TV, even cable TV, regular the cable shows, everything, all that shit, gone. I don't watch it. I don't even, I used to just do the news where I watch the weather. I don't even do that. I don't even give them a fucking chance to drop anything in this ear because I'm going to hear stuff again by default, just being someplace and they got the news on. I don't listen to the radio stations. I mean, I have to now kind of my daughter's into, she's kind of into that hip hop stuff. Now she's really into that. So she likes to hear her hit radio station. That she's got to hear. So, but yeah, I don't want to hear any of it, man, because I'll tell you, it's look, I'm a pretty positive guy and I have an awareness of kind of what, how things are going how, how things work. And it's worked for me when that shit's on. Cause when I was staying here with my parents and my dad was alive, he always had one of them news stations blazing. And every time I'd be walking through, you know, I'd be listening and I'd hear, you know, what's going on in the world. And I'd be hearing this shit. And I mean, it's terrible. And I do keep somewhat of an ear because you're going to, like I said, you find out what's going on. And if it's something, I'll ask somebody like, hey, what this and that. I'll jump on. I'll read about it real quick. That's it, you know. But I'm in control of that. I'm not hearing it. When they want me to hear it, I'm listening and watching or reading it when I want to do it. So this way I'm aware and I'm looking at it through that aware perspective, not through uh, something that's just hitting me in the side of the head and going, well, wait, what? What happened? He's doing what? This guy? What the? You know, and, and believe me, man, do it. I could feel the negativity come on right away. You know, that shit just drops negativity. On. Bam, bam, bam. I'm just like, fuck, I'm not about it. So, yeah, I, I turn it off, man. I suggest everybody, fuck it. I do YouTube. Here's my TV. Eagle, Michigan Bro Show, Caribou Heart Show, Bracing Organic Show, Home Grow Show, you know, Future Cannabis Project, all the stuff that's on there, you know. So that's my TV, man. I'm... YouTube. I don't like YouTube kind of too, because I, you know, they're pushing actually what happened the other night to me, ABC new world news somehow popped up on my, just started playing live thing. I, you know, I don't know if a video was over cause I had something going and I left the room and then it's like autoplay, but it went to like a live ABC segment about some shooting thing going on. And I'm like, geez, man, now, I'm on YouTube and now here they are. They're pumping their information. Again, look, it's that's our right as a US citizen or as a US company, whatever. And uh, they have the right to talk and that's fine. But I choose not to listen to it and I don't want it to have it slammed at me either. You know, just put it in the bin with everything else and let me pick it. If I want to watch it, I'll watch it. But don't just turn that shit on. You know, I, I'm not into that. So, you are the defender of your mental mental fortress, my friend. 
Yeah, you're not getting in there. And if you get in there, Eagle, there might be no getting out. And yeah, it's going to be a bad time. <laughs> There's a lot of shit going on in there. You know, they say the devil's <laughs> the uh, idle mind's the devil's playground. Well, I'll tell you what, mine's a fucking amusement park then. <laughs> Mine is too. Mine is too. It's that's why I said it's a fun place, man. It, there's always at least a comedy skit going on in the background that I tend to enjoy. <laughs> I, I'm serious. When I laugh at, I laugh at myself several times a day. I'll do something or think something. I'll be stop and I'll be like, "You are one crazy motherfucker." <laughs> 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 I know. I do the same thing, man. <laughs> oh, is that funny? <laughs> he caught me mid-smoke, too. <laughs> so anyway, Eagle, I don't know, man. I think I'm at the end here because I've got probably about 20 minutes. I got to water a few things at least. I got the two girls that are sucking out a gallon or two of uh, newts every night. I haven't even mixed anything. Well, me, I've been running. You know, you got to at least, at least give me that sound bite before you go. So you might as well try to figure out and get together you know your what? sound bite for me, brother. You know, I fucking knew this was coming and I actually almost practiced it. And I I had it down because I've seen so many people and they're like, wait, what? So you want me to do the <clears throat> this is Stony Rockefeller and I'm talking fucking shit with Eagle. Yes, sir. Or you want me to do it? Do you want me to do it where I and you could find me on Instagram? I mean, I don't know, or you oh, don't care, right? I, I want the I want the whole right. showtime spiel. This way I see it, Stony. Yeah, please, please put the episode in there. 392. 392. 392. Yep, because this is the way I look at it. Even though I haven't released them in a while, I've got a nasty file of these sound bites. And at some point, I'm going to start releasing them again or do the, the clip. But All right, they're me... going to be a commercial. That way, when somebody does, when they re <laughs> when they are released, Tony. Somebody will be like, oh, yeah, if they don't know Stoney, they'll be like, hell yeah, man, I got to check out that episode, man. He seemed like a fucking cool guy. That's what I, that's. <laughs> oh. All right. <clears throat> so tell me when. Tell me when to hit it, brother. I'm ready when you are, sir. Okay, here we go. This is Stoney Rockefeller talking fucking shit with the eagle himself. This is episode 392, and you can find me on Instagram, hanging out. Catch you all later. That's the way it's done right there. That's the way it's done. I wasn't wondering if I should do the old fucking radio voice. Or maybe even do like a uh, Barry White. I like to do Barry White. Hey, this is Stony Rockefeller. Talking fucking shit with the ego. On episode 392. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I am shot, man.
I've been up now almost 24 hours, brother. Because I went to bed watching you last night about this time. <laughs> That's awesome. It warms my heart more than you know, brother. Seriously. <laughs> Be careful just... driving, man. Be careful on that trip, man. Oh, yeah. I'll be fine. I got another one of them monster coffees. I zip that down. You know how it is. I'll be good for about an hour and a half. So, Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you in the wormhole, my friend. All right, man. Give me about, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. I got to rush in there real quick and work some magic and uh, zip back. So are you opening up the wormhole? Oh, not tonight. Not tonight. Oh. No, 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 no. <laughs> I thought you I was like, holy Any shit, other day. This dude's going <laughs> long. I thought you were showing me all yeah. that coffee. Like, I can't prepare for you, dude. We're doing the Jerry Lewis oh, marathon, no. man. <laughs> that's that's what that's 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 standard though. They, that's usually hitting at my feet, though. Uh, and the one is my work. This is actually my day, my work tournament set. My, this fucker holds two. Two bun coffee pots right here. Oh, I actually fucking. The, I see one of these things get run over by a fucking Ford fucking F one fifty. Fucking. Who can? Fucking still did hot as shit. Barely, barely oblonged it. But man, gotta say something about Stanley. That thing will seriously keep coffee hot. For fucking a day easy. Day yeah. easy. Well, dude, you're a fucking hardcore with that. Holy shit. That's a big ass wise canister. Man, wise man taught taught me the secret on coffee, keeping coffee hot a long time ago. And I never even fucking thought about it until he fucking said it. And I, I was like, that makes perfect sense. Because you watch a ton of people on the job site do exactly what he said. And he's like, you wonder why your coffee's not hot at the end of the day. How many people, look, this thing's fucking, I bet you, I bet you, if I get close enough, let me see if I can. I It'd be steam. I even see some steam come out of here. Hold on. Oh, yeah. It's still hot. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. No, I, I can oh, see yeah. like a little you bit. You see that a little on. bit? Yeah. Did you see it when I put my hand up there? Fuck. I a did. Little bit? This was made. It fucking 10, 10 o'clock this morning. 10 o'clock this morning. This was me. That's, that's the amazing. Key, the secret is not to do that. The secret is not to do that. How many people on the job site you see take this off, pour a cup of coffee? You just let out all your heat. That's right there. These yeah. things are meant to be. There's a, them now. You don't ever take that off. You turn it till you can dump the coffee. Eh, you don't ever take that off. Yep. Yeah. You know who does that? Coffee. The young guys take it off. The old timers are the ones that I see always did that. They just screw it a little bit and then dump it. The only time I ever saw them take it off was they had soup in there, you know, and then they poured it out, yeah. you know. But yeah, Yo, no, the go. coffee, yeah. I used to see them because I remember asking one of the guys, like, what's that? He goes, no, you just take it off like that. It stays hotter. And that was it. So I was like, oh, okay. I never thought about it until you just said it. I'm like, just took me back like 30 years almost, you know? <laughs> Crazy. That's about when I learned it, brother. To be honest right. with you, man. And I've been a coffee drinker, man. When I was like, it was like ninth grade, they tried to get me to quit drinking 
coffee, to be honest with you. Because I was a uh, wrestler. I wrestled fucking since fourth grade. I wrestled fourth grade uh, freestyle all through school, both school and freestyle. But oh, at that point, I guys. was fucking fucking drinking coffee like a madman. I'd fucking, I fucking... I had a coffee maker in my homeroom, and I was toting gallons with me to fucking meet and fucking whatnot. Just fucking just, yeah, and I started getting like a kidney fucking problem. I thought it was a back problem. And the doctor's like, no, man, your kidneys are fucking fucked, man. Quit drinking that coffee, dude. You're still growing. Just quit drinking that coffee. They actually took, they pulled the coffee maker out of the homeroom and I, was, I had to pirate coffee after that for a few years. I would actually get up every morning. This is no lie. This is no fucking lie, Stoney. I would get up, and because I was wrestling, I would bag up, garbage bag up, and fucking run to the fucking gas station and fucking get a cup, big old fucking 64 ounce. I wouldn't even get a coffee cup, like one of the pop cups. Oh, yeah. Fill that up with the, put a, put a straw in it too, so they wouldn't give me no (laughs) shit about it. Fuck it. <laughs> Drink that motherfucker. That that sixty four ounce and the Snickers. That was my fucking meal for the day, right there. That was good. That, that sounds like my buddy used to do that. that I used to work with coffee and fucking candy in the morning. I was like, oh my god, I think I'd have a heart attack. <laughs> Coffee's coffee and Snickers are like a golden treat, man. I that's. Oh, the taste has got to be phenomenal. Coffee, coffee, Snickers, and cannabis. Oh, that are those three right there? Perfect morning. Perfect morning. If you can get those three together. See, so now I'll give you my gig on coffee. I can't do hot coffee, right? I could drink it, but if I do drink it, I'm I'm like that. I, I mean, I'm just nuts, man. I could drink iced coffee all day long, gallons of it. And I mean, I get the lift from caffeine, you know, but I'm not like this for whatever reason. I think if it's because the heat, the way it enters my bloodstream, I don't know, affects me a little different. My buddies, so I never really drank hot coffee, but I really do enjoy the warm coffee. I do like it, you know, I just, and um, so I'll do decaf, but uh <laughs> But when I start smoking again, I know. But I, when I'm working, the last thing I want is to be sticking my hand in that live panel, do one of these. You know, I, I, it's not good. <laughs> Makes for a, a crispy stony, and we don't want that. So, um, yeah, I, I just uh, I started uh, smoking again. And I, I'll never forget, I went, we uh, went to Jamaica in 2006. And uh, I remember going there and my ex had been there many times and she actually knew people out there because she'd been there so many. She actually had friends she grew up with who they had the condo back in the 80s and 90s. So like they were going, she was going there every year with them since she was a kid. So they knew some of the Rastas around the neighborhood, you know, around the area. And they were down in the grill. So we booked a trip and she took me down there, you know, and, you know, we met up. Uh, I, or I remember asking her because I was worried, like, you know, 
are we going to be able to get weed there? Because like, I really need, I want to get high. I don't want to be drinking, you know, because at this point I was kind of like not wanting to drink anymore. And uh, I was smoking most, most of the time at that point. And she's like, don't worry about it. And I was really worried, man. Like I wasn't going to get it. And then once we got there, I mean, I wasn't, we got off the plane and I hand my luggage to this luggage handler who looked exactly like fucking Bernie Mac. And the first thing we do is we jump on the bus and they take you on this bus ride and halfway to the, to the grill, they jump off the main road and you start heading into like fucking farmlands. And you're like, looking around like, wait a minute, where the fuck am I? Now this is my first experience out of the country too. You know, now I'm looking around like, wait a minute, why ain't we going along the ocean? Cause I know we're staying on the ocean. We should be driving along the oceans. Why are we, going that way the ocean's that way you know well their gig is they bring you out in the middle of these farm fields it's, there's like a bar like a tiki hut bar setup and you go in there and it's a, they tell you it's a rest stop because there's no bathroom on the bus so you get off go to the bathroom what it is is you go in there they encourage you to buy a beer i mean what is it 50 cents <laughs> all right so you buy a beer you have a beer you go to the bathroom you maybe buy something there, right? Help the local economy. So when we got there, I went to the bathroom and here comes my, the baggage handler, Bernie Mac, lookalike. He's like, hey, man, you like the party? I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? Right. And he's like this. I'm like, no. he's like, oh, you like this? I'm like, yeah. He turns around, reaches into his pants. I'm like, I'm like wait a minute. What the? F-? I don't know what he's pulling out. You know, gone, uh, something worse than a gun. And <laughs> I'd have preferred the gun. And uh, yeah, man, he pulled out a, a sack. I mean, dude, it was a pound. All like, and he's like, opens up the bag and just, he's got like several little bags. And he's, I'm like, I'm in a hole. I'm like, dude, you know, like, what the fuck? You know, he's like, oh, it's all right, man. Don't worry. It's cool. I'm like, you know, so he's like, well, how much, is that? you know, the price was obviously was, I was like, I can't even smoke this in a week. There's no way, you know, he gave me like three or four ounces for like 60 bucks. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to hold on to it till you get there. Because if we get pulled over and you have it or it's in your suitcase and they go through it, you're going to jail and you don't want to go to jail. So I'll hang on to it. And then. I'll put it in your bag. Now I'm like, oh, there goes my 60 bucks, but whatever. Okay. It was in there. And I mean, so now we got to the hotel and I mean, by we got out, out of the bus or whatever, the cab and walked inside the checking desk and, you know, talking to him and he does his thing. And then, Hey, if you need this, man, and I'm walking through and I see some chick, you know, like a maid or something. She smiles and she's like, oh, you need some. Get outside. And we're walking through a guy painting. I, so, I mean, I was there five minutes and I got hit up like 10 times. I'm like, oh, I made it. I'm in paradise. <laughs> I was worried I couldn't get it. Now I couldn't get away from it. Then it became fucking annoying. It's like, All right, no, no, stop, man, please. It went from one 
end to the other, man. Be Sir, careful what you wish for. <laughs> so please, you smell like cannabis. Come here. I want the dog you. Oh, dude. But yeah, so there was my coffee thing. So I was on the work schedule. I'm getting up way early. You know, we're on the East Coast. So uh, or we're on uh, your time, actually, I think. Or no, actually, they're on Central time. That's right. Because I was getting up early. So I was getting up around 3 a.m. We were going to bed early, too. I mean, shit, you were knocked out by 9 o'clock, being out in that sun all day, smoking, have, maybe have a couple of cocktails, one or two of those slurpy-looking drinks, you know. They're pretty tasty, but, uh, yeah, dude. Oh, fuck. What a great job. But I would wake up in the morning. i pretty much the only person alive at that moment. The sun was just coming up. And I go out on the beach and I grab some of their Blue Mountain, Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee. Oh, my God. I could drink that shit, Eagle. Know this. Got to this. 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 Beach, ocean, white sand, me. Yeah, believe me, if we had that ocean here, I'm over there. I'm living there, man. That's it. <laughs> But yeah, it was uh, that was my coffee thing though. So that was my my start to drinking coffee. So I found that if I ate something, I could I could drink the hot coffee and not have so much. But if I did like wake up in the morning, jump in the truck, going to work, pull into the you know gas station, grab the coffee, you know, and shoot back in the car and start slamming it before I ate something, yeah, forget it. I'm shot. If I eat something, I'm I'm good. But the, the Blue Mountain the shit, I didn't have to eat anything. I, it's just something about that coffee and, and the, the smoke. It just it went hand to hand. It was growing all together in the same areas. You know, um, we got lucky. I uh, went and saw some stuff, you know, so. It was a good thing, man. And that's what addicted me to the coffee thing. And then I got on that and then it was yeah, I had to stop coffee for a minute. It's just getting anxiety and coffee doesn't go good together either. So, so anyways, can can I, I'm going to have to cut loose soon. <laughs> I got bands going yeah. on now. Actually, the lights are all off. <laughs> I missed my 20 minute window. Yeah. Right. Out. Hey, since well, I got you here and you're the expert. Should I water them anyways, even though it's lights out? Should I dump a little water in there or should I let them go? Because I know people say it's nighttime. You shouldn't water. They need it. They need it. All right. You're not going to be there in the morning. You better wake up with a, you know, loaded than dry. Right. Right. That's, that's what I was figuring. I just thought I would take a a shot, man, get a, a guy who I know knows. I'd water. I'd water. I, you know, there's a lot of that shit that fucking water all the time, same time. Sounds real good, but man, it's not real life. <laughs> it's not real life. You know what I mean? I've, I've watered at weird times, uh, inconsistent times, around my schedule. Some girls look just fine. Just fine in my opinion. All right, then I'm not going to stress at all. That's works for me. Well, bro, yeah, I mean, I don't you know. You got to pop, hang it up, though. It's 503. 
Shit, we went another 20 minutes. <laughs> Eagle, I'm telling you, man, brother, we have I haven't even started in on you. I still got a lot to learn about you now, man. So I got like this. Dude, honestly, you and I could go a year and probably still not cover. I've look, Eagle, I've got more stories than fucking Disney. Okay, honestly. <laughs> I don't have to tell I'm you. Hoping, come on and tell them, brother. I'm hoping, hoping you come back on and tell them. It's, this we, night was easy to do. It's been a great conversation. It was an easy conversation, man. So, you know, and shows I'm how, glad how fun it is. I appreciate that. This is it. I mean, it's been literally effortless. I love these ones. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I was... Uh, I mean, again, I was nervous, obviously, in the start. And I was kind of like, I, I mean, I knew what to expect. But, you know, it's like when you get involved, like, look, I've been on stage playing drums and you know what to expect. But when you get up on there, there's always something that happens and that unexpected thing. And you don't know what's going to happen. Like, I'm watching my mom's dog right now. And this dog's kind of a maniac. But surprisingly, it's hasn't moved from its spy. I hope it's not dead. I have to go check, but normally the thing's all over me and she hasn't bugged me once. I figured that this phone would go flying and shit would be at some point, <laughs> but knock on wood, everything's been pretty cool and smooth. Wait, how many people we have left in chat? There can't be more than two now. I mean, Chad Westport. Did we 64. 64, Chad Westport popped up as soon as you said his name. <laughs> Oh, man. So you tell me, Eagle, when you want to end it, because I got another, let me see, I'd have to leave here at 6.30. It's 4.05 my time, so I have to leave here. She said the bus 7.30. I would have to leave here at, like, uh, the latest I could leave here at 6.30 a.m. So if you want to take it, brother, I just have to run upstairs oh. and go grab a, another drink. No, no, brother. I am done. done, sir. Done. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get some rest. I gotta get up and get some stuff done. A few hours just myself. But it's always tomorrow, my friend. It's always tomorrow. Yes, sir. <laughs> we'll see if I'm alive for that, man. Because I have my band practice tomorrow, so we'll wrap up. Actually, what time you start at ten thirty tomorrow? My time. Yeah, your time. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. So my our band practices, the way they're structured is, it's based, it's kind of around my kids, my, my uh, schedule with them. So like this weekend, I don't have my kids. So this Friday, we jam. Next Friday, I have my kids. So we don't do Friday nights then. But if I'm there tomorrow night, man, if you're going on, if you want me to hit you up and do do something in the beginning, you know, before you start and jam out a song real quick. We'll fucking, we'll do an original song of ours so you don't get pinged on the copyright shit. You know, because I know how that goes. That's awesome, man. Up to you, brother. Hell yeah. Let me know. Let me know, my friend. Oh, yeah. We just have a, our bass player won't be there. He's He's actually going on his vacation that got canceled twice last year. 
So they're finally going on a vacation that they paid for two years ago. They prepaid for this thing like a year in advance because it was like one, I don't know, wherever they're going, they're going somewhere in the Key West that's very popular. And uh, you got to make, it's like a year out reservation type thing and you're prepaying for it, you know? So they prepaid for this thing and now it's been like almost two years. <laughs> so they're finally going. What like I told one of the like night tickets for one of these like super concerts. <laughs> and not right. Get to see it. Right. See how that goes, right? All right, man. Well, well you yeah. know what? I'm ready to let you go and get some rest because maybe I could sneak an hour of sleep in there too before I go take off and onto my crazy life. Right. At. Thanks again, my friend. For Thank real. you. I'm. Hey, man, you just called me friend, and I like that. I really appreciate that. Really, I. It really means a lot. All you guys, all you guys in chat, man. Actually, anybody that acknowledges me, and I don't care if you're growing, you know, little plants or whatever. You know, I don't know. There's this uh, girl around. If you've seen her, she was on. I think she was on a DGC. She got interviewed. She was on Chad Westport, Shield Maidens. You know, she's really a cool chick, man. And she's doing stuff like that. So making, you know, she's just reaches out. Scooter, dude, another great guy. What a cool dude, man. Great episode, too. That was a great episode, too. I did send you that thing on plant and consciousness, that link. You want to check that out. Oh, you just that sent one, it? That, that one I showed was selling you about. Yeah, it's only like a two and a half minute video if you're curious. But uh, pretty I'm cool. check it out. I will right, check bro. it out, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I just like, you know, we're all friends, man. Everybody in chat, all you guys, anybody acknowledges me, you know, I'll acknowledge you back. If I don't see in chat and you say my name, man, again, I'm I'm down here looking like this doing this and that fucking thing's flying by man and if i go back to try and reread and then, then type shit more so now i've been finding that i just whoever's on the panel it's just easier for me to put all your names in all at one time and just have one big mass thing out and acknowledge everybody <laughs> in one shot and then i can just sit back and Well, I appreciate you taking the time to acknowledge me, my friend. Absolutely. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. We're going to build a good friendship, my man. You're going to see a lot more Hope of so. me. Hope so, my friend. Well, have a good day. And again, have a safe trip. And I'll Thank talk you. to you soon. Uh, yeah. We'll see you, man. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate this opportunity. I really do for letting me shout out all those people. I hope I didn't miss anybody. Old school chronic seeds, man. Honestly, you guys want to try skunk piss, man. The guy's not saying it is. He's saying it's. he's had the real shit a lot, and it's the closest thing that he's ever found to it. And I don't know if you know James Loud, and I guess he sent, he's growing it out right now too, so. I check him out. And if you're in my area, man, next level uh, uh, hydro store, indoor, uh, indoor garden. 
All right. Well, that wraps this one up, guys. 392. I can't believe it. And again, if you guys are curious, I've been doing this as well. One year ago to this day, Can of Queen Genetics episode. I believe it was 44. <laughs> 44 so you guys are curious on wanting to see an older episode go back check out Canna Queen episode 44 one year ago today so I've been trying to remember the past as I go along actually as since the show's been going on real quick this is like last year's book okay well this is this book's got last year this year so it's clipped so I can like go back as I've as I've gone on. I when like I try to catch birthdays. So I'm sure I think yours was last Sunday. I believe up oh, right there. Check it out. What's yep. that say? What's that say? Stony Rockefeller. Yeah. I can. See, no, I what's can't, it say? I can't read it. I see it Stony Stony Rockefeller's birthday. Birthday. Yeah. Second. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I try to do that with everybody. So yeah, as I like, as I you know picked up <laughs> as I picked up on that shit, so I look back at last year and try to you know ah this was your episode, your birthdays, try to keep them rolling. So as I learn, I can preempt your happy birthday next year. You won't have to tell me next year, uh, Stony. Uh, yeah, no, I was oh. I was hammering you that day because you're like, who's got the birthdays? And man, I'm like, me, me. I kept like, man, did he see it? Because I know you're probably, you know, that shit was shooting by, and dude, you're doing other I'm right, things. No, on I top of that shit, man. Like tonight, man. Sometimes you like see me doing shit. And I wonder what people think when I'm up here doing shit. Because I'm between, I'm writing down names. I'm fucking catching birthdays. I'm fucking doing shit. Chad, I'm talking to you. Right. <laughs> Writing down people, new names in chat and shit for the shout outs list. I'm, you know, I, I try to I try to catch a lot, man. I really try to I do this community means a lot to me, bro. I try to now you I'm know what it's to like to it. be a now you know what it's like to be a drummer, man. Uh, legs and arms all doing different things at the same time man your brain though you're using your brain trying to stretch that one thing out too i give you kudos that and at the end of the show where you say everyone's name when i told my buddies about that they're like he does what i go dude he goes through every fucking name man whether you're past or present you could be back you know off into the into the netherworlds you know gone from this earth and you're saying your name still he doesn't have to shout you out, but he does anyways. And, you know, it's funny. So you get the mixed reaction, you know, because I got these guys are in a band. So it's not like you get to pick and choose everybody. Right. So you got some guys that are still rough around you. That's fucking crazy. You know, and then my other buddy's like, no, it's not. That's fucking dedication there. And I'm like, see, so somebody got it. Somebody else didn't. But there we are training them. You got to train that guy. We get them straightened out soon. But it's love, dude. It's love. It's dedication, and it's it's purity that it shows proof positive that what you're doing is the right way to do it. You know, not not for some self-serving, you know, self-adulating uh, 
type of situation. I, I, I give you, dude, all the credit in the world for what you're doing because that's, that is crazy. It is. I mean, it's like, what, 10 or 15, 20 minutes it takes you to do that. And it takes you longer every freaking time you do it. You're adding names on there because I hear them. Now that I've been listening, you know, I hear the names. So I know who's coming. I know sub polls number one, you know, and I hear the people that I see that are in the other uh, shows and chat like Supreme Grape. And I see that guy everywhere. That guy, Supreme Grape, if you're watching, man, I got to know. How many fucking prizes did you win on 420? Dude, we were, I was like in the same shows with this guy and ended up like, you know, guessing numbers or whatever. And it was like, oh, it looks like Stoney's guy. Oh, no, wait, Supreme Grave hit it on the head. I was like close to the number. And this dude hits it on the head. He wins the prize. Then I'm on another show and he's in chat too, you know, we're doing it. It was like same situation happened like three or four times. It was awesome. And again, I love it. He won everything. And I'm, I'm, look, I don't care. You know, you didn't have anything. And even what I was going to get wasn't something I needed. I look at everything as, do I need it to survive? Do I need it to make things work? Do I need it? Need it? Want different, you know, there's a lot of wants, you know, what reasons. Again, there we go. I'm shooting off. I, Eagle, I got to let you go, dude. Or we're already cracking in the 420 mark here. This is never going to end, bro. I don't know if you have to pay Zoom or anything, but shit, I hope not. All right, bro. Again, it just shows how good of a night it's been if it keeps continuing. You know what I'm saying? We'll do it again. We'll do it again. Let's do it again. You have a great day. Love you, brother. Take care. Peace, everybody. Too, man. Have a great day. Peace. I will. What do I just hit in if you want to get out? Okay. I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see ya. Have oh, a good day, you know? brother. He's gone. Well, that does it for this episode 392. A great episode. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed. I know you almost 60 plus of you guys have been with us all night long. But this is the end. No shout outs because you know, I need music for shout outs and I don't want to ruin this great episode. So I have to owe you guys some shout outs tomorrow in the wormhole. So you guys know the routine. Please do something nice for somebody. Random acts of kindness do save lives. Good morning. Good night. Whichever applies to you. See you tonight. 1130 with here, James Tuscan. A guest provided to me by John. Mr. John. Jimmy. James. Jimmy. We'll be here tonight. Drop the book. I'm sorry. See you guys tonight. 11.30.